What's happening, everyone? My name is Brian. That is Shane. I literally dove into this chair as the countdown ended. What? What is? Oh, <laughs> what is with the red Ooh. light special? That's Ooh. what I want to know. Ooh. Oh, I was like, I gotta go to the bathroom, and I looked at the time, and it was like, ah, there's a minute left. No problem. <laughs> A minute? You tried to go to the bathroom with a minute left? Oh my god, I barely a minute. I'm pretty it's sure crazy. I just, I'm pretty sure on the way to my chair, I'm just like I was dribbling on the way to the chair. <laughs> we don't want to know that. We don't want to we don't want to know that. Okay, listen up, everyone. Listen up, everyone. Thank you for being here. And if you're on the member section, thank you for being a member. What we are talking about today. <laughs> Wait, I want to know what's with the red light special try- first. You know what? Oh my! I'm trying to catch my breath. So, you want me to talk for a second? I'll help you. Out. Yeah, go ahead. Talk for a second. Well, hello, you beautiful people out there. We've got. If you're sitting in the stream right now, please give this say uh, this video a thumbs up. I see we got some people watching, so give it a thumbs up so we can have the YouTube algorithm let everybody else know that we are about to talk about Picard. I think we're one of the first live streams to talk about the Picard season two finale and Strange New Worlds premiere, probably the only channel doing it right now. So let's let everybody know by clicking that thumbs up and let's say hello while, we, while we're here. We've got Jeremy Schneider in the in the chat. We got Archmage Frey. We've got The Random Menace. Thank you for the super chat. He says, Wheaton, <laughs> by the way, midnight is in 50 minutes. So thank you for staying up with us, Random Menace. We hey appreciate guys, you. Hey guys, this is how I feel about Wheaton last night. These things are ruining oh, my childhood. Yeah. They're taking everything <laughs> me, that mattered that. to you me and they're fisting it's just, it. It's oh, just too oh, good. Oh, hey, look, oh, here, there's more it's for just you. too good. I want to make sure, I want to make sure, you need to make sure that you can hear that, okay? I'm going to try it. Oh, I can hear it. Oh, I can hear it. All right. Finally, after Who a year I? plus, I can hear it. <laughs> yeah, it only took, uh, only took a year. Here, this is, this is how I feel right now about, about Will Wheaton last night. These things are ruining my childhood. They're taking everything that mattered to me and they're fisting it. The f- oh, look, oh, oh, hey, look, oh, here, there's more for you. <laughs> is, that's, is that not, that's not his voice, right? Yeah, it is. Is so, it really? Let me tell you something. I found a video of Will Wheaton that uh, he had unlisted. <laughs> really? <laughs> And he made the mistake of filming the majority of the video on a green screen. Oh, <laughs> uh, so everybody could just pop it in wherever they wanted to. Nice. Just like you did right there. So he's in your office complaining right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is, bro. I love okay. It. Let me uh, let me break it down. Yes, we are talking about Picard season finale. Yes, we are talking about Star Trek. Uh, Strange New Worlds, the premiere episode. We're talking about Star Trek IV, Zachary Quinto, a lot of Star Trek. We're talking about Dave Chappelle, the Obi-Wan trailer, Lon Nguyen Singh, and Thor Love and Thunder. A lot of good stuff today. But of course, the coup de grace, the the light on a shining hill that is the dumpster, I'm sorry, the finale of, uh, that's not fair. That's Picard. not fair to say oh dumpster my, fire. I'm so sorry. No, but I was be so disappointed. disappointed. But it's not fair. No, be disappointed in but you can't say that it didn't end semi-satisfactorily. Well, satisfactory 
as in, I mean, the laziest possible way, but at least they wrapped it up. Sure. It ended better than season one. Yeah. Okay. So the bar was set so low <laughs> when season one, there was no mention of space monsters in the last episode. Boom. Yes. Yeah, well, we still Effect got the same monsters. thing. We still got we still got Mass Effect space monsters at the end of this episode with the same rushing quality, but I'm sure we'll get there. Right. Okay. So we are going to talk about that. All right. Oh. <laughs> Jeremy Spider, the smile on Wesley Crusher's face reminded me of the tenth grade boy getting lucky for the first time. Yeah. Oh, dude. If you watch the after show, like the what do they call it? The uh, the ready room. The ready room. He was just a poop grin eating dude. Oh I mean, yeah. Just, I don't want to make this all about me, but oh, I'm so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, this is how disappointing it was. Okay. <laughs> Last yesterday, I fa- I'm listening to the soundtrack for Picard, and you know sometimes you listen to the soundtrack and you don't listen to the whole thing or you're not paying attention, but in this moment I'm I'm really paying attention. Because I'm waiting for my kids to get back in the car. And at the end of the soundtrack, the, the track called The Travelers, which was going to air tonight, I hear the TNG thing. Dun, 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 dun. I'm like, holy crap. Our theory was right. And we're going to, I don't want to kill this, but real quick. Our theory was right. TNG's coming back. And I shared it with Shane. I was so excited. I was so cocky. I was throwing around uh, the. You guys are going to owe me money to the salty guys. The TNG crew is coming back. And I even oh, yeah. It joke- was getting thick. Yeah. I jokingly told Shane, it's either Will Wheaton as the traveler, which we know that's not going to happen, or the TNG crew is coming back. It, can, it can't be anything else. Well, they called it the travelers. And when the Will song. Wheaton showed up, I was in the middle of watching it. Will Wheaton shows up, and I, I stop. I pause. I text Shane. No! Yes. After I'm going not, to bed. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to watch the show yet. I actually, at that point, stayed up late because I was going to watch it in the morning. And I'm like, oh, I got to find out what he's saying no for. And then I got to the point. Let's be clear about Will Wheaton on, on something here and Wesley Crusher specifically, because I see over here that Gray has mentioned, uh, you know, are we disappointed? This is what I'll tell you. Uh, Brian and I have two totally different takes on Wesley Crusher. So we were talking about this earlier. I started watching TNG when I was 14. That's when it came out. And Wesley Crusher was me on board the bridge of the Enterprise. So I love the character Wesley Crusher. Brian started watching TNG when he was an adult because he wasn't allowed to watch TV as a young guy. I grew up in an Amish uh, household. Something like that. And so he has a different viewpoint on Wesley Crusher's character than I do. I love Wesley Crusher. But we have personal experience with Will Wheaton, the actor, further on down the line. So we're not exactly fans of his specifically, but Wesley Crusher showing up at the show. I I personally had no problem with it. Uh, It was nice. I thought it was somewhat pointless and we'll get into that a little bit later, but it wasn't a bad thing to see him. Yeah. Just to be clear, we actually had personal dealings with the actor that played Wesley Crusher. Right. That, that when, when when I first regarded Wesley Crutcher, it was Wesley Crutcher, the character. I was like, eh, whatever, take him or leave him. But then when I had that, when, when we had that experience with Will Wheaton, it was more like, oh, take him or leave him, definitely leave him. 
Because now so, the yeah, actor so more, influenced yeah. the character. We have more of a Will Wheaton problem, I guess, than a Wesley Crusher problem. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Wesley. Uh, they make fun of him, of course. But uh, Will, you know, he's anyways, we're not going to get into it here. But the point is, is that uh, the reason why we're disappointed was the wrong TNG people showed up <laughs> in the episode. Yeah, we were. And we'll talk about it more later. We fully expected the the main crew of, of, of uh, the enterprise to come back. And we'll tell you why you guys probably know since we've been talking about it, but we'll get into it. Yeah. We definitely expected the main crew. Okay. Anyways. All right. We're, yeah, we're we'll get into it. Yeah. Okay. So firstly, Shane, before we get into all good, the good stuff here, you know, what's, what's going on with you this week? Cause I haven't really spoken to you outside text messages since uh, our video on Tuesday. Yeah. We're uh, a lot of things are going on. So, um, Right now, I am trying to uh, get my house ready because we're going to try to sell it. And so I've got a lot of projects going on at the house and a lot of things trying to like, you know, make it better so it's so it's sellable. So I got that going on this week. Plus, we're trying to get to three videos a week on the Popcast Prime channel. So we're trying to go like Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday releases with Strange New Worlds, with the Orville, with Kenobi, with a bunch of stuff upcoming. We need to get more videos out. So we're kind of making this transition um, plus we're doing the live show, plus we're doing the stuff, plus we've got regular business stuff. So it's been really busy for me, um, and you, I know. So sorry, we didn't get to talk much this week. It's okay, bro. You know, I love you. Yeah. What's up with you, man? Um, trying to get, uh, three videos, prepare for a live show. I have to clip all these, these, um, inserts. That's what we call like, when you see this, Oh my, that's called an insert, right? <clears throat> We use those in our videos. We use those in now on the live stream. And generally speaking, it's very easy to get an insert. However, when you got to get like 300 of them, it becomes a serious chore. And um, <clears throat> I figured out a way to load up a bunch of them at the same time into my editor and then just sort of auto add regions and then batch render and I thought it was going to be a great idea until I figured out that it was going to take my computer like six hours to do that automatically. So the time the time I've been spending in editors lately has been intense. And I was arguing with Adobe recently on Twitter because After Effects, which is a very expensive program, um, refuses to use my GPU to render. And I literally, it took 14 hours to render an animation for our last video. So that's not cool at all. No. And they're like, Hey, you <clears> should <throat> try enabling your GPU. I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause I didn't think of that. <laughs> didn't think of hitting the enable button. And you've been sitting behind the desk all week. Yeah. All week, bro. Okay. All week. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I really understand. Oh, also we need to put out today. We do have a sponsor for today's video. We're not going to get deeply into it. Uh, yet we'll talk a little bit more about them later but if you guys haven't tried liquid iv it's like the replacement sports drink that you've you'll wish you've always had we'll be talking about more later in the show uh, you can use our coupon code the popcast for 25 percent off we'll talk about that more a little later yes we will and you like how what's I got up that over here with the peeps? animation do you see that seamless animation? i like that that was nice <laughs> dude. So you gotta like at the tip of your of your fingers i was so proud of myself anyways yeah hit the members up man so let's see what we got going on here. Uh, Archmage Frey says, I expect to be here until midnight with all the Trek conversations. <laughs> There's a lot of Trek today, mother. I, I got to be honest with you. A lot of Trek. 
A lot of Trek. Uh, let's see. Jeremy Schneider, the smile on Wesley Crusher's face reminded me of a 10th grade boy getting lucky. Okay, you said that already. That's true. Uh, Gray was so happy to see Will Wheatney cried. I felt that the season finale made it for all the dumb stuff. Now, we're going to talk about that because I we, we also agree that there were elements of the season finale that definitely were done well. And there were some things, missed opportunities. But I think overall, we're, uh, we're not we're satisfied with the with the conclusion to some degree yeah you know That's, what you know what makes so up vague for it? right there i'll tell you what makes up for it a strange new world premiere a strange new world premiere and, and i think q had a good send-off but i, I don't yeah. want to yeah we're that. not gonna get into that okay let's quickly talk about some news that just happened because we do what's up well let me let me finish going through these guys oh you were still doing that okay my bad yeah my we're bad. still looking here yeah, we okay. got so we got the peeps we want to sure, talk sure, to sure, them sure, 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 sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Oh my! <laughs> uh, we're brothers. Yes, we are brothers. Jeremy explained that we grew up in different homes, so Brian did not get to watch TV. And when I would come visit, I wasn't allowed to watch TV, so I just wouldn't come back and visit very often. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, yeah. Shane showed up once when he was like 13, and then yeah, uh, <laughs> and then uh, he was told he can't watch TV. He's like, oh, cool. Um, I'll see you when you're an adult, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you, man. But uh, yeah, we're not going to hang. Then, I'm not staying at this crazy house. Yeah. Then I did, I literally didn't see Shane for like, what, 12 years after that? I joined the Navy. So, but yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. We, we, yeah. Because you joined the Navy. I mean, you saw me up until I joined the Navy. But I when I, you know, I'd come once a year or whatever. But. Yeah. Once a year or so. But yeah. We, so even though we're brothers, we didn't actually uh, grow up together. We right. grew up in different households, sort of far away. And we didn't see very, uh, each other very often. Um, although I, you know, in some ways that might be a, might be good for our relationship because we hooked up as an adults and we had so much in common um, without any of the baggage of uh, beating each other up, uh, you know, in high school or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gray says here he was forced to watch TNG when he was eight years old. His dad said uh, he would like it. Uh, he didn't want to watch it. It changed his life and he's been a Trekkie ever since. And number one love of my life. Yes, that totally makes sense. And it makes sense why you would love uh, Wesley Crusher because you were a young guy. Wesley was a young guy. I understand. I identify. Okay. Are we, are we good there? Do we got to explain? Do we got the Wesley Crusher stuff out? I mean, no, I'm, I'm never going to have the Wesley Crusher stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started talking about TNG later. when I was like 18, 19 or whatever. So I didn't identify with Wesley Crusher. I... Probably more identified with Riker. Okay. I think you're identifying with Deanna Troy. That's what uh, I think. So speaking of. Who am I supposed to identify with in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> you guys oh, want to I have such good ones. You have some good ones there. Oh, I have some really good ones. I have one where he makes fun of himself by accident. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, Let's go into it then, huh? Yeah, man, let's talk about uh, Dave Chappelle. Let me just figure this out. Oh, this is not, it's not good. Yeah, so we got some weird news. Um, Dave Chappelle got, was basically attacked on stage on uh, Tuesday night uh, over at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles. Uh, a man ran up and tackled him uh, during his performance. He was at the end of his performance. Uh, this has been a really weird story. It's not like the first time somebody's been attacked, but uh, it's been weird because they've been like associating it with the Will Smith thing. So it's gotten this weird thing right. like they're 
the guy who attacked him, the guy who ran up and, and he tackled him, apparently had a um, was carrying a replica gun, so it wasn't a real gun, but it could eject a real knife blade if it was discharged correctly. So it was unclear if he made an attempt to use the weapon, but Dave Chappelle's life was actually in danger during that moment. Yeah, and uh, there's a <laughs> there's a camera angle where it just shows. Dave and all of his friends beating the crap out oh, of the yeah. guy. Yeah. He got he got beat up really bad afterwards. <laughs> and then Dave uh, comes out, he's like, Yeah, brothers. I just I just uh stomped uh, a dude in the back. <laughs> no, it was it was pretty pretty ugly. That guy uh, is gonna regret doing what he did, but apparently um it's over the apparently it was a trans man and it was over, you know, of course, Dave Chappelle's uh comedy special where he um, was very ins- was insensitive to trans people or whatever he's got going on with the whole thing. But uh, so apparently this person attacked him. Uh, LAPD arrested uh, the man's name is uh, Isaiah Lee, um, and he's being arrested for a felony assault. What's interesting is is that I think afterwards there was some sort of uh, Chris Rock was there, which made made it more interesting because uh, I think Chris Rock turned around and told Dave Chappelle. Was that Will Smith? <laughs> but, but but now people are kind of like, uh, you know, people are actually saying, well, wait, Will Smith, he got to go back and sit down in his seat after he assaulted someone on stage. But this guy got his butt stomped and then got thrown in jail. Right. So, yeah, I think it's um, I think that this uh, this had to happen and it had to happen publicly <clears throat> now. I feel, I feel sorry for the guy that got beat up a little bit, but I don't No, No, no. Let me, let me, let me explain. I feel sorry that he suffered injury, but he deserved it. I mean, you don't attack somebody on stage without getting your, I mean, listen, if Chris rock was any bigger, he would have beat the crud out of Will Smith on stage. <laughs> Instead of Will Smith walking back to his, his, uh, his seat. Maybe, right. maybe not. Right. Right. But you know, if, if they would have killed that dude, it would have been, it wouldn't have been their fault. It would have been his fault for rushing the stage with what appears to be a weapon. Right. Well, there was probably at a point, and this may still come out if they got video footage of it, there might've been a point where they had him subdued. If they were still jacking him up after they had him, you know, taken down and out, these aren't cops we're talking about here. These are actually private citizens, you know, part of his hired security. So they could be brought up on charges, even if he did something wrong, which is kind of weird, but. So on that note, the reason it had to happen was because there was there had been since the Will Smith thing, there was some weird like, <clears throat> you know, um, aggression toward comedians and people yeah. saying things they don't want to say. Very weird. Since that happened, people were like, "Oh well, Will Will can do it. I can do it," which is, by the way, um, that's not accurate. Uh, Will could do whatever he wants because he's a billionaire. Um, you can't clearly a millionaire, whatever he is, <clears throat> right? Whatever he is, a trillionaire. Whatever it is, you can't do what he can do. Um, so, so, some this had to happen publicly so that the dummies out there that were considering some kind of hostile aggression towards someone on stage would be like, "Oh, oh yeah, that dude's in a hospital, so I'm not gonna do that." That so, didn't turn out so well. Yeah. So, hey, no one died. Guy was made an example of. Bing, bang, boom. Yeah, so we'll see what happens as that goes forward. But Dave Chappelle's fine. He came out and finished the show. Everybody thought that was pretty cool. Absolutely. That he bro. actually came back out. 
and uh, we'll see what happens going forward. No more attacking comedians on stage, guys. Okay. Yeah. Every, every comedian is just going to do nothing but live streams. <laughs> They're being carrying weapons on stage with them, right? Waiting for somebody to bum rush them. Uh, uh, Jeremy said law enforcement announced a few hours ago that felony charges would not be pursued against the attacker. Oh, go. interesting. Ooh. I guess Dave must have uh, canceled him. Right. Uh, it's really the only way. Yeah, I mean. This guy had a weapon. Yeah, you got beat up enough. When I got, when I he probably is like, yeah, yeah, that was probably bad enough. And he's trying, he probably doesn't want any more like anger from the trans community. He's like, okay, I'm done with that. Right. Okay. Are you ready, Shane? I, oh, wait, is it happening? Is now the moment? It's time. We've been waiting for? It's time to talk about Picard. So, All right, I'm down. Let's go. Real quick question. Has, has everyone gone to the bathroom? You have your drink? You're ready to go? This is going to be wait. a long conversation. We got the news out of the way. We're going to talk about Picard and Strange New Worlds. It's going to be a long one. Is everyone ready? Yeah, I better stop slowing. I better slow down on my drinking. Oh, speaking of, it is Cinco de Mayo. It was the Picard finale. And I have a ton of Klingon blood wine over here, so... Ooh. Might get weird. I'm just saying. Might get weird. All right, let's talk about Picard, dude. All right, let's talk about it. Let's jump into this over here. Okay, we open up with Picard. Chateau Picard. They're there. Why are they there? Because Jaborgi, Gerardi Borg Queen, took off on her ship and, and left them there. Stranded, right? Yeah. And they're like, you know what? Uh... I guess it's fine. We're going to stop this guy from doing harm, and then we're just going to live our lives out here in the, in the 21st century. Apparently, they were just ready to do that. They were already making plans, which I found interesting. Now, one thing that I was very right on, and thankfully, thank, thankfully one thing this season I was right on, was not Loris did use her hologram tech to save Renee's life and sacrifice herself in the process. I think it's a we statement on that one, but yeah, okay. It's a what? So I, I think that was a we statement on being right about something. We were right on that that idea. Okay, the, but the I'm, thing, the one, I'm the one who brought up to you that yeah. the eight-hour trigger. Right, but you never... So what happened was, is when we saw the preview, or we saw the end of Picard season nine, they said, hey, one, one Renee has to die, one has to go. Then we saw the preview for 10, and we saw not Loris in the space outfit and that's what gave it away but i said the tech it was, was team gonna, it was a team effort it, it was a team effort but i did yeah. tell you that, that the hologram tech is going to come into play why else would they explain it in the first place hey listen i don't know but you just keep taking credit for all my ideas i don't okay, know what to do hold here. up i don't know i gotta like i gotta like break this down okay. you know I, but yeah, i do right. want to say it was totally it your one... idea that the tng crew was going to come back at no no see yeah, there you go. So, yeah, that's what i was about to give back to you i'm like but it's all your idea on the tng <laughs> <laughs> damn you okay so what what's going on here we are in uh they're trying to uh, formulate a plan on how to stop adam soon here's a problem i have a couple problems with this like okay so in stopping adam soon there is no branch right Adam Soong is the reason why the future changes, apparently. So, 
if if or if I'm sorry, the Europa mission not going through is the reason why the Soong thing go, happens. So it's not that Soong has to be stopped; it's that the Euro, Europa mission needs to succeed, so that Soong in the future society will look to him for, you know, to save them because of his tech. Shane, I don't, I don't understand. I, <clears throat> well, what? I mean, okay. So what? so apparently. Yeah, there was some weird stuff there. I mean, Canon did. I felt like Canon got a little messed with because in this episode, we learned that uh, Rios's adopted son now, I guess the little boy. Right. Will, will eventually grow up to uh, invent something that saves the oceans. And he uses the life form that's brought from Europa to to use that to create tech to clean the air in the oceans of Earth. Right. So which. I don't know. I was a little tripping on that because which nuclear weapons happened. are going off and what's that? Yeah, which wouldn't have happened if Rios didn't come back and be his right. So if, and if he wouldn't have known these things. Yeah, it's it's like so it makes you wonder, did did Rios staying back change the future in some way? Because I mean, granted, we don't know a lot about what happened after World War Three and nuclear war, which occurred in 2020, 2026, two years after this show. So Rios and all those guys experienced, like everybody who stayed behind, that was great seeing the pictures of Rios and they're out in the, in the truck and they're hanging out and everybody's having a great time. Well, right. two years later, there were nuclear bombs going off all over the world. Right. So, yeah. So I don't know. It was a little bit, little bit, little bit weird there. Yeah. Okay. So explain that though to all the people that aren't, you know, as are, aren't as, as invested in, in Trek as, as we are here. In two years, it's World War Three. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Nuclear weapons, uh, you know, um, Colonel Green, the whole nine yards. Yeah. It's 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 the beginning of the end of that civilization so that we can then, you know, 30 years, I think it's 30 years later, uh, we invent warp drive technology in the 2050s, 2050 something. Right. So, yeah. I mean, that's what's happening. But apparently this kid is the reason why we were able to get through World War III because he cleaned the oceans and the air with his invention that Rene Picard brought back from Europa, which we've never heard of before, some life form that gave us technology. It just is, it's it's a lot of, you know, changey canon, but it's not really changing canon. It's like adding to it, but in a way that's like, oh, well, we found this life form on Europa. That's so something I feel like we should have known before. But yeah, yeah, but that that's not the worst part. The worst part is that mm-hmm. there's a World War Three that takes place for thirty years. Well, we don't know how long it, it goes on for until twenty fifty, right? Well, we know that in, we know that Cochrane invents the, you know, invents the warp drive and goes in the first warp test in the twenty fifties. And the but world we don't know shambles. how long. <clears throat> what's that? And we do know the world is absolutely a shambles in twenty fifty. Well, we know it's not. We don't know if it's, I mean, it's been recovering, obviously. It's not still like a destroyed, I mean, I don't know. We really don't know. All we get is that one landing where we come in from um, from, the, from that Star Trek movie from First Contact. That's all we really have of that time frame. Right. Other than the Enterprise stuff that shows some, some, some video footage. You know, we don't see a lot. Oh, actually, we saw some in Strange New Worlds, which we're not talking about yet. Actually, that's not true. Strange New Worlds gave us video evidence of what happened during World War III, which we'll talk about here in the next uh, next segment. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So the problem I have overall here is that 
you know, World War Three happens, they act like it's just like a blip. When it's n- when it's definitely not a blip, it's like what unites the planet eventually, and it's de- it's super devastation. So you have Picard who treats it sort of like a blip in history, and then Strange New Worlds leans on it rightly, rightfully so, literally an hour later. Um, and I just don't I don't understand the timing doesn't doesn't seem to fit. You know, Rios knew there was gonna be a World War Three, and he stayed behind anyways. I'm literally like two years later, like two years later. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's true. <clears throat> it's true. The um, <clears throat> they're saying, OK, so it was, it was called a post-atomic horror. So somebody in the chat, Daniel's Hot Topics is saying, I thought World War Three started in 2050 and ends in 2063. World War Three went from 2026 to 2053, according to everything that we that we found. Uh, it was the last of Earth's three world wars. The conflict involved a nuclear cataclysm as well as genocide from eco-terrorism, which we've gone through um, quite a bit. Uh, it, they called it the post-atomic horror. And uh, they're saying that war could have lingered as late as 2079, even through the time that uh, that Cochrane um, did his warp drive. No, no, the second Civil War wasn't the Bell Riots. Was it? Oh, the, the third, you mean the second Civil War? Yeah, without the Bell you know, Riots. Well, we're getting to Strange New Worlds. Maybe we should save that for them. Yeah, we'll save that. <clears throat> yeah, because they yeah, talk about it. That's right. Because yeah, that's adding a Civil War that we never even... They at. added a Civil War in Strange New Worlds, which which may not be a bad thing considering what's happening right now uh, in the world and that we're very divided. And who knows what, what could potentially happen, I guess. Maybe 2025, there's a Civil War, which then leads to the... You know, it's World War Three. All right, whatever. All right, moving on. <clears throat> All right, we got through this uh, ridiculously long intro, and then uh, okay, now here the Europa mission, the Europa mission. So initially, not Loris did not want to. I'm sorry, not not Loris said I'm going to go save Renee, and Picard jumps into the stream with her because he's worried about her life, rightfully so. And I'll tell you why. Uh, why Picard jumped into the teleport smoke thing with her because what else Picard going to do? <laughs> he wasn't going to Soong's house. That's for sure. Right. <clears throat> so I, I do feel that a lot of this, uh, a lot of this season, the writers have been trying to find something for Picard to do. And he doesn't really seem to be driving the narrative himself, even though it's the show is about him. Right. Oh, it's a hundred percent about him, you know, and I would, I would argue that, this season, they did a better job of uh, they did a better job of putting the focus on him. I don't know um, the way everything sort of wraps up. It does make sense, and when I look at it, you know, from the big picture aspect, even though the season was extraordinarily slow, and there were elements of it that they definitely could have done better, I do feel like it satisfactorily not only gives us more information about the character, but wraps up something that's that's been a character trait and allows him to move forward. And that's that's not a bad thing. Okay. That's fair. All right, so he tries to stop her. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other ways to do it, blah, 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 blah. So they did say that his influence is, Q said at some point that the only timeline where she gets to meet Renee was this one, was the one that he was involved in. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, I really hate that, actually. I hate that they said that because it was just a way to make Picard feel better about her dying. Um, And I just didn't think it was necessary, you know. So he was basically telling Picard, well, it's okay that she died because she always dies, you know. And it was kind of like, 
we just live in a world right now where we got to like really worry about people's feelings so much that, you know what I mean? That they have to create something so that he'll feel better that he was in the only timeline where something good ever happened. Just right. seems crazy. And um, this is the problem with this whole season is the timeline doesn't make any sense. It's like what you're saying is that Picard is necessary for the timeline to go forward in the right direction, but you need the timeline to go forward in the right direction so for there to be a Picard and crew that go back and fix the problem in the first place. Oh, you're going to try to break our brain right now. It doesn't make any sense, okay? When First Contact dealt with time travel, there was a very clear start. They defeated the Borg, or, mo- or part of the Borg. They won that battle. And the Borg cube, in a desperate attempt to say, uh, you know, as in, in a Hail Mary, they're like, F it. The Borg Queen jumps onto a, a little Borg sphere and takes off and, and creates a time tunnel to Earth. Because they're close to Earth, right? Yeah. And the, t- and the Enterprise follows in the wake of that uh, time jump and discovers and while the wake is happening they actually are doing scans and it shows that earth is all borg and they follow them back to the past they stop that from happening so they show for a second the alternate timeline they see what's going to happen they stop it from happening and they go back to their time there was a clear start a clear start to the time change and a clear end so that little branch that they were that they were seeing in when they were, when they were traveling in the wake, they were able to snip off. Yeah. There's no there's no start to this. In fact, what you're telling me mm-hmm. is that Picard is so important to his own future that he has to travel back to create his future. It doesn't make any sense. Well, they made a mistake. <clears throat> I know exactly what you're talking about. They made a big mistake. So this is Q pulling him out of the out of time. Now, all of the wonderful theories that we've had that totally make sense about the the self-destruct creating an alternate timeline is all freaking shenanigans. Because what they showed us after the countdown happened, they showed us the explosion. Okay, follow me on this one. They showed us the explosion. If Q, if time stops at the moment he pulls them out, let's say he pulls them out one second before it explodes. Q pulls them out before it explodes. And then he returns them, arguably too soon. He he returned them 10 seconds before it was going to, you know, the 10-second countdown. Right. But then they go forward and show us the explosion as if time went forward. So that means that Q snapped them out of of time, right, before the explosion. But but it's a mistake. They shouldn't have showed us the explosion. The explosion should never occur because it doesn't occur. He pulls them out of time before the explosion happens. Right. Okay, then he moves them into an alternate timeline of no one's necessary creation. They took us to an alternate, Q took us to an alternate reality, not an alternate timeline. Not really. Because there was nothing. He created it out of a whim, right? Moved these guys into this timeline. They traveled back in time, had nothing to do with Q, right? They traveled back in time. And then Q, uh, once they fixed the whole problem was soon he snaps his fingers and he puts him right back up in time so you know he didn't he wasn't important to his own future uh, it was merely q shenanigans the whole time well and how did jaborgi get there in the first place then if they had not yet traveled back because remember when they traveled back to that point girardi wasn't with them 
Right. Because, yeah, so she comes from now an alternate reality. They broke through a time barrier. Remember, we still have not addressed this. The show has not addressed this. The board came through a time portal. Okay, because it talks about we talked about it, how all of the timey wimey elements of Star Trek are thrown in there as far as uh, tachyons and that other thing that I can't remember. But it's all time stuff. So they broke through some sort of time barrier from an alternate reality or alternate universe of Q's creation. Right. So Q's just snapping people around because the, the time frame of this, the, the time travel of this does not make any sense official no, yeah don't right so there is no beginning the beginning is q the beginning the end is q that's it that's it and and, and i'll go ahead and tell you exactly what i believe and is anybody curious as to why this whole season has felt different like this interaction with q has felt different than what we normally get have you noticed that yeah because he's dying okay no it's because Ordinarily, Q's interference in Picard's life has always come in the form of creating an alternate reality that we ultimately believe to be fantasy. Okay. Whether it's Robin Hood, right? Whether it's the trial of humanity, whether it's the multiple timelines in the final episode of TNG, we never felt like something unalterable may be occurring. We always felt like it was a fantasy or something different. Picard At season no two changes all this. Q. This does not feel like a fantasy. It feels like now we're operating in a changed reality. Whereas all of the other interactions with Q, it always feels like some sort of pocket universe, pocket thing I that's happening you know. Q has created. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So that's the difference. This is real. It feels real. And that's that's why everything doesn't, it doesn't feel the same. Okay. And so, so Q's just, it's just Q shenanigans. This it's is why I, I loaded this up because this, this, is, this is how I feel about this. Ah. Is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point <laughs> in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. <laughs> oh, you're talking about what I just said? No, no, okay. no. What you trying to explain what oh what what happened what happened makes no i mean, I, I feel sorry I mean, for you because you're true you're you're really trying to explain and the only answer is q stuff and that is like the laziest possible way to explain it right yeah no it is it could have done some really cool stuff here but it's basically in the end it's just q snapping people around and how did he get his power back at the very end no no no, no he said there's the no 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 he so we got that part is, is covered okay. because he said there's just enough juice left for this. And then when Rios okay. is like, oh, I'm going to take off. He's like, oh, well, if he's leaving, I got I got a little surprise for you. Like that, like because he's not going to be there, he can give you can, can give a little more before he before he finishes. I see. I see. OK, well, all right. All right. It seems kind of janky, but OK, it's super janky, bro. It's super <laughs> janky. This whole thing is janky. It's janky again. So what? So what you're telling me is basically Q is the one who to save Picard from an alternate version uh, version of Jaborgi, yeah. um, who is ultimately just trying to do the right thing. But you know, he yeah. saves him, and then he goes back in time and he makes moves to create the corrupt timeline 
so that Picard can go back in the past and meet said Borg just to, to, to fix the timeline and meet, uh, you know, and see the creation of Jaborgi so that when they go back to the future, he can do the right thing. Yeah, and, and I think the one thing really missing from this is uh, is showing us Q changing the timeline. You know, I think we probably needed to see, because he doesn't really quite do it, does he? Yeah, he does stuff you know? with Adam soon, and you're like, yo, what's his purpose for that? Like, But it doesn't really see itself through. So it's like he changed the timeline, then he goes back. It's weird, because did he change the timeline? So he changes it, he goes forward, and he meets Picard in the future of the of the. Yeah, we saw things thing. out of order. Well, what I'm saying is, is so he, I guess he went back and changed it. Picard, <laughs> Picard, he went up and he's like, you know, saying you did this, blah, blah, blah. Picard goes back in time at the moment that Q is changing things. But during that time frame that Q is supposed to be changing things, he ends up helping Picard to stop it from being changed. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, Let's just focus my. on Picard. <laughs> Let's just focus on Picard as a little boy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and be better. And the whole Picard as a little void thing drives me nuts because I mean, like, it's not that bad. I mean, it is this bad is why it's bad. Is this is why it's bad because there is so much missing. Yeah, like, yeah, we're not seeing everything we need to see to understand this. And it, but while you should be showing us the things that help us understand it, instead we're seeing this little. Mama, little Picard boy running around in these flashbacks. Oh my god! I mean, god. okay, let's let's be fair. What they just it? had too many of them, so it's not yes. that it wasn't necessary to have it, right? I mean, you had to have it if you wanted to show Picard. The reason why Picard has always been closed off, and listen, true to his character, he does not like. I mean, that that great episode where he goes to Riza and he meets uh he meets the uh, the the girl thief who he kind of fought, gets romantic oh, with. Oh yes, yeah. I mean, we we get to delve deeply into his character and the fact that he does not like to be embarrassed. He doesn't like to put himself out there, and it all stems back from this thing that happened to him when he was a kid. And I'm and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the problem is, is you just took too many episodes to flesh it out. And while this entire season is about Picard, the the finale episode had so much stuff crammed inside of it that we just didn't even get really great explanations for everything. And it's just kind of like, oh, yeah. boom, here you go. Here you go. We're going to answer this. We tie everything all together oh. in like the last 30 minutes of oh, the show. Oh, yeah. Let me yeah. answer this question for you with Q. Let me answer this other question with you for you with Q. And then he goes to see Guinan, and she know, she knew the whole time and didn't give him any heads I'm up. I'm so sorry. I, that hard, It's hard for me. Yeah. And now let me ask you this question. Does the 1800s happen now? So the, the, when data, data loses his head, does that happen? Because now I'm so confused because it didn't happen. So then wouldn't Guinan have met Picard for the first time twice? Right. Jesus. <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? It's just like, ah, okay, well, let's, We're going to get to that point. Let's, let's go. This. All right. So they, okay. Reset. Rafi, <laughs> Seven, and Rios. They're going to, while Picard and not Lars are going to go to the Europa mission and deal with that, they're going to Adam Soon's lab to deal with Adam Soon. When they get there, they hear Adam Soon's voice uh, telling the computer to do stuff. I hated this so much. I'm going to explain why. And they realize it's a recording, but the voice was actually telling the computer to do stuff as a fail safe. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. 
You don't need a recording to tell the computer to do stuff. That's stupid. stupid. But it was it was like trickery. It was it was TV trickery. That's what it was. Like, like um, I'm going to record my voice telling the computer to do stuff instead of just programming the computer to do it. The plot device, man. That's all it is. The stupid plot device to create to cr- to create suspense. Here's the deal. This is the this is the problem though. Okay. Look, I have been a vastly huge protector of of Picard. I have tried to explain every single possible thing um, with logic. Now that it's over, and a lot of the logical conclusions that Shane and I came up with to explain didn't happen, now I can be a little more annoyed. Because plot devices are a fine when they're hidden, when they're clever. It's not fine when anyone can realize it's a plot Mm. device. That's lazy. That's super lazy. And the type of fans that watch Star Trek are smart people. Most of us are smart. Or at least we understand science fiction. Maybe we're not, maybe I'm not smart, but I understand science fiction. And this, when I, like the second they realize the recording, I'm like, well, that's dumb. That's not required. None of that's none of that's possible. And I realized it's a plot device, and it immediately took me out of the moment right there and annoyed me immediately. Yeah, I mean, in in the big scheme of things, it doesn't really matter to what's happening, but it, it does. There is a lot of that, and so it gets to be kind of you know, it's it's kind of an irritating. You you want like we said before, they like to tell us instead of show us, right? You know, and they had to come up with a way to make everybody think that Soong was in that room was like, Oh, the intense, they're about to kill Soong. Soong's right there. Oh, it's his computer. It's his voice. I just, was it even necessary? They could have like showed up, looked for him and then realized, Oh my gosh, you know, and see all this tech here and then explain the tech instead of having Soong's voice. Right. Shane, Shane, they could have done what they've done since the sixties and they could have had a countdown running on one of the monitors. Yeah. That would have been great. Problem solved. Right. <laughs> Countdown to drone launch. True. That's all you need. There you go. Show us. Don't tell us. Right. And now there's the drone and they got to stop them. And, you know, the first thing I thought, because they were like, well, we got to figure out how to hack in here. First thing I thought was, you know, you could just like smash them. And I'm so glad that Rios was like, why don't we just physically disable them? Um, And they explained that they're like, oh, they have bombs. So like they'll go off. Okay. Rocky's got some skills, though. So she, she was able to. I guess she has the talent to be able to disable it. Well, she, she was trying to. I guess she has, she got manual control so they can like use one to take out the other three, which is fine. We well, you know what I would have done. I would have uh, tossed her grenade in there and then teleported out. You could have done that. It would have just destroyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like not exciting. Went... Teleport. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe then, they didn't have a grenade, I guess. But, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, if you fun. got a grenade, I guess. Some kind of explosive device. You know, if, if they have explosive devices on them, then, you know, it's not... All I'm saying is that the reason they can't do that is because the lab can't blow up because you need them soon to go back and you need to pull out the folder and right, your yeah. So there's, there's things that need to happen. So I'm not, I'm not going to beat them up too much about that one. Yeah, so she's like, find me some scissors, find me some pliers, I'm going to hack in this thing. Okay, whatever. Um... And let's get past this. All right, the Europa mission. How oddly rude Adam Soon was to this executive was like... He did it on purpose. Okay, explain this. So sorry, yeah. So he was he was doing that so that he could separate himself from her because he needed to be alone in order to kill Renee. 
I see. So it was intentional. So he was trying to get himself separated. It was kind of a little bit awkward because you're like, dang, you know, you know, you're rude and I'm leaving so that she would have a reason not to be suspicious of him walking around, I guess, or Mm. to not question him because he just called her out on some stuff. It was, it was kind of weak sauce. I mean, you could have probably just, they they had it done perfectly. I can't get five minutes after all the money I donated. Boom. And then they they let him go. They didn't need to have that moment where he was like, you know what? I'm leaving you now. I mean, it was kind of a waste of, well, like, yeah, yeah, a waste of time. That's what you're about to say. It was, right? it was a waste of time and it was a waste of, you know, it was unnecessary because he's already given us the information we need. He needs to get with Renee to, so that he can try to kill her. And he's already given the reason why they should let him. So they don't need to walk down the hall further so that she, he can insult her unless you want to make him more of a bad guy, you know, which wasn't necessary. We already know he's a bad guy. Right. We already know he's a bad guy. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so this part happens. So she's dressed like as I guess Renee's handler, but she's obviously not Renee's handler. And now I know. Now we know why they they made sure that they gave us the line that the chart that the tech chick takes eight hours to recharge. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's necessary. I mean, I, I don't know why the eight hours is important. Well, because she couldn't walk in there. She couldn't walk past them and do all that as someone else, and then also become Renee. She had to save that tech and the charge that that tech would give her for the Renee face. You see Romulan ears on that person? Ah, you're right. I just saw that. Yeah. So so it's that wasn't it. Wait. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. This makes no sense. Well, maybe she can change more than once. Maybe the eight-hour charge lets her change to as many then faces as she wants. Don't tell us about the eight hours. You're wasting <laughs> well, our time. They they only mentioned it very slightly at the very beginning of the, of the show. It was not a big thing that they really went into. So why why even have the dialogue when it has no weight at all? They should have never mentioned it because they over-explained things that are unnecessary. They wanted to explain why she didn't have Romulan ears all the time, so she could fit into human society. And it just they didn't think you would like, you know, hold on to it throughout the entire show and utilize it as a tool because they sure didn't, you know, because <laughs> they're not thinking about it like that, you know, but on a positive note, I do want to say that I thought this whole next scene was actually rather good. Yeah. Uh, the explaining to Renee, the making that personal connection, because you don't know what happens. And even though we knew what was going to happen, when Renee comes running out of that room and runs to Dr. Soong, he's like, Dr. Soong, this crazy lady just told me. There's a moment where you're like slightly unsure as to which Renee that is. Yeah. You know, but- I know it's supposed to fool everybody. We knew what it was, but, you know, and I thought that was great. You know, now I wonder, whole- tell us the chat. Did you know when she mm-hmm. came out of the room, did you know that it was Ren- that it was not Laris? Or is yeah, that us? Thing? We told them we told them that's what was going to happen. Okay, so we did. We, I mean, we've mentioned before that that not Laris was going to be the other Renee. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people were like, I wonder how many people knew that though and were shocked. Not probably not many, honestly. I mean, I think a lot of people were probably shocked, honestly, because nobody goes in in depth on it like we do, you know. But so the average viewer was probably like, "Whoa, what just happened?" You right. know, they probably didn't realize that. Here's a here's a funny question for you. Uh, 
well, I guess not, not Laura. So I guess that's what she normally looks like, but she technically can look like anybody. This is the only time where she's looked like somebody else in the show. So I bet a lot of people were super surprised. Okay. Yeah. Random minutes. Yes, it was clear. Okay. Well, that's because you're smart and you watch the show. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I don't think I, I don't think I uh, agree with you, bro. I think that mm-hmm. if people are watching this show a lot, I think that they knew pretty much immediately that it was probably not. Well, th- well, they gave it away. What did they say? They said, uh, you, I'm not going to let you sacrifice yourself for her. You can't control me, Picard. You can't tell me how to live my life. You can't. You don't have the choice. Right. So we knew she was going to sacrifice herself. So the question is, is did you know it was her when she ran out of the room? Now, when she started dying, I'm pretty sure we knew who, we knew what had happened. Any reasonable person would have realized, oh, crap, that's that's not Laris. Right. All right. Which I thought was clever the way they did it. The little hand thing, the poison, you know, that's something soon would do. OK. No. Yeah. I mean, the way soon would kill her. That's definitely something soon would do. Soon is not yeah. the problem. Soon is not the problem here. Who's the problem? Uh, the the problem is that I feel like that was supposed to be a surprise. And I don't think, I think you're saying plenty of people were surprised. I don't think they were. I think that you're right. They set it up way too quick in advance. Like how else could you have, I mean, not having the conversation about her sacrificing herself? Yeah, not doing that. Yeah, they probably could have re- rewritten that another way. You're yeah. right. Yeah, we're gonna go. Oh, we're gonna go take care of R- Renee. You guys go deal with Adam soon. Yes, right. And then have it come out where they had that whole talk about the, the whole speech about you can't tell me how to live my life should have happened as she was dying. Probably, you know, they could right. have actually extended that out a little bit more and had the whole you can't control it. It's not your fault. She could have had that while she was dying. Just have a slower death. Right. Probably right. would have worked out better than we would have been surprised, or at least you know. The average viewer would have been surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to get to that, Daniel. Daniel's Hot Topics, because, uh, yeah, Q's, Q's death scene was actually really good. All right. So, yeah, now Rios is flying the drone. Uh, she gets poisoned, blah, blah, blah. So Rios, they get control over one of the drones. And, of course, the bad drones have the red lights and the good drone. Has I didn't them. really like that whole part. You know why you didn't I like it? felt like it was just, like, unnecessary. Okay, that's why. It was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. The real story is 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 Renee and the swap. Right. Right. And these this whole drone backup thing was really just an opportunity to give uh, seven of nine Rios and 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 uh, and Rafi something to do. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. See, this is this is the problem when you have. Uh... That is a problem. I mean, yeah, just I mean, you got to give them something to do. They can't just sit around, I guess. So yeah. they created a whole side story, which, you know, but that's what happens. Yeah. It, and yeah, this was totally unimportant in every way. They should have all went back to Renee's to the compound somehow and had like a different job inside the compound. You right. know, that would make more sense. Yeah, like, like we thought they were gonna do in um, <laughs> in the whole like uh, fly me to the moon episode where they're like it's gonna be like a heist or whatever. Yeah, we thought that was gonna be a lot more like planned and organized with because like because we gotta get everybody in there and everyone has a job, but then in right. that episode, really only one person had a job. Oh, Girardi, yeah, Girardi and yeah. Uh, and sort of Picard because he was gonna talk to Renee. That's true. Nobody else did anything. Not but really. Nobody else did 
anything. Right. They just they just drank and talked about their feelings. And the crazy part is, really, Picard didn't do much either. I mean, he got hit by a car. He got hit he by a car. To Renee. Right. I, do you think that is what pushed Renee back into the quarantine? I don't know. I mean, if you're about somebody, you see somebody get hit by a car, you're definitely your problems are the least of the, of your worries at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So Picard didn't actually talk her into it. He just got hit by a car. He got, he got, he messed up what was going on. Yeah. Right. He took the hit instead of Renee. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. But everyone else there did nothing. They all had to be there, but they didn't do anything. <laughs> but everyone else did nothing. Right. All right. And uh, yeah, so this is when not Lawrence is dying. She turns it off and he said, he tells her to look up. So it was a good death scene. A good death scene. It was. Uh, not Laris did a good job. She, um, I think the whole season, um, you know, I, I really wasn't very familiar with um, um, with Orla Brady in most of her roles, but I thought she did a really good job this season. Yeah, she did. You're right. I got nothing else to say, but you're right. <laughs> I mean, she was, she was fine. It's the ears. To be yeah. honest, she was also fine next last season. And this I mean, season. she wasn't much in it. Yeah. I mean, but this season she was in quite a bit of it. And she had some she had some actual acting, right. real acting happening this season. Right. And she's you know, done fine this whole series. Um yeah. the real and we'll get to the final thoughts at the end here, but there's, you know, God definitely talk about Allison Pill, you know. But yeah. All right, she has her ears again. Um, never explained why it was a Romulan that went back, but you know, whatever. We never got that, man. I, I, that's one, that's one thing that I thought was a mistake. They didn't, here's what's funny. They could have just made her a human version of, of her. They didn't need to make her a Romulan. When you really think about it, why shouldn't she just be a human that looks like Talon or looks like Laris? I mean, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. And I, I I know why they use her. They use her because... Uh, you know, the actress is under contract or whatever, right? Right, yeah. Um, and that's fine. But yeah, she didn't need to be a, a Romulan. Didn't have to didn't have to play with Canon at all with that. Not at all. It just could have been weird genetics or whatever. I don't know. Right. All right. So soon's back, he's watching his you know, that he was he's seen that he failed. He's upset. And then uh all of his computer stuff starts to get erased. I don't even know, know why this was was necessary, to be honest. Um, I guess so that he couldn't go forward and do more research. Okay. I mean, she deleted all of his research, basically. But then they they show us the the con thing, which then I'm like, okay, well, there's research in hard in hard form, like. Yeah, they, so they just wanted to give Cora whatever her name is like they wanted to give her something to do, man. That's all it is, right? Honestly, we didn't have to see Cora ever again. We didn't need to see her. That was it. She left. She by removing herself from Soon helped stop the future. That's that was it, right? And then you know the fans would have just been like, eh, yeah, she sort of looks like that character for some reason, and that's it. <laughs> that's all we know, right? Instead, we got something totally different. Yeah, it was built from Data's mind or whatever. All right, so this was the Easter egg when he pulls out the um, uh, Project Con, which I thought was cool. Now, it's cool, but why? So it says here, Project Con Confidential Funding Report, June 7th, 1996. Remember we were talking earlier right. about how 
they confuse the eugenic wars. Well, this just shows you, it definitely says 1996. Right. So my question to you is why? Why pull the report out? What does it have to do with the show? Con happened in 96. <laughs> why? What's it here for? Okay. okay. So I don't know where my head is, but wild podcast theory. Here we go. Okay. What if they did more than just fix time? What if they motivated a very intelligent, very wealthy man to go forward uh, with research, you know, motivated him in the worst kind of way. Like now he's angry. He's lost everything, right? To go yeah. forward with research and that, and that is the problem we see in the future. It's the return of the augments and that trans warp conduit is not a Borg Ooh. or species five, nine, five, one, whatever. It's a, it's it's these con people that have been camping out somewhere in Europa or whatever. I don't know. What if, what if it's tied Why to Why would that? they need a transwarp drive, though? I get what you're saying. We need to think on this a little more. But I'm just like, what, what, what would be the... Transwarp conduit? Yeah, well, yeah. We saw the creation of a transwarp conduit. What? Maybe that's how they're... Maybe that's how they're traveling. Maybe... I don't know, man. Okay, let me ask you a question. <laughs> I love how you came, how came with that. In in uh in Space Seed, when did that ship launch? In the nineties, right? It, it launched in ninety six. So he took control of a DY one hundred class interplanetary sleeper ship. He christened the SS Botany Bay, and uh, he set a course outbound from the solar system. Uh, yeah. So they ended up in suspended animation uh, for centuries, and. Um, yeah. So he, I don't understand. So you tell me why he has this con thing, right? Mm -hmm. But con's gone. It's he's been gone. I would say almost 30 years, 28 years. He's been in space flying away. So what is soon doing with this folder? What's the point? So we do know that the other version of soon. Oh, there's too many soons. I mean, it's maybe he, no, well, maybe he is, uh, maybe the future has changed a bit. You know, maybe he takes this research and then does something else. I mean, there's only reason they show it. I mean, there's no, I want to say they're intelligent. This is what keeps getting us in trouble. I keep wanting to say they're doing smart things, but then they do dumb things like announce that the cast of TNG is going to be back in the middle of season two when that clearly <gasps> should be something that's done after. The final episode is played Excuse out. Me. Why do you put that Things out? Things are ruining my childhood. They're taking everything that mattered to me and they're fisting it. The f oh, look. Oh, oh, hey, look. Oh, here, there's more for you. Okay. So I just don't understand why they uh, they did that. Yeah, that's was, so frustrating. So, we were going to get there, but yeah. So I want to, I want to say, this is what I want to say. That means something. I want to say that means something. Just like I want to say the time police guy who was in the episode means something oh, to the future. Jesus. Just like I want to say that that Guinan and her crazy stuff means something. Just like I want to say this means something. But the problem is they may just be Easter eggs. The Romulan stuff. I want to say it means something. It just may be dumb Easter eggs for fans. And let me tell you something. Easter eggs for the sake of Easter eggs in Star Trek is not good. Yeah. This, because they, it confuses yeah. people. Yeah. This is, okay. No offense. This is in Star Wars. Star Wars is 
fantasy wrapped in science fiction. Yeah. Star Trek is pure science fiction, which means you can't have Easter eggs just to have them. Now, if it's an innocuous thing like a, the street address or the color of a light, fine. But these kind of things, these are these are Easter eggs, and there are fans out there that are like, okay, now I need to connect the dots. Yes, they're potential plot points. And it's not that they're Easter eggs; they're right. potential plot points. Right. Now, here's the thing: uh, uh, Archmage just said the con thing was supposed to be a cute reference to Eric soon, in the same way he said, "I'm going into cybernetics at the end of Enterprise." Okay. But I'm sorry, though. You can't. I know. I understand that. But it's not. It's. See, that was. See, in the way they did that, by the way. There's more gravity here. The way they did that in Enterprise, that was a good Easter egg because it had no bearing at all on the story. Right. You knew you knew you weren't going to see that character ever again. And he was and he said that as an as an as a an homage to the the. The soon he ends up being, you know, in in TNG. This is different though, because this was <laughs> it's completely different. It's the main character. There's another season. We know we can see that character again. We know Brent Spiner is gonna be in 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 season three. It's just a completely different thing. Um, and he just dealt with like ah Jesus. I, it's really hard for me to verbalize this, but yeah, you're right. This is probably just a stupid Easter egg. But the problem is. This this has too many connections. So if it's just an Easter egg, then it's, then it's a disappointment. There's no there's no significance between the two. There's always been some implied connection because the names are so close to each other. But Soong did not create. He was not on the project that created Khan. You know, right. it's they're not connected. That's what that's what that's what bothers me about this. Yeah. Stuff. So in Enterprise, when he was like all about the augments, why was that? It really is because the names are similar. That's it. Just the names are similar. It's it's and Roddenberry. It was it was it was a guy he served with, man. So so there was, that that was a reason for them to bring back Brent Spiner because he played a character that had a similar last name to Khan's, uh, you know, soon. And they're like, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna make him like really about the augments in some way. Right. So soon, right? Noonan right. Singh. Uh-huh. Khan Noonien Singh and Soon, Dr. Soon, who created Data, right? Right. Okay. Just there's, there's two totally different stories. Right. Different but, characters, not connected to each other. But the ancestors of the the guy who created Data are really in to apparently into augment and biology. Right. It's like they, they've tried to connect them in some way. Like it's all been, but it's not really. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to connect it. I don't know. But let me just tell you, him holding up that folder does nothing because the year is 2024. Makes no sense. Nothing happens afterwards unless the future's changed in some way in season three that we don't know. And Picard doesn't realize, oh, soon did something. He created another con. And then I don't know. It's possible. Jeez. But maybe, but maybe it's just maybe it is just what they've been doing all along and it's nothing. And that's what is frustrating as a Star Trek fan, because if you do something this big, if you bring back a time cop to be an FBI agent, the same actor, and you don't make a connection, the fact that he was on Voyager, and then you have Khan project that Soong has just been defeated. And now he's like, I've got this folder. 
I mean, come on, guys. It can't be just a nod and a wink. Right. Right? Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah, too many nods and winks. Too many nods. Too can't many. do it. You can't nod and wink that away, guys. Come okay. On. All right. So let's go back to this. Um, <laughs> just get rid of that thing. All right. I hate so, it when cool things don't see their way through, you know? Right. Because it's a cool thing. Right. Like, yeah, like like a ton of stuff that, that's happened this season that hasn't. Oh, that's a cool idea. Nothing. Nothing, Nothing happens. Yeah. All right. Cora's in a light in a Barnes and Noble, it looks like, or something. And she gets a message. Oh, here's the part, guys. You know what's funny is this is literally halfway through the episode. So when I messaged you yesterday and I was like, I'm at, I'm going to bed. Adios. Yeah. It's halfway through. And she gets a message from a mysterious traveler. Come to this street address. And, you know, she has no reason to fear anybody that's looking for her. Uh, so she goes to the street address. <laughs> what if it was like her dad, right? I mean, she gets like, some mysterious message about... I mean, I would, if I was her, I would instantly assume that it was Adam Stone. Right. It wouldn't even be a question. All right, so she goes there, and this smug. <laughs> I mean, let's just take it from, listen, let's just take it from Wesley, okay? Can we just do it from Wesley right now? Uh, let's just do it from Wesley, okay? So here's the thing. Wesley Crusher, it's okay. It's okay to bring him into this show. Yeah. But the problem is this serves no point. And in fact, right. it goes on to take kind of a really cool idea Right. And then just makes it not cool anymore. Right. It ruins so it. basically what Wesley tells her is, and she, the fact that she understands it's a recruitment thing before him even saying it's a recruitment thing really irritates me. Yeah. So, but he's basically asking her questions or, you know, and he, and he, and he says, we're the people who send the supervisors out. Oh, they should have done that. Which means now we have solved the, the old assignment earth mystery of who were those people from a thousand light years away from a planet that's that's hidden that you'll never find. Okay. Because they don't want to be found. Well, apparently guys, it's the travelers. It's the creepy travelers. Oh my God. It's, it's the, it's the travelers. That's okay. who that planet is. Apparently Here's and the they're problem. in charge of making sure time stays on track, I guess. Yeah. Apparently. Um, I mean, I guess we didn't know a lot about the travelers. I mean, I guess you can do that, but frankly speaking, it's it was kind of a really cool notion that they could have done something really cool with. Right, instead of a throwaway and, line. And now they just threw it away. They just totally wrecked that cannon. One of so the that oldest we'll, mysteries in Star Trek. One of the so oldest. That, yeah, so that Wesley Crusher could have a cameo. Oh. Because there's no reason to take this character as a traveler to to make her a traveler. What does she do? What did she do that was so special? Nothing. What did she do? Is she like Nothing. incredibly intelligent? Like Wesley was like a was like a genius kid or something. Right. What has she done? Other than survive. Yeah, I guess that maybe it's because she has to be out of time so that she doesn't ruin things. But he but he gave her the okay. option to stick around and be useless useless or come with him. So is so, that what they do? So yeah, so is that what they do? Is every time that they like got a fixed time, they just make him a traveler? I don't think so. Right, but then again, he gave her the option to stay and have a boring life. Right. Or so what become he should have said was, you know, you don't really belong here. You know, he should have tried to appeal yeah. to her, 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 you know, goodness and be like, you know, you can't, 
you really don't belong here. You can't really be here. You're out of time. Well, what he should have done, Brian, is he should have taken her to the planet to become a future supervisor as opposed to make her a traveler, a one of him. You see what I'm saying? It's like Gary Seven was this was a agent of, I guess, the travelers now that would go for, and change time. What makes her so special that she can be a traveler? You see, and can the travelers just make anybody else be a traveler? Which is kind of now that has this powers across space and time. Did they? So we don't. There's still things we don't understand, and I just don't think they really thought this through before they made that connection, and. They wanted to get, I mean, listen, there are people who, who really wanted to see what happened to, to Wesley Crusher and there's no problem with that, but it just, it just was an unnecessary once again, an unnecessary thing that they threw into the show for the sake of, of fan service. And it may have done more damage than good. I mean, yeah, we do get to know what happened to, to Wesley. Fine. Which is good. But in the We process, don't really know what happened to him, but yeah, he showed up. Right. In the process of that, we answered the uh, a very long, you know, question, a question that was asked in 1962 or whatever. We answered that question in a very unsatisfactory, very unceremoniously five minute way. There yeah, could a, there could have been a exactly. whole there could have been an entire season dedicated to this. It could have been a show. Yeah, you're right. It could have been, been, been a show. whole thing. Now it's in the future. It's just ruined it for any other. And that's why you got to be careful with, with, with solving Star Trek mysteries, you know, with, with, with five second lines, you got to be careful because you're taking away potential storylines for future shows, you know, as well, because there's only so many threads that you have to go on to stay in Canon. So it was just kind of a waste. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It just wasn't, it was just kind of, Hey, it's Wesley. Okay. Um, Oh, he's a traveler. Yep. Still. Oh, he's going to make her a traveler. Why? Oh, wow. <laughs> Gary Seven is tra- they're travelers. And now that guy that was the weird traveler that was on the ship, what was he doing? Was he? And then you go back to TNG and you're trying to figure that out. And you're like, okay, I guess he was looking for Wesley the whole time. Okay. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I mean, it's just a waste. It's opinion. a waste. It's not that you're right. It's not that it's good or bad. It's yeah. that it's a waste. And in it my didn't opinion, make Picard- yeah, go ahead. In my opinion, when it's when it's a waste, I feel like it was a bad decision then. If you're it sitting didn't in the make, go ahead. It didn't make Picard season two so much better that it was necessary to just, you know, squash that little cool thing. Right. Right. Yeah. It didn't. And when he teleported out, he didn't teleport out as the traveler effect. He used the he used the a, a T, the TNG beam out. It was like a standard yeah, beam yeah. Which I know it's a nitpicky thing, but gee, I mean if you're yeah. a traveler. If you're a traveler and you, you know, those things are important, you know, use the smoke effect. You know, I don't understand why you wouldn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's the problem. The problem with it is not the Easter egg. It's not the, you know, the little, you know, cameo by Will Wheaton as, as Crusher. It's not even letting us know what happened to Crusher. We probably already assumed that he was, um, a traveler still because there was a deleted scene from a movie where it showed him back in Starfleet, but that didn't really happen. So, by canon rules, he's still a traveler. But yeah, connecting, we never, the tra- we, yeah. connecting the travelers to the supervisors is a waste. And so I would argue that it was bad because there's an opportunity there of a mystery that's been that had been on Trekkie's minds since they've watched TOS in the 60s. And they've considered that option of who they were and where they're from. And there's videos out there and entire essays 
People have written up on Reddit and other social medias trying to explain where and what and when when it comes to the travelers. And this is the answer you've given us. Five minutes, the, tra- uh, the sorry, the supervisors, five minutes, the travelers are in charge of the supervisors, the end. Holy crap. Right. That's, that's pretty much it. That's a bummer. So that's why we were bummed out because it was Wesley instead of uh, the rest of the TNG crew, but. Yeah, so I went to bed because I realized that the reason why the TNG uh, music came in right there was not for the crew, it was for Wesley. I was like, eh, yeah. all right. I went to sleep and I woke, woke up in the morning and finished it. All right, let's keep rolling. All right, and yeah, blah, blah, blah. Hey, come be a traveler, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, of course, she wants to be a traveler. <laughs> they beam out. Who doesn't want to be a traveler? All right, they're back in the mansion now. They are considering the fact that they're stuck in the 21st century and... This is when we get Rafi and Seven making out. Um, either Seven's a really bad kisser, or she just wasn't into it. Um, I don't know. It's it was it was a uh, look. They they you know the way things are going these days, they just had to have that in there. So yeah, I don't know. I don't. They're not a believable couple, in my opinion. No, they're not. They don't have any chemistry. Um, yeah. Picard, this is cool. What happens right now, though? Yes, Picard takes the skeleton key and he puts it back because just so you know, those flashbacks, they're actually they actually haven't happened yet. Right, it's the future. Right, I know. so it's weird because the way the flashbacks are framed, normally flashbacks happen before the time. Right. And the way everyone's dressed and everything in his flashbacks, it seems like it's a long, long time ago. Um, right. Even though it's in the, it's actually far in the future from now. And so for a minute there, I was forgetting that they're in the past and those flashbacks yeah. are technically taking place chronologically in the future, right? That's true. You're right. And so the key that he found earlier in the show when they were running around the catacombs is critical to the, what he needs to find as a boy. So he had the choice of whether to put that key back in the hiding place where he found it or not to, because if he had not put the key back there, then he would have never been able to let his mom out of the room. Which is why in TNG, his mom grows old. Is that the no, answer? no. So what, what, what the point is, the point is, is that Picard found it earlier in the show and he took it. He knew where the hiding place was. Right. Because he was a kid already, right. but he put it back. He made the choice to, to be the Picard he always was instead of change history and not go through that torment because that's what made him who he was. And then he made the choice to change who he was now. And that's why we see the rest of the show the way it is. See what I'm saying? He, he actually decided to become more open now that he's old. But he wanted to be that same guy, which I'm grateful for, that he was the whole time we knew him in TNG, right. in his whole life. So he puts the key back, and that's when Q is like, oh, good, you've learned your lesson. Yeah, you hear his voice. Yeah. Listen, I do love um, I love the interactions with Q and McCard. But i got to say, uh, what lesson did McCard learn? Well, he learned he learned that. Um, it's okay to take chances and that he doesn't need to push everybody away because of what happened to his mom. And if, and if you go back, he pushed everybody away. He pushed Beverly away. He pushed uh, the, the girl from Cupid, uh, Cupid away. He pushed every love interest he's had. Vosh, I think it Vosh was his name. He's pushed everybody away and he pushed Laris away. Uh, he won't allow himself to be loved by anyone. So Q didn't want him dying alone the way he no. was going to die alone. Right. And this ended up kind of almost being more about Q. What Q wanted was also to be loved. And then right. he got his love from Picard. 
Right, which was which was wonderful. Yes, John Delancey is 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 amazing, and I'll tell you guys, Patrick Stewart. Uh, Patrick Stewart watched that he hadn't seen this episode until this morning, and he woke up this morning and he watched this episode, and he said he cried uh, during that moment, and he just had nothing but wonderful things to say about John Delancey and how he was almost jealous of what a great actor he is, which is huge coming from Patrick Stewart because he's a great actor. Yeah, Patrick Stewart is, yeah, yeah, he is a great actor. Um, yeah, and I got to say, uh, this moment was really, really good. I don't have any... Yeah, I, was, I, I loved it. I really yeah, loved... I have nothing to complain I about. I loved it. Q. It wraps up Q's character so well, Brian. Yeah. I, um, suffering, like, I don't want to say the word suffering, but, like, having to deal with, like, a lot of the problems this season, it's almost worth it to see a really good ending to a character that I have loved since I was like 19. So yeah. for 20 plus years, this has been one of my favorite characters. You guys go to our channel and look at how many damn Q videos we've made guys. Like we love yeah. Q. We, we love, love Q. Q. We love Q and we love the Borg as villains. Uh, we think that there's a lot of layers to, to these characters that are seemingly very simple to understand, but they have so many layers. Um, so get, getting to see him go out in this fashion with Picard hugging him is really very emotional. I mean, it is. You got to remember, Q was there in the first TNG episode, and he right. was there at the last TNG episode. Right. I mean, Q is so Star Trek. It's. I would argue that maybe Star Trek doesn't do as well as it does. It isn't the... It isn't the thing that we love incredibly now today without John Delancey's Q and the integral party played in TNG to make that show so much better, you know? So, I mean, this character, the way he goes out, the hug, the, I mean, listen, I, I they could have done a lot of things better in this show, but I will tell you the way they wrapped up Q, they couldn't have done it any better than the way they did it. And I had to go on gone online and look, you know, uh, we've never seen Picard hug another person. Never. Not once. Interesting. We've seen people Well, that shows his change. That we've shows his change. We've seen people hug Picard. We've seen him return embraces. We've never seen him go for the embrace like that. Well, that, that just shows that he changed. And it actually shows the growth in this character, which, you know. Like they, they, they achieved what they went out to do. And regardless of how they got there, I mean, it, we do see a change in growth in Picard. This was a better season than season one. And we do have a good reason to believe season three will be better than season two. And we can talk about that more. Too. By the way, Raffi almost ruined it for me when she, when she was like, I'm going to kill this mother. Oh, uh, stop, Raffi. Yeah. Please stop. <laughs> it's like everybody. Well, you can see everybody else is like, yeah, yeah. He needs to get his home. So can you chill out? Come Thanks. On, dude. You're like, you're supposed to be smart. Like, if you're if you're smart, then you know you can't kill the guy that's gonna send you home. So well, you know, it's, try to kill a god. I love the line he actually uses there. It's like you can try to kill, you can try to kill me. You know, she obviously can't kill him. Right. So. Um, now this this is this is the moment. John Delancey did so good. He was clearly, I think, the actual per play, uh, actor was very emotional here too because you could see it on his face. Yeah. In this moment, I did have me. With all the anger I had with not getting what I felt like I wanted this this season, this moment with his face and when Picard said, you're not going to die alone, was like, okay. 
Cool. Yeah. Q. Yeah, no, you. for real. It was good, dude. It was nice. Yeah. Um, that was, like you said, everything else may have been worth it just to get this moment. Right. Because Q's not going to die alone. He's going to die with his favorite pet. And well, he why, even, why you got to stop seeing pet? I hate it. I know, I know you say it like that, but it's not, it's more than that, man. I mean, it is, but it, 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 he did say, you're one of my favorites. He didn't say you're my favorite. He said, you're one of my favorites. Well, he can't leave Janeway out, bro. That's true. Yes. He loves Janeway. Okay. So, um, but is his go-to. Yeah, so this is a good moment. Now, this is the moment that after I went to bed last night and left Wesley Crusher standing on Alameda Avenue with Cora and messaged um, <laughs> Shane, I'm going to bed. I'm out. Um, this is, I get to this and I'm like, wait, how much time is left in the, in the episode? Okay, wait, 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 wait. There's a... Uh, Still about 20 minutes left. Almost 20 minutes left in the episode. And there's gonna Q's gonna send him home. Okay. There's still a chance we see the TNG crew, right? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that. And I was thinking it could still happen. I listened to the whole soundtrack. The 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 first song we hear the dun 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 dun, dun is on the Travelers track, which we, we which we got at the top of the episode pretty much. And the very last two tracks, specifically the last track, um, on the soundtrack, which we're going to hear at the end of this episode, also ends with the da 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 And the beginning of that track is literally the first Contact theme song. It is. That was weird. So that track is the first Contact theme song, and it tails off at the very end and goes... Da, 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 right? Yep. And you're like, okay. So we got Wesley. He was part of TNG. They played this little thing at the end. Okay, cool. When he beamed out. But there's a whole song that comes from First Contact <laughs> and ends with the TNG theme music. And, it, and we still have 20 minutes left in this episode. And that song hasn't happened yet. I was like, wait a minute. It's still possible that... They're not morons, and we are going to see TNG. <laughs> and this is me, guys. I'm like, I'm just going to visualize. Clicking, 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 clicking. <laughs> okay, all right. Jaborgi, she looks weird, whatever, cool. All right, they have a problem. They they work the difference out. Picard makes her, makes Seven finally the captain of the ship. Okay. Field commission. I guess an admiral can just make anybody Starfleet. Okay. I guess we're just rocking through this, I guess. Yeah. I'm sorry. This this was, was my intention. Well, uh, I, I know, but you're going through all this. Okay, stuff. all right, all right. Let's back up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> That's right. All right. Just just a mat. Just to see hear me see my face. Hear this trepidation in my voice. When we get to the end. Uh-huh. Okay. I want you to understand when that music started playing. I got up. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Let's go. Now we're back in the future. The Jaborgi and the big giant uh, La Rosa La Serena, I'm assuming. And he's having a conversation with Jaborgi. Shane? Yeah. He, he stops the countdown. He stops like, the Stop. countdown. Right. One second. Right. No countdown. Right. Okay. Somebody Jaborgi. turns around and says, where's Captain Rios? He's like, shut up and let's listen to what I'm telling you. Just shut up. <laughs> Just you shut your mouth and turn Just around. Shut up and tell the rest of the fleet to allow her to assimilate. Like, Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let me tell you something. As as the captain of the ship, be like, oh well, he's clearly compromised. 
Shoot. <laughs> right. Just listen. Words lost it. I understand they don't have time to go through, like, explain. And that's the problem. You don't have time to actually explain to the rest of that fleet. that, Or to the audience. Or to the audience to, <laughs> as, to what, as to what's going on. So you just tell them to do it immediately. And the reason you don't have time is because there's five episodes of this season that you completely wasted on nothing. On yeah. nothing. No, you're right. So you're, you're trying right. in the first and the last 20 minutes of this episode to make it work. And here's the problem. There's so many there's so many little um, issues that arise the second he just says, just do that. First off, the person communicating that information should be like, wait a minute. The other, you know, 150 or so ships with their individual captains should be like, wait a minute. A lot of people should be like, we need more than just, a, a, not even your voice, a literal text message saying to relax. Well, it's funny because they said they need an answer. And then finally, Seven of Mine's like, answer them or they're going to blow us up. And it's like, okay, that's all it took was one of them to go, yeah, we're good. This is what <laughs> I would have done as a writer. Uh, fleet wide hail. Right? Uh, 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 fleet. This is Admiral Picard. Stand down. We are dealing with the situation. Or something like that. Right. But they couldn't do that because there was only 20 minutes to wrap up the entire season. So really this last episode, that really Q probably should have uh, said goodbye in episode nine at the very least. And right. then they should have had this entire episode to flesh out. I mean, in the last 20 minutes, we have a galactic something we don't really know trans warp thing that, that's going to destroy most of the alpha quadrant. And it happens in just a few minutes and we still don't really understand, you know, it's like, Whoa, where did that come from? And it's so, you know, it's Galactic very odd. Right? Ending event. Which they seem to have to have every time you have the ending of, of whether it's discovery or Picard, there has to be some sort of galactic destroying thing that occurs. Right. You have to say it right. No, galactic ending event. We can, we can just end it, you know, or we can, have the <laughs> you can have the continuation episode you were supposed to have because John Luke Picard Patrick Stewart said the climax is in season three not season two yeah explain guess, that one well he had, he hadn't even seen the episode yet so how would he know <laughs> he's he's a, he's a crazy guy running around he's, oh no no great wait wait till you see it Picard actually goes for five seasons we're all good yeah um well he did say something about that too by the way oh yeah and Akiva Gozman's like no it's, it ends it no 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 we're not. Yeah, Ori origi originally, uh, sorry, my Adobe's going crazy. Originally, Akiva Gozman was like, oh, we're, I mean, we're going to do it for as long as uh, Patrick wants to do it. Patrick was like, five seasons. And he's like, no, we're ending at three. <laughs> no, three, three, three. No, no, we, I, we, I know what I said before, that we're ending at three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can only wheel you around so many times in so many scenes. <laughs> Not going to get any better. Let's just put him in the captain's chair for the whole season. Nobody would care. <laughs> Put him in the captain's chair from the bridge of the Enterprise. Let's get this thing done. Don't even move him. Yeah, he's just he's in the chair. All right. So he's uh, he's talking to Borgie and she's mm. Nikki just commented here. I think you guys will like Strange New Worlds. Oh, Nikki, don't go anywhere because right after this is over, we're breaking down Strange New Worlds and we're gonna tell you everything. Oh we're yeah, doing. yeah. We're finishing Picard. Then we're going right into the Strange New Worlds, and that is, right. you guys, that is such a monumental shift. Of, of difference for me, it's 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 incredible. You have to see this yeah, review. We'll talk more about it. Um, I do love um a couple things about this shot. I like the way they made the black look like the um 
like the circuit board thing. Oh yeah, that was different. I mean, they they upgraded her, and I thought that was good. By the way, I've actually I made a lot of board graphics, and I always used the circuit board kind of uh, style in my graphics, yeah. which wasn't really a you know a thing in in the other in Voyager and TNG. It wasn't circuit board or whatever. So when I saw this, I'm like, all right, all right. Some designer had the same thought I did. Nice. Um, but her headpiece looked a little weird. I guess I guess Allison Pill does not look doesn't look right without hair. Yeah, they probably were like, she's like, look, I'm not shaving my head for like five seconds here or 10, whatever, a minute on screen. Right. So it was like CGI or whatever. They couldn't get the bald cap on or whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, she explains that there is a some kind of galactic ending event coming and um, she needs the fleet and they're all going to group up together and turn their shields on and. Something you could have done in the first episode, by the way, if we didn't want to have a season. <laughs> right. Instead of taking over the ship. Yeah. I feel like she could have just explain this like immediately. Yeah. But, but you know, it wouldn't, I mean, you obviously can't do that because then you don't have a show. And that, but that's, but that's lazy writing. Okay. Anyways. It's, is it lazy writing or is it, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it, she was the catalyst, right? So you had to have some sort of misunderstanding. It would have been better played out as like a misunderstanding. Uh, and it's a little easier to find logic through reasoning after the events already occurred. I'll give them that. Right. Um, hindsight is twenty twenty. So maybe it's just a case of she made a mistake. I mean, dude, coming into the ship with her mask on, like if she just came into the ship without her mask and it was clearly Girardi, I'm like, all right, hold the phone. Don't attack her. Let's, let's, it just let's, would have given some too much away to be able to tell the story. I know you would have had a completely different story if that was the case. But that's but but that's why if you can explain how to immediately solve the problem, then it's we're just going to assume that they made a mistake. I think the Borg are capable of making a mistake. Okay, can't we can't we just call it that? Because otherwise, I mean, I'm I'm taking this from the point of view as a writer. If you want Gerardi to be your board queen at the end and there's something happening at the beginning, you can't show her. Right. Else, it gives it away. I mean, we figured out that Gerardi was going to be the board queen at the end uh, in episode, I think, three. Episode three, yeah. But, you know, still, it's supposed to be a surprise. Okay. Um, that would also explain why why they spent so much time together, her and Picard in, like, the Chateau. Yeah. And why she was playing that music and all that stuff. Is, that now it makes sense. But that, So that... We now uh, the problem I have with that is that we don't know that, so all that stuff happened and we like had all these theories because we don't know that Picard has told her all these things. Right. We only find out at the end that he told. He's like, oh yeah, I told her all these things. Uh, why uh, do you guys just tell us this stuff? Yeah, you wasted why, three you know? episodes on flashbacks and you couldn't show us five minutes of that, dude. <laughs> or just you know, th- show us that because there was so much wasted time. If you're going to have important things happen. Show us those things. I think the big problem with Picard season two is that they did not have, even though they had 20 producers on every episode, they did not have one person just looking over the whole thing and going, okay, does it all make sense? Right. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I was looking at our video we made and it showed, and I was looking at the IMDb. When you said 20 producers, I'm like, before I, I actually thought to myself, because Shane sent me, you know, uh, the script, and I'm like, uh, before I actually put that in the video, I should probably go look to make sure he's right. You know, maybe, nice. maybe that. Shane looked at the wrong section of IMDb. Yeah. So I went to go look. Maybe. 
for a minute there, because like that's twenty sounding like outlandish. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So I want to make not that Shane doesn't make mistakes like this, but just in case, I don't want to say that and then like the Never comments know. lambast us, right? Yeah. So okay. I go to IMDb to check out the producers. There are twenty damn producers. <laughs> And two writers, <laughs> 20 producers and two writers for this show. And you're like, you guys have this backwards. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's like, and, imagine if there are 20 foremen and like two workers and they're all just standing around the same hole. They're like, dig, dig faster. No, dig that way. No, dig this way. <laughs> dig up, dig down, dig left, dig right. Yeah. That's the problem. I, I mean, I'm assuming that it, it does feel like they just kind of like, and I do, I recall Patrick Stewart saying something like, yeah, I'm in the writer's room. It's very exciting. And you you, you just don't know what's going to happen in the next thing. I remember him saying something like that. No, they really didn't know what was going to happen from episode to episode. Because I think they were just like stream of thought writing through the whole thing. Like, like just like, oh, yeah, they'll do this and now do this. But at the end, you need to have someone check your work and just make sure it all made sense. Yeah. You know, this, this was Picard right here. <laughs> There's one writer, and there's all the, the producers. Do, 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 do. Poor Jose. Because <laughs> there's so many things that they could have looked at that would have just just ma- really made things make more sense. And you needed somebody with a critical eye to go, well, you know, why why did they do that? Or why would you do that? Or what's the motivation? You know, there could have been – they needed a Feige kind of watching the whole thing. Right, and that's the question. Um, you got to ask yourself, what are all these producers doing – if not a single one of them is considering the whole, the whole story. I mean, they're doing different things. I know Metallus was more focused on season three. Yes. I know Goldman was doing season two. Um, I would be curious. I, I would love to hear or be a fly in the wall and just be like, okay, Hey guys, let's, let's throw this in. I, I have a feeling that it's a bunch of people who are afraid to speak their mind. That, you know, when when somebody comes up with a bad idea and they're in charge, people want to keep their jobs. And so like, yeah, great idea. Uh You know, instead of, ah, that doesn't really work. You know, maybe there's a lot of that going on. You know, they need a couple of real Trekkies in the room that that understand like the things. You know, that doesn't make sense. Or why do that? That's why Kevin Feige is so good, because Kevin Feige's job is not threatened. And he and he is a fan of of the content that he creates. So he can go. Yeah, it's not going to work, guys. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they need to have one person, and ideally, it should be Goldsman or it should be um, Metallus, who actually say, "Okay, I am the master of making sure all of it makes sense." You know, I know they got to shoot it. I know they got to direct it, and, and it depends. Like, they might be writing scripts while they're already shooting the season, so that could be also part of the problem. And now they have logic issues where they have to try to make future episodes fit into stuff they've already shot, so they don't waste money. So there's lots of things that can happen that can go wrong. Hey, you want to save money? I, I got all kinds of effects shot you could have cut out of this season and saved a lot of money that weren't totally, completely yeah. unnecessary. I mean, yeah, but that's that's part of the issue. So we don't really know how they do it, but two writers isn't enough. Yeah, I watched um, uh, Multiverse of Madness, and you can tell when what? this Doctor Strange movie. No, I know. When... When did you watch that? It like came out today. Yeah, I saw it a couple of days ago. Oh, tricky. All right. Yeah, I don't want to get into how I saw it. Let's just well, say I, I don't think it. you should tell anyone now that I just realized what you just said. Yeah, come on. Okay, let me finish. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but you can tell that 
Feige is taking. He's taking. You know, he's not as involved as he was in Iron Man, right? right. He's definitely. He's still there. But you can tell that when 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 Sam Raimi, which is another Marvel fan, wanted to make this movie, he's like, "Okay, do your thing." You know, I'll comment on the finished product. But there are parts of it that don't uh, that are definitely not up. A lot of the stuff is really cool, but there are parts of it that are definitely not up to the Feige standard. And Feige admitted that he was taking a step back to focus on other stuff while this was happening because because the next phase is so important to the company. Well, and, and in same in the same regard, Goldsman was finishing out season two, and he's not there for season three. So I don't know if he maybe had the same. And he's also working on Strange New Worlds. So there's kind of like, you know, maybe he wasn't watching the shop the way he should. Right, right. And so, so you know, you, know, you got to ask yourself, what about the other eighteen producers? So, <laughs> a lot of people are producers in name; they don't really necessarily produce. Right, Mango. that's a credit. That's the answer. All right, so um. Yeah, so now now there's there's this event going on. There's this big giant huge black hole, fiery black hole thing that is developing as she explains. So that, I'm sorry. So yeah, look, thank you. Is it a black hole? What is it? Do we know what it is? Well, whatever it is, it has an event horizon and it's okay. forming. Right? So it's they we find out later it's a transwarp conduit. We find out later it was the birth of a transwarp conduit, which they use the term birth, which is weird because they're created, not birth. They're right. created. And when they say birth, when you say something like birth, it sounds like, well, with birth of a black hole, the, the birth like of it's a organic. Sun. Yeah, it's, like it's an organic thing. But we know that transwarp conduits are not organic. We know that. Right. Right. So that was the that was the other problem. And it looked like it was humongous. Humongous. Like it looked like it just took up light years of space. Did it not? It looked gigantic, like a huge, it looked, when they showed it on a map of the alpha quadrant, did not, it looked humongous. Right. So then when we, when we actually are faced with it and it's shooting its little beam at the, uh, at those tiny fleet of ships, it, it, it felt something felt really off with that. Like it didn't make sense. Right. What? So when you make a transwarp conduit, does, does it like, shoot out this ridiculous amount of energy in a general direction? Does that happen? I mean, the, the Borg did a lot of those things, and I don't remember that part of the Delta Quadrant being destroyed. Right. That, so that, I'm yeah. not sure. Didn't they make like a whole network of transit? Yeah, and they went right up to the Gamma Quadrant. Right, and no, and nothing was, none of those other none of those other solar systems were destroyed or anything, so. Maybe they shouldn't have called it a transwarp conduit unless they're bringing the Borg back, which is something we could talk about. Or Or... And I know you would disagree with me, but it's also possible that species eight, five, nine, whatever. I mean, we don't know if they create con transwarp conduits. No, but the they, tra time... they travel. They travel, but they can also travel in the conduits. Well, what what I'm saying is, is the only species that we have ever heard of that that make transwarp conduits are the Borg. Right. So we, I mean, maybe other people can travel through them, like Voyager did, but you know, but the only ones that create them are the Borg. So it's gotta be Borg. And if you create a transwarp conduit, don't you also need a hub? I mean, I don't know. I'm not getting the specifics. I mean, they're definitely not being specific because we don't even understand what it was. And we didn't get enough time to really understand what was happening. It felt very jarring. And I know they're going to take this into season three because uh, what do you call it? Jaborgi? Is that what you're calling her? Jaborgi? Jaborgi is going to stand guard over that thing. Now that yeah. they're part of the, uh, 
Federation. Yeah, she called herself a Guardians of the Gate, which is one of the tracks on the soundtrack. And then when she said Guardians of the Gate, it like played a little TNG jingle, and I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with TNG? It's like the composer was trying to tie into the show. It's like the composer is now just giving us a bunch of TNG sort of like the rest. By the way, the rest of the soundtrack has none of this. But this episode, for some reason, for uh, uh, three out of the four main tracks used, this episode ends with a TNG jingle. And you're like, what? Why? It made sense with the rest of the crusher. Fine. Yeah. But any other time you use this music, it has no bearing at all. There's no reason to introduce the TNG theme music. It's right. all right. Anyways, so yeah, so she's so yeah, so they do the ship thing. Well, we do get to uh, one of the ships is not properly calibrated, and they call that ship the Excelsior. Oh, and who answers that? Who answers that call, Shane? It's Aldor. Yes. Why the hell is a cadet answering the call? Dog, I don't want to go there. No, we have to. They go- needed to find because it's because they we needed have to, to show go him. there, Shane. We they have to. to show him because <laughs> Q. That was Q's surprise, and so a, a cadet has to be the one answering the answer. I don't know, man, because they don't need things to make sense. They just want the fans to react appropriately, and that's one of the problems with Star Trek right now. Like, where did Elnor come from? What ship was he on? He was on the Saratoga, right? When was, the time travel occurred? Uh, apparently, he was on the Excelsior. He was with Rafi. Right. Rafi's on the Saratoga. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Let's, let's... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm saying the wrong word. I was in the Navy. <laughs> the Saratoga. He's on the... Uh... Excelsior? No, no. That's... that's, that's uh... That's Patrick Stewart's thing, Excelsior. He's on the Stargazer. Oh, my goodness. No, 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 no. That ship that he's on right now is the Excelsior. Right, but they're on the Stargazer. Rafi's on the Stargazer. Right, right. She came to the Stargazer, so she was on another ship first. When, though? Before the time Before before the time time jump. Yeah. So before time jump, she came over. No, she didn't. No, she talked to them on a view screen. She wasn't actually on the Stargazer. So Q put her back on the Stargazer. Right. All right. Instead of but Elnor, sh- he did not. But Elnor, he did not. Okay, so we could have a big fan surprise. Okay, I got it. Go ahead. But the fan surprise doesn't make any sense. I don't. I hate it when you get fan surprises that don't make sense. Because but, all right. they call the ship because their shields are out of harmonics or whatever. Insert techno babble here, and the cadet is answering the phone. What? <laughs> Yeah, it's just you know they should have just put him on the ship and had him walk in. They should he should have just walked in from somewhere. They should they should have had someone else answer the phone and in the background maybe they show Eleanor and he turns around or something like that. Yeah, like, that would have been kind of cool. Oh, the harmonics are in place, Captain. And like and she's like Eleanor. Right, <laughs> you could have you could have had a moment like that. Anyways, it's fine. Whatever. It's Eleanor's the captain of the ship now, guys. All right. Yeah. Forget about it. Move it on. So so seven of nine. Yeah. Yeah. So so seven nine does get a field commission here. I thought this was sort of cool. Well, yeah, but he also she also gets a field commission and like here's a ship. I'm not sure that that is normal. 
But uh, okay. that can't be normal. <laughs> That's, hey, you're I'll, not Starfleet. Go ahead. Although that is what happened in the Kelvin movie when they're like, um, oh, with Kirk. Hey, Kirk, uh, you were just a cadet, but now you can be captain. Didn't you just do the Kobayashi Maru? Yeah, jump in the captain's chair. Why yeah, not? didn't you just do the Kobayashi Maru and <laughs> cheat? And you're technically not supposed to be here because you're on yeah. suspension. But I'm gonna make you my number one. Why not? And yeah. you, and and you're gonna be right underneath Spock right now. Yeah. So when I that, die, Spock's going to have to adopt you as his number one because that's the rules. And then when he <laughs> freaks out and says and attacks you because you are literally because he's because Kirk is goading him about the death of his mother that happened five minutes ago. Yeah, because because Spock told him to do it because he told himself to do it. Remember, right? And Old then, Spock told him to do it. Yeah, the older Spock told him that, and then he's gonna be like, "I need, I need to go take a break. Good luck, cadet. Take over the ship." So the whole point crap. here is, guys, the whole point is that, well, J.J. needed to get to the point quick. Fine. Whatever. Fine. But in this situation, you had 10 episodes, so you don't need to rush in. Right. So here's the deal. That movie, we're complaining about it, but they had one movie, one hour and 42 minutes to get to make all that happen. You had here 10 hours. Yeah. 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 10 hours versus an hour and a half or 45 minutes. 10 hours, right. under two hours. I don't, I'm not even justifying JJ's nonsense, but I understand that they had right. to get to the point. My problem is you didn't have to rush anything this this season. Yeah. You had 10 you hours. You didn't need to, yeah. You didn't need to rush it. It just wasn't, like we've said, you know, nauseatingly, it just wasn't managed. The time wasn't managed properly. That's it. Yes, five hours of of this of this entire season was pretty much just wasted. I think so. I do like the fact that that Seven is now the captain of uh, the Stargazer and Field Commission, which is any admiral can give you. And you know, and we got that whole backstory. She tried to be in Starfleet, which we thought was thin too. By the way, Didn't oh like no, that. we you can't be in Starfleet because you're an ex Borg. Um, what, what do you mean you have an ex Borg as the admiral of the fleet? Yeah, but well, and also each of was in Starfleet. Oh, and each of who's a Borg was also on Starfleet. No, no, but you can't be. In, oh, oh, you mean you have all these really talented, regarded people coming to your defense? Nah, we're still going to ignore them. Oh, they're threatening to resign. Eh, we don't care. You can't well, so, be here. Right. So, guys, so that like, OK, I know some of you are probably like, well, why are they doing this? Why are they nitpicking it like this? Because it's so simple to have just watch season one. See that each is in a Starfleet uniform and then come up with a different reason why Seven couldn't join the Federation instead of, ah, the Federation didn't want you. And by the way, even Admiral Janeway couldn't convince the Federation to put uh, Seven into the Federation. You know, it's just her it's whole ridiculous. crew went to bat for her. The fact ridiculous. that it's they ridiculous. doubled and tripled down on it is this is is even worse. Like they yeah, go it's weird. Yeah. The, yeah. The writers didn't even watch their own first season one. And then they go, oh, Those oh different and, writers. Huh? different writers it's not the same one. right okay right you're right but we're, we're not we're not we're gonna we're gonna double down on this and make it even more unbelievable by saying that jane way couldn't make it happen i know it's just and so it's like it becomes unbelievable and this is like we're not trying to nitpick but these are the things that are like irritating about you know, trying to justify plot points that don't make any sense and then in you five know, seconds picard solves the problem yeah he field commissions her yeah 
<laughs> hey, you know what? Someone should have she told knows Admiral, the board better than anybody else. Someone should have told Admiral Janeway that she could have just done that. <laughs> you got to be in war to get a field commission, my friend. All right, whatever. Go to war. Oh, but they weren't in war here. All right, whatever. All right. Okay, moving on. All right. All right, so now, so it looks really big. It doesn't anymore. I mean, no, it doesn't look as big as it did on the monitor. Right. It looked big and now it's small. Smaller. Right. Yeah. So they showed all the planets in the alpha quadrant and then this giant round thing. <laughs> yeah. This massive ball of swirly fire. I'm like, holy crap, this is taking up a quarter of the alpha quadrant. Oh my God. They're going to end right. the season with the destruction of the gamma right. alpha quadrant. <laughs> We went back to the wrong future. Q. Oh no! Not con anymore. Q. You know the Alpha Quadrant is about. They're going to. They're going to end the show. The ultimate cliffhanger. The Alpha Quadrant is about to be destroyed. Right. <laughs> we just watched ten episodes about Picard coming to terms with his feelings, and we end with the Alpha Quadrant is about to be destroyed. And, and it's a good example of what a small mistake can on screen in your graphics department or whatever can make for audience understanding of what, what the heck's actually going on, right. you know? And it's like, you're looking at it and because they did it so quickly and there was so little time as the board continued to say over and over again, Jaborgi, Jaborgi. there's no time, right? Or now we've, we're stuck with this like quick element. They, they defeat it. And then now the Borg are going to guard it. Well, they don't defeat it. They they avoid it destroying everything with the shields. And now it's a yes. transwarp conduit. And now it's a transwarp conduit, which if anything other than the Borg come through it, would be a little suspect at this point. <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, wait. Okay. Gigantic. Small. It shoots out laser. Or fireball, the shields stop it. It turns into a transwarp conduit. It's the birth of a new transwarp conduit. Now they're going to the, the Borg are going to become a temporary member of Starfleet. I'm sorry, the Federation, and they're going to stand guard over the transwarp conduit. So, oh yeah, so much of this. We're going to have board Borg on Borg action coming up here pretty soon. Right, but Allison Pill's not in. And, but yeah, no more. Let's see that. That's interesting. We know for a fact, according to Allison Pill, she's not in season three. Right. So can I ask you guys a question? Why did we end it with her guarding that thing? That means that this transwarp conduit has nothing to do with season three. Yeah, it's not important. Unless they just go, oh, well, they left or, oh, she's gone. That'll be bad. Right. 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 So they needed a reason for her to be in such a hurry. And the reason was that the conduit was forming... And she didn't have time to explain anything. Okay, mm. fine. Okay, got it. Show <clears throat> um, up a little sooner next time. Huh? Yeah, show up a little sooner. Show up ten minutes earlier. You're, yeah, you, well, you're also you're also in a time ship. Is like, yeah, or something. Yeah, we yeah. Know. And you spent a lot of time waiting for Picard to get there. Four hundred years. So yeah, it should have been like the galaxy is in danger. Picard, come here now. Yeah, show up six months earlier. Let's get a plan together. I'm sorry. Let's stop doing that. Let's stop. It's not fair. Let's stop doing it. All right. So whatever it is, um, now Jaborgi is watching uh, the gay. I would have loved to have seen like the inside of this thing and, and it revealed to be the Rios. I'm sorry, the La Serena. I mean, it, 
It is the Lost Arena. It has to be. That's what we're saying. That's our canon. Our head it canon. would have been cool if they did. Yeah, you're right. It would have been cool if they did like a flyby of it and you saw Lost <clears throat> Arena on the side or something. Yeah, you saw like a piece of it and it says like the Lost Arena. Yeah, you know, that would have been cool. I don't know. That would have been. Hey, if you want to throw in. Yeah, it, listen, if you guys want to throw in Easter eggs, hook us up with ones that really are cool. Like that one. Right. Which ha- has no bearing on the story which, and just adds which confirms, to Well, it confirms what we suspect. It's an actual revelation that makes sense to the story. And doesn't ruin anything else. Right. All right. All right. So, bada bing, bada boom. Um, they they solve the problem. Jaborgies. Blah, 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 blah. All right. Now we're back at the game. Now this is when, this is when the first contact theme music starts to play. Right Why are here. playing it? Yeah. It's yeah. like, da, 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 da. And you're like, up, up. They're at 10 forward. TNG is coming. We know they're going to come because at the end of the first contact theme music, it plays the TNG jingle. Woo! Um, my body is ready, Picard. Show me the crew. Show it to me, man. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. What happens? What happens? Nothing. Nothing. He, nothing. He's back with Laris again, and that's it. Nothing. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. <laughs> Nothing. Loras gets the, or card gets the girl. That's what happens. The fact that she has the picture of Rios uh, in like ten forward is annoys me so greatly. <laughs> the fact that she knows she knew the whole time when he came to see her what was going to happen bothers me so much. The fact that you're playing the first contact theme music and the TNG theme music when none of those characters are present bothers me Picard so is. much. Picard is. <laughs> Guinan is no it's a tease man I totally get it I know what you mean I, I don't even want to talk. can you not show that I don't even talk about it you know why because frankly speaking Whoopi Goldberg met Picard twice for the first time and that's just going to blow my mind forever and I don't have an answer for that I got nothing I got nothing because if you think about it after he met her in 2024 and came back to the future, wait, whoa, didn't mean to say that, went back to his correct time, then everything else should have been put in place. Data went back. He originally met uh, Guinan in the 1800s. And so that really event should have never occurred for her. Yeah. So what you're telling me is really they're not in the correct timeline. They're Doesn't in another seem like branch. It. They're in another branch. branch. They're in a branch that they created while attempting to snip the other branch. They might have made their that made that branch's future better, but in reality, they're not in the prime branch. Sounds like a video to me. (sighs) (laughs) Time travel, man. Make a note for that one. Yeah. Prime Drink time. it up. Yeah, and they're drinking. But Eleanor's fucking Eleanor. Friggin Picard's got to go. Okay. Picard's got to go. He goes. Laura. See, I'm thinking they're gonna show up, maybe, but no. Nah. Still, I'm still holding out hope, man. Yeah, I was still holding out hope because you still hear that damn theme music. You're like, oh, yeah. any moment now. I'm like, oh, he's got Laris has got to be there. Okay, I got it. But you know, Laura, it'll he'll finish up with Laris and he'll turn around and be like, ba boom. But it didn't happen. 
And we, I, we also we expected we expected a stupid cliffhanger. We did because we were yeah we were pretty much told or it was insinuated. That's what we were told it was going to be. All right, yeah, and the rest of the the rest of the episode legitimately is just him hooking up with real Loris, who admittedly is a very handsome woman. So I get it. And uh, yeah, as they're panning out, I'm like, oh, it's not going to happen, and that was it. Season over. First assistant director, <laughs> second producer, third, producer, producer, fourth, fifteenth assistant <laughs> producer, producer. There, so let's go. T- let's go to the chat, bro. Twelve hundred people <laughs> made this show, <laughs> but only two people wrote it. <laughs> Fourteen hundred people made the show, but only two had pen to paper. Only two writers the whole time. All right, ready? Oh, All right. my. Oh, yes. Okay. <sighs> All right, let's take chat before we go into uh, uh, Strange New Worlds. Okay, yes, let's let's come back here. Um, I'm going to come back up here. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Let me just pick out some cool things here. Oh, Archmage Frey. Too bad not Loras forgot she had the power to mind control people. That's a good one. <laughs> I, forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah, right. He also said Soong needs to survive so that he can continue his lineage to eventually uh, to to make to invent data. Yeah, so soon he's got to uh, live. There's a great the great theory. Whoa, that- where's his kid, bro? It's a great theory. Who? Who's the offspring of Soon? Oh, see, that's the theory. He, Soon, is a clone. Okay. And every 80 years or so, he clones himself and transforms, transfers his consciousness. I like that idea because this Soon, I didn't see any kids. And wait for it. The reason he starts making data is because he's tired of the constant... Constantly having to clone and transfer his consciousness every 50 or 60 years. Oh, I mean, that's a game. Okay. All right. Well, so he's okay. creating data for the purpose of uploading his consciousness, which is exactly what they did with Picard at the end of season one. True. But that was okay. And the final soon was able to accomplish that. But I don't know if they've always known how to do that. That would seem kind of weird. But, no, no. They're right. working on it. The whole time they were working on it, they kept cloning themselves. Soon is a clone of soon is a clone of soon is a clone of soon. And but he, but he, in order to have the ability to transfer that, if he's working on it, then how the heck is he transferring his consciousness into the next soon? Oh, no, he's yeah, he's able to transfer his consciousness, but he's not able to build a body that's going to last forever until he gets to data. And All before right. data, he goes through. Remember his wife uh, before lore, then data. <clears throat> I get it. I mean. I, I, let's not. I hate dealing in hypotheticals well, because what, there's no there's no canon to back it up. What about the soon in the end of Picard? Picard season one is what is that him? a robot? No, it's a person, right? Person. All right, we, dude. Data's Data's creator was ancient. No way he's creating. He's he has kids. I'm just saying. I don't know either. You're right. Clone, that is clone, the weird clone, thing clone, about clone, it. Clone. Okay, I guess I could use that since I don't see any kids. I guess okay. What are the what are the, what else going to be? What else going to be if if there's no kids? How else do you procreate? 
in Star I mean, Trek. Nobody ever explained it, so I guess bad story writing. Clone, <laughs> Along the way. clone, a clone of a clone of a clone of a clone. I get it, but I just I'm saying I'm not sure that's what they're thinking. And I'm not sure all these years of of Soong. What are the first uh, Adam going, was doing? Hold on to that he thought. Was, it's he a was clone. cloning. We'll get people. to it in twenty years. What? The first Adam Soong was cloning his daughter a bunch of times. That was his life's work. Was cl- was trying to make a clone. Those were all clone. Cor- and they wouldn't. And they didn't survive. Right. Right. So he finally figured out he's going to use the augment DNA or whatever to figure out the problem, and he's going to clone himself before he dies. All right. We're just never going to see it, but okay. Right? Right. We're never going to see it. We're never, yeah. I, mean, I forget it. Yeah. We're done maybe, with maybe, maybe we see it in season three. Well, we're not no, done with we soon. Don't. No, we're, we're done with soon. We're not done with soon. Brent Spiner's in season three. I know, but I don't think he's going to be soon. Remember? So he's gonna be lore, which no, he. I mean, I'm I'm down for him to continue being soon, but we're not going back to 2024. Well, we we better not go back to. If we go back to 2024 in season three, well, the fisticuffs are going. Okay, I'm sorry, we cannot have another season of not being in space. Yeah, maybe that's when they reveal like the whole clone thing. Okay, I'll, I'll buy it. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't. Uh, let's see here. I don't understand the whole Nazi world. This is gray. And then how it is not the Nazi world. Join the rest of us, Gray. <laughs> Welcome to the club, bro. Yeah, we've been talking about that over and over again. Q somehow created it. The, 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 thumb, the finger snap fixes everything. Um, let's see. Okay, Archmage Frey, the future is absolutely changed no matter what because Guinan remembers this meeting Thank you. We, we talked about it. this meeting of Picard instead of Time's Arrow in the corrected future. So he just, he, he confirms what we just said. So, 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 it's a branch. They're not on the original timeline then. You're right. It's 100% a branch. It must be. Or, or time, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. Okay. Does every change in history have to create a branch or can it just change the future? I mean, you can't you can't pick and you either do you either it's either branch theory, or it's single or it's sacred timeline theory. It's one of the two. Or it's a paradox. Or it's a paradox. Yeah. So this must be a paradox because I don't even want to theorize on it being a different timeline. It, it it has to be. It has to be another another branch because they specified that it was a branch theory. If they okay. specified that and there are clear changes in the future, then it's it's I just it's a don't branch. want it to be that. So can we not That's, have it be that? Like, so you shouldn't I have, personally you shouldn't have done branch theory. You should have done sacred I, timeline then. I, Shane Montgomery, do not want it to be that. So let's just not be that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's just I don't want to go there because I the whole branch thing is too much crap to try to hold on to and to try to make sense of. I understand what you're saying, but that's this is one of my big problems with the time travel for Picard season two. It's it's messy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There was some. Let's see. So Archmage Frey says here the Bell riots happened two months after Picard and friends, September 2024. It is possible that when we'll talk about it in Strange New Worlds, when they do talk about the uh, the second civil war, maybe this is what they're referring to. The time frame, the bell rights, and afterwards. Wait, 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 wait. It happens. The bell rights happened two months after that. Uh, yeah. Then why did they even use Q, man? They should. Ah. 
No, no, they couldn't. Remember, it was Romulan. It was Romulan. <laughs> you really want to go back there again? You really want to do that? Because, but, but they, but they, had, they had a way to get back that didn't need Q. Not really, not really. Unless someone was looking for them. See, the <clears throat> DS9 crew was trying to get, you know, was looking for them. No, but they, but the Admiral of Starfleet would know what happened with DS9 and when. But the future was changed and there was no Starfleet. No, but, they, but in his mind, they fixed the future when they stopped Adam. Would Sue. they know that they were missing? See, I'm sorry, man. We can't. If well, we keep know doing this. Well, who know of what who was missing? Well, who would have known to go back and get Picard? No. <clears throat> no, man. Picard would have known that of the of the mission report of the DS9 crew going to that time in two months. Well, so you're saying he would have just joined up with, <laughs> he would have waited two months and like caught a ride back with Cisco. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> wait, 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 hold up, hold up. But let it's the you, wrong time frame. Let me ask you a question, Shane. Ready? You and I are stuck in the past. Okay. Name a time. We know, you and I both know that in a month time, our ride's gone, but in a month time, some other ship from the future is going to show up, not knowing about us, but we know that they have the technology to get back. Our only option is to stay there or finish well, the sentence. I know, but you're not going to your time. You're still going <clears throat> into you're the going past. You're going to a time that has the equipment to get back to your time. Sort of. Yeah. I, I mean, we never got the sense that everybody just time traveled at their whim, right? In Star Trek. So he would have had to go to DS9's time. Right, stupid time travel. It's so stupid. that's what I'm saying. We just gotta stop talking about it because it just gets it gets worse every second. Let's go back into here. Yeah, they had communicators. Hail Cisco. Ah, whatever. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. That's a good point, Frey. What if you hailed? What if you hailed? I'm sorry. What if you hailed Cisco and threw a uh, an encrypted message? To open up at a certain time in the future on his ship. Why do we need to talk about this any further? Whatever. It's uh, my, my, my whole point. It's it's done. It's, it's like we don't need to theorize on how they could possibly get back. We spent an hour talking about okay. how they could possibly have gotten back a different way. Cunningham he was there. It's not. It's He's not there. a Walter, bro. It's not a Walter. All right. Okay. All right. So let's stop. You're right. The only way to get back is bad writing. So let's move on. There you go. Well, yeah. I or mean, that's like, that sucks, bro. That sucks. What Q does. It's what Q does. Uh, let's see. The original. Oh, I would argue Q didn't pull them out of the OG timeline. He pulled their consciousness out of their now exploded bodies and overwrote their doppelgangers. Oh, that's the, true. Yeah, the original because- versions of their bodies did die in the explosion. Yeah. So if that's the case, then. Yeah. All right. I guess Q, that is a good point. I mean, that's never been explained that that's how he moves people around. Uh, but. That's But that's what happened because Seven didn't have implants. Seven didn't have implants. Did Was Picard still a robot? Yeah, he was. Yes, but it was. But he had a reason for that because in, in that person's oh, you're body, right. he was, he, uh, Gal Dukat was the reason he was a robot. Oh, you're right. So Archmage, you might be right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, let's see. New realities, Daniel's hot topics. Daniel, I don't want to hear this. New realities are created all the time at every point in time. 
<laughs> I don't want to hear that because I don't want to think about that as too yeah. much. So there was a theory that every binary choice creates another version of said right. binary choice, like Schrodinger's And cat. if that is true, I just, you know, cool. But I don't want to like, I don't want to watch a movie that does that because, you know, I don't want to get lost. I need to understand what it is I'm watching. So there's a version of me, and with that theory, there's a version of me that is skinny, metrosexual, and lives in New York. Okay. I'm not sure why you picked that, but all right. Well, because like when I was in the military, I went to Baltimore. Someone asked oh, me I if see. I wanted to stay in Baltimore. I said, no, Baltimore oh. sucks. That means that at some point, there's a version of me that said, hey, why not? Okay. Right? Because every choice creates an alternate. Every yeah. binary choice creates another version that, uh, that, that lives beyond you. So when I went to Baltimore and someone asked me to stay, a friend of mine, uh, I said, no, I don't want to stay. Baltimore sucks. I'm from California. I'm going back to Cali. And, well, there's a version of me that did stay. And uh, I'm probably really skinny because I drive, I ride a bike and not a car, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you. There's a version. Or you just read too many pick-a-path books when you were growing up. And, uh, you know, there's two options for every page. Flip to page 119 if you make this choice. Ooh, there's also a version of me that's dead because of decisions I made in the military. For sure, there's definitely multiple versions of me that are dead. <laughs> that's some that's some mind effery right there, right? If the if if, if the, the binary choice is what puts you in another reality, and we we were in the military, how many realities are just dead Brian's and Shane's? <laughs> many. <laughs> oh let's see here so daniel's hot topics i cried when q died yeah it was that was just a wonderful moment wonderful moment oh let's see next season they will ruin the original cast david nunya uh i hope not dave i hope not you know i really hope not because and i we this is the moment we should talk about this where metallus metallus is yeah. complete control of season three Yes. Uh, nobody else. He's, there's no other cooks in the kitchen. It's him. So if it does not succeed, it is all him this time. Right. And he does have really good past experience with 12 Monkeys. Um, and I think he's capable of doing it well. He and the TNG crew. Now, this is important because I mean, Gates McFadden is saying it, that it's going to be excellent. And a lot of people are saying that it's going to be a good send off for the TNG crew. Yeah. Now, if they're saying that and they're the people that were in it, let's hope that let's hope that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of course, Gates McFadden hasn't been in anything in a very long time, so I guess that's true, but I mean I mean if if it's a good send-off, if they're saying it's a good send-off, let's hope it is. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good point. It may not be. Yeah, so Allison Pill is not in this season. And I would argue the best thing about this season after Q was probably Allison Pill's performance. Um, um, yeah, I guess Annie Wershing and, and Allison yeah, both combined right. um, were really good. I, John Delancey was great in his moments, too. Yeah, um, I would say after John Delancey. I would say if, if, I, if I had to rate the, the characters, John Delancey, Q... Uh, Jaborgi, so Girardi and Borg Queen, uh, and Warshi, whatever, and Allison Pill. Yeah. And um in Adam Soon before episode four, when he had the mm. Okay. Yeah, and then Orla Brady somewhere in there. 
Yeah, yeah, she was good too. <clears throat> Let's see. Okay, Ruben Ruben Hilber says also shouldn't the folder have been before 1996 since growing people in the tanks takes years. That's a really great point. It was 96 when when uh, Khan goes into space. So yeah, why does the folder say 96? That's a good point. Oh, maybe it's maybe it has something to do with him getting that spaceship and making a transwarp conduit. No, dude. No, there's no reason to make a transwarp conduit from the Alpha Quadrant. Right? <laughs> or maybe there is. Maybe he's a lot. I don't know. Maybe that's weird. Maybe they're Borg. They're Borg hybrid human genome project people. All right. Yeah, it's weird that Brent Spiner's in season three when he made it very clear he's not going to play Data again. He made it very clear. No Data. So that only make that only gives him two options, really, because before is pretty much Data, right? So that's we got to take before off the table. And we yeah. got to take data off the table. So that, that gives us two options. Either another descendant of Soon or Lore. And mm. I don't think he wants to play Lore. I don't think he wants to deal with all the makeup, the makeup. And required to play that character. So it's probably a version of Soon, either another version of a descendant of Soon or the original or the actual Soon we just saw, which wouldn't would be so confusing. Well, the Trek reviewer says maybe Elnor is not the only one Q brought back. Maybe Q brought Data back from the dead, too. No, but yeah, that's a cool idea. But Brent Spiner literally said that it's in his contract that he won't play Data again. Mm. After after season one, he, he will not play that character again because he, he said there's no emotion. The makeup's weird. It doesn't look right. He doesn't want to play that character again. Trek reviewer also says, how do we know that this will be Wesley's only appearance? Um, I mean, it's possible that Wesley could somehow come back into season three and, and maybe this whole element of bringing um, that other character to make her a traveler has some sort of implication on the series. But unfortunately, everything they've done means that they will not connect that. Because, you know, like we said earlier, you take the the time cop guy and you take all these different things that you thought were going to be something and they turn out to be nothing. This is probably just fan service for Wesley Crusher. Unfortunately right. could happen, but it just doesn't seem likely. You know what? You know what would have been, been awesome, Shane? Huh? If, if we got, what would have been awesome is if we got this red Wesley Crusher, you know, scene. Yeah. You know, and he gave her the choice, you know, a, you know, or she said, you know, you're out of time, you know, let me take you, uh, you know, with me. You know, mm. and so that you're not out of time or whatever, and never mention anything about the supervisors, like at all. Yeah. Have the same scene and just don't mention the supervisors. Just have him be a traveler. Yeah, that, that would goes throughout time, and he's, he's sort of adjusting people that are out of time. Now there'd be a nitpicky thing with like, okay, why didn't he show up when Picard was literally out of time? But whatever. <clears throat> But make it so that she could implicate time still. Right. You know what I mean? Like he pulls her out as is like assisting Picard. Right. Would have been right. cool. Oh yeah. yeah. Like she like, like he's cleaning up after Picard's mess. Yeah. That would have been cool. And then he, Picard don't even know it. And maybe he's done that in other situations. That would have been kind of oh, cool. That would have been cool. Cause that would have made where a crusher looks like sort of a, like a badass. Like, Oh, I'm yeah. I'm, help, I'm helping still. Uh, Archmage Frey says here also, what did they do with the body of not Laris? think that is such a great question because I was thinking the same thing when I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, she's dead. Somebody's going to walk across these Romulan ears here and this body just laying here on this military, uh, you know, 
post what yeah what did they do with her body right and she has like it doesn't she have green blood romulans yeah yeah so but i mean but i mean obviously the i mean they're gonna know she's an alien well the ears could be like oh you know maybe she's a hardcore body modder no no i mean they're gonna know when they do an autopsy and they're gonna figure it out the second they do an autopsy they cut in the green blood and multiple hearts and the way yes it's an alien clear and you gotta yeah you gotta so now do they even show how Picard gets? I guess he uses her tech to. Yeah, he must. It's all off camera. Sorry, they don't have an answer for us. So yeah, it's all off camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so uh, there's an alien, a dead alien at the site of the most important uh, space launch in human history. Yes. Which is interesting because way back on uh, on assignment Earth, it was also the launching of, uh, oh. you know of a space satellite of, of sorts. Interesting. Yeah. So it was similar. So the question is though, how does that not like change the future too? What? Us finding an alien. Well, that's what I'm saying though. They obviously they didn't find her. Right. I mean, Picard wouldn't have left her there. So everything's off Picard camera. Got cool, back. cool, 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 cool. Why not yeah, just have he, three seconds of her activating her tech and taking her with him to the Chateau? Could have been easily to do it or back to her apartment or whatever. <clears throat> I don't know. Right. Why didn't Wesley come and collect her? I don't know. Maybe he's the, he's in charge of the of the traveler or the of the supervisors. Let's see here. Uh, <clears throat> I'm really uh, Archmage. I'm really sad. The final Q snap was just a flash transition and not the classic Q snap. That would have been cool to actually have the classic Q snap effect. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Uh, Dork Knights here. What's up, Danny? What's up, Danny? <clears throat> How can you call this a Star Trek show? Nikki says it is in space for like five seconds. Let's hope season three keeps us in space because you're right. It's called L.A. Trek. L.A. Trek. We were talking about earlier, but Star Trek four is like the most highly grossing Star Trek film of all time. And they spent most of the movie not in space as well. Let's see. All right, you ready? Almost done here. Almost there. Almost there. I just want to go see if there's any more big things here, really quick. There was an episode of Voyager where they met a race who created transwarp conduits called Dragon's Teeth or something like that. I remember that. Okay, so that could be somebody else with the transwarp conduits. We need to look in deeper into that going forward because it could. It may not just be the board. I told no. There are other people that use the transwarp conduits. Oh, he says made them. Oh, made them? Yeah, could create them. Oh, yeah. Okay, we got. Yeah, we got. Oh, let's um, let's note that down. God, we got. Yeah. Damn, I didn't know that. David's saying the Borg did not create the transwarp conduits. I recall they did, but maybe it could just me thinking that they uh, they they were mentioned with them so frequently. It could just be one of those things. Yeah. So what? Yeah. If so, are they made or are they birthed? Because birth is like a natural occurrence. Made is like a... No, they have to be made. Because like every time they're birthed, they just take out entire solar systems. I'm not make any sense. Uh, Jeremy's like, maybe we're finally getting the Iconians. That's like been the promise of Star Trek forever. We still have not got Iconians. Yeah. That would be cool. 
Yeah, that's been a long that that has been a promise. Every new version of a uh, of Star Trek sort of um, uh, tiptoes around the the idea, but never actually delivers. Okay, I think that's it. All right, uh, Kenneth said something over here in the member section. Uh, they hate a Maria, uh, Maria with T and P and Tilly. Well, he said, "Use the transwarp kind of to escape Star, Star Trek." <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, dude. Let's uh, let's get into uh, something positive. We are talking before about. Before we do that, before uh, we do that, we need to do one other thing. Come on, you're dragging this out. I'm not dragging nothing out. Okay, what? Check your list that I created for oh, you. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Don't forget, we are sponsored by Liquid IV. That was so terrible. I can't believe you just said it like, don't forget, like a used car salesman. We're... Let me tell you guys something. Okay, real quick. Liquid IV. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you guys something. Okay, look, the first time I tried Liquid IV, let me get to you, I was really skeptical. So to be honest with you, you know, I've tried everything. You know, I, I won't mention the names here, but every sports drink you can think of, to like quench your thirst, right? And the thing is, is that depending on where you are on the planet, if you're in a cold environment, which I found myself at Christmas in the, in the Rockies, right? Mm-hmm. I could not quench my thirst. I was drinking water after water after water, right? So my wife said, uh, I just got this stuff called liquid IV. And I'm like, uh, okay, I don't, you know, I don't want to drink that. She's like, I'm telling you, you're going to feel better. So I finally did it. I drank the lemon lime flavor, immediate thirst quench. Like nothing like any of those other guys have ever done before. So I just want to tell you guys, if you get a chance, if you're looking for something, if you like sports drinks, definitely give liquid IV a try. I mean, it's like magic. I'm not kidding. Okay. They got Concord grape. They got strawberry. uh, And now that's the only way we hydrate. Brian has the bottle because he stole it when he uh, made the, the original ad for it. And it's a cool looking bottle. I wish you had it. Yeah, sweet. Um, But they got flavors. This got watermelon. They got all my favorites, lemon, lime. Uh, which one did you like? Uh, the strawberry is better than the lemon lime because I tell you what I do with oh. them. I do not mix them with water because because oh. that's way too basic. Okay. Okay. I throw some water, liquid IV, and some frozen strawberries into a oh. blender nice. and make a shake out of it. That's kind of cool. And it's great because I don't have to put any sugar. Usually, if you just make like a shake with water and and frozen uh, fruit. It's not very sweet, right? But the liquid IV yeah. has, gives it, makes it more sweeter, and it adds your, your hydration stuff to it. It's great. Very cool. Well, listen, when you guys get a chance uh, after this video, check the link in the description below uh, and get 25% off your order of liquid IV by using coupon code THEPOPCAST. And that's the one we use for all of them. Give it a try. I promise you are not going to be, ups- uh, be upset. It helps support the channel. We appreciate you. All right. Yeah. All right. What time is it, Shane? It's time to get positive about Star Trek. We are going to be talking about strange new worlds. And yes, I gotta be honest, this was a definite return to form. Like uh, like we hoped. Uh, and frankly speaking, we did predict that it would be a return to form. But we were like, we think it will be a return to form? But really, we are like, we really hope it will be. And everything that we saw, every news, every bit of, every interview, every clip, 
every story synopsis all gave us the impression that this would be a return to form. And I gotta tell you, at least with the first episode, my friends, they delivered. Yeah, this is the... If you guys haven't seen Strange New Worlds yet, we're going to definitely be spoiling this thing down. Um, and I got to tell you, it was it was definitely it was it was good. I mean, and part of me is wondering, I keep asking myself, is it good because like the bar is so low on on Trek? I really had to take time to think about it. And I got to tell you, there's a reason why we liked uh, Anson Mount as Captain Pike in Discovery season two. There's mm -hmm. a reason. Yeah. And it just pops on the screen. Boom. From the beginning. That dude is so charismatic. I mean, I just it's unbelievable. He just embodies that role as a captain of a Starfleet captain. And he's got that James T. Kirk, you know, cowboy feel that you just you kind of want in that chair sometimes. Right. So um, one thing, though, the ship that number one is on, it looks so weird to me. Why does it look so weird? Why does it look weird? Yeah, it's, it's 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 it looks like a bad drawing of the Enterprise, right? I mean, there were different different class vessels. I know, but this one I've never seen before. I don't think like it's like it looks like it's just the saucer section with one nacelle. Um, I don't know. Well, is that one nacelle? It's really dark. It's kind of hard no, to see. It's one nacelle. Yeah, just one. It's one nacelle. Yeah. Um. All right. It's very weird to me. Um, I mean, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, this is not, I'm not, this is not a problem. I'm just saying that it's, I guess it makes sense that it exists, but like my mind was like, oh, something's wrong. It's like uncanny Valley. Cause I'm so used to seeing the enterprise. Like what's interesting is this is this, you know, the name of the ship is the USS Archer. Oh, that's cool. So, which is cool because it's, you know, enterprise captain, you know, from, from earlier. The first, right? um, the planet they're at is Kylie two, seven, nine. And of course, we learned that Una, number one, is there for first contact. Right, she's there for first contact, which is great. Everything's fine. Um, all right, we get to Bear Creek, Montana. Our boy's watching some classic sci-fi. Yeah, he's watching uh, uh, the day the Earth stood still. Yep, there's an attractive uh, woman in his bed. So far, everything's screaming masculine out the gate. I'll tell you this right now. <laughs> um, oh man, this food makes me makes me so hungry. You got hungry than pancakes. And then we see him, that bearded he, monster. That giant, glorious beard. This boss, man. He's so Back funny. in the day, we would have called him Grizzly Adams. Grizzly Adams. I don't remember that show. <laughs> <laughs> he was great, man. Um, yeah, and he's having dinner now. He's, he's having breakfast, sorry, breakfast, with what appears to be a captain. Yes, Captain Batal. So his girlfriend is a captain. Yes. She looks a lot younger than him, but. A lot younger. Which yeah, bro. When you when you get up close, you can kind of see the lines. But get yeah. it, bro. Get it. No problem. <laughs> what? Do what you gotta do. You know, I have no problem with the youth. But um, I feel like she does look a little, she's a little too young to be a captain. But whatever. Um, on the same note, this doesn't break any canon, right? Because we didn't know, we knew nothing about his personal life. So we we know we know very little about him. Uh, and I do want to point out, if we could, he went through the the day the Earth stood still pretty quickly. But the character in that movie, Klaatu, he's actually giving a speech about freedom uh, and aggression by groups. Then he's basically saying ag these aggression can't be tolerated. He's saying uh, you have the freedom to act responsibly. And his message very much mirrors what the Federation does in the future of that film. Oh, 
was very, very intriguing. So cool. go ahead. Cool. Yeah. And so she's like, hey, when are you going to get back to your ship? His phone's ringing. His communicator's ringing. And he's like, nah, I'm not going back. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. And so he's bummed out. So whatever he, so what he experienced with the discovery, <clears throat> this is a little weird though. So at the end of discovery, he's on the bridge of the enterprise and he's like, all right, let's go hit it. And they're right. going to go out on their mission or whatever. But apparently they, they were hitting it just to go home when, well, we don't really know. I mean, we do know at some point the demons started haunting him, you know, when he was on that, um, when, when he was on Boreth, that Klingon moon, um, you know, we find out in this episode that not only did he see his own death, but he experienced his own death. He like felt himself dying. Uh, and so the experience that he went through, obviously maybe he hadn't, you know, maybe it hadn't caught up with him yet. Maybe he had time to think about it because now he's seeing it everywhere. That makes you know? complete so maybe, sense. But like, at the end of Discovery, where they're like, "Where to, Captain?" He's like, "We're gonna go explore." And um, yeah, well, they had, well, they didn't know they were making a series at that point. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's <clears throat> it's gonna be hard to tie that back in. You know, you don't know honestly, you don't know what they did uh, between that point and him being on in Montana. That's true. You don't know if they did some stuff and he had some. You don't That's know true. what happened. We don't know. Uh, yeah, there, there, there couldn't have been a whole lot that happened, but I'll Why? I'll just give it to him that you know. Discoveries. Why couldn't there have been a whole lot that happened? They, they could have gone on five missions or six missions. They could have done. Something. Answer could have just been discovery just sucked, and this is where we're at now. So, let it go. But that part of discovery didn't suck. Right. You're right. You're right. They didn't so know they're making like, a series. That's what it was. Yeah. All right. So yeah, he's haunted by his demons. He's he's getting calls. His girlfriend's like, pick up your phone. She's like, I'm 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 actually going out on my ship. Uh, you know, when I get back, I'll see you. But I hope you're not here. Blah 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 blah. I love that. I love that. Uh, I love that she said your phone is ringing, right? Because it's a communicator, right? It's a communicator. But it didn't feel weird because it felt almost because it's such an early version of Star Trek, earlier version. It didn't feel weird that she said phone, right? You know, right? And to be honest, like the communicators look like phones back then, in in the TOS era, they look like phones to me. Yeah, for for our for our time frame, yeah, right. Um, yeah, so he's on his horse. You know, one thing, uh, I, this is not nitpicky. This is not nitpicky. This, I'm not, I, this is not a criticism of Star Trek, but I'm criticizing uh, 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 pop culture here. Everyone always thinks that the windmill thing is like the future when it's literally the least efficient way to gather electricity. I'm just saying. Okay. Right. And we say, though, that it's the most visually representation of, of a future that's got better energy which is why you see these stupid things everywhere because like it looks good it looks great blah, blah, but it right the the carbon footprint to make and maintain these things is it, there's a negative energy output here guys so it's, it's cool driving through uh very cool driving up and seeing a bunch of them it's very cool looking i get it but it's it's there's more politics there than actual energy harvesting and uh, it's right, fine true. but whatever it's fine it's futuristic looking, man. I know. I, the, the, the Strange New Worlds had the windmills. I mean, sorry. I mean, um, they're in they're in Montana. You know how hard it was to make something look futuristic up there. I know. True that. No, it, um, in that um, in the Multiverse of Madness, there's the windmills too, and I was like, oh god, which windmills? Ah. Everything, everything is windmills, man. 
All right, so, uh, yeah, so they're like, well, he's not answering his phone. We're just going to find him. And that's when, uh, this is actually the very first Captain of Inter- uh, the very, no, very first Captain Enterprise was Archer. But his mm. pre- uh, the previous Captain Enterprise was this guy, right? Yeah, this is, this is Admiral Robert April. Uh, he was Pike's old captain. Um, and he was actually in the, uh, if you go back to the, uh, the uh, animated series, he was a Commodore. Hmm, cool. I love the new title sequence, but we've seen it before. Yeah. But he's cool. basically ordering him to go because <laughs> I love that he's basically saying, "Yeah, send somebody else." He goes, "He goes, you don't." He what he say? He goes, "You don't want me on that ship." And he goes, "Eh, you got me confused with yourself because mm-hmm. you don't want to go on that ship." And I'm like, "Oh, that was a pretty clever line, right?" It was cool. Oh, that was good. So he's got to go he and uh, he's going to jump on the ship and he's going to pick up um, Spock. And they're going to go and find uh, number one. Okay. So this okay, is a spot yeah. moment. And I'm very happy here. Me too. That to Pring is just oh drop dead gorgeous. Thank God. I'm so sorry. We we skipped over it really quick. But uh, at the end of the intro, I want to tell you that the intro that you were just showing is the best Star Trek intro yet. Of all the new Trek, this is the best Star Trek intro. And they got that classic TOS whistle at the end. That TOS, I, I just love that. Love that. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, to bring. To bring. To bring is drop dead gorgeous. My goodness. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, she is just like absolutely stunning, whoever this actress is. And she does a great job. She is emotionless. She's a Vulcan. She's a Vulcan. She's probably playing a better Vulcan than Ethan Peck plays Vulcan. So, no, not trying to throw shade. I'm just saying. Um, okay. Because he, he, I understand what you said that we're going to see, like, the Spock we're seeing, we're not yet at TOS and pre TOS, he was a little more emotional or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's a good explanation. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to inject what you said into my head as canon, um, so that, so I can enjoy it, everything because he does have like a, a lot of emotion in this, even in yes. the first episode. It's, it's, yep. and I'm going to chalk it up to this is pre TOS Spock and he was emotional until he's figured out how to deal with his two halves. And so he had yeah, some emotion, I'm, you know. So I'm going to, that's fine. The character changed when they made the pilot and then they went in to actually make the series. You know, Spock was adjusted to be emotionless. Yeah, so he's so, playing. But, he's but playing pre-Spock adjustment. He's pre- playing this pre-Spock adjustment. Okay, which is fine. It's fine. Which, by the way, if you watch Star Trek TOS and then and then go back and, and then watch, if you hadn't seen the the um, the pilot and then you watch it, Spike Spock looks really creepy. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I mean, it's it's still Leonard Nimoy, and he's just like you're just like, oh gosh, I hate seeing Spock like that. So I get why it's cringe. He actually has a similar haircut to the one he the, to the to the one that Ethan Peck has now. Right. In the original one, um, he has like his hair is a little like a little less uh, perfect and a little more like like evil looking, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if they meant to do that or they're just trying to make him look sexy. But you know, Spock was supposed to be red. Right, but you couldn't see it on black and white. Yeah, and they, they, they yeah, and they, they were like, people are these these Bible Belt people are gonna have a problem with like like the pointy, he's the devil, devil yeah. character running around. Right. Yeah. So, ah, damn, Frank's a good looking woman. Um, 
So it's interesting. So oh, by the way, the, the actress's name is Gia Sandhu. In case you're check for later. Uh, Gia. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, I'm joking. I know. So this is interesting here because uh, outside upon far, they're about to get down, right? Yeah. So Tapring asks Spock to marry her, and Spock basically says, oh, "I was wondering if you were going to ask." So like, okay, this is another part of Vulcan culture we don't understand. Apparently, the woman asks or the, the female asks the male, uh, and then they get on and do the Vulcan horizontal mambo, and they're not in Pond Far. Well, they're about like, to do the mambo. Oh, they're about to. They're yeah. about but to. But it's not Pond Far, so I, I mean, but I guess we've never really dealt with it outside of that situation. Pike calls and totally cocks-blocked the poor guy. No. He's like, he's he like, felt bad about it. He felt bad. Yeah, he's like, I need you to come back. We're going to find number one. He goes, yes, Captain, I'm sure that's suitable. I'm sure she'll be fine. Jabring's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe uh, Spock was the one in a hurry to get out of there, so I don't know. Yeah, right? Jeez. You know what I'd be like? Hey, Captain, I need like eight minutes, dude. <laughs> I need three minutes and 36 seconds. I've okay. got this timed down. I will call you back in four minutes. Okay? Like literally, Just could it have waited 15 minutes or so or whatever? minutes, you know, Captain. <laughs> give him an hour or whatever. You have a teleporter, okay? Let me know when you're leaving. I'll be here till then. <laughs> I'll call um, you right back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, this whole interaction was fine. Uh, well, I really like that, you know, she says something here that I think is important. She says, I won't chase you across the galaxy to get married, which totally lines up with what happened during TOS when Spock comes back. Right. And he's he's in Ponfar and she actually wants to marry somebody else. Mm. So she's trying to get him to basically you know, Kirk comes in the whole, the whole thing. So she eventually, yeah, she's, she basically says that, which lines up with TOS nicely. Archimedes said, were they going to have sex or is some really aggressive mind melding? <laughs> <laughs> either way, uh, count us in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either, either way. I'm cool. Either way. Um, yeah. Um, I so, love the new tech. I love the, I, so there's one thing I was really concerned with how the, all the technology was going to look. Yes. Because I'm like, look, we tried this already. Like, right. we, we made Discovery, and everything looked like it was post-Voyager, right? Right, yep. You're and right. it didn't work. And, like, how are they going to not only acknowledge the fact that they were in the Discovery crisis, which is what they called it. Which they and, do. And they do. And then you and then utilize the correct tech. So I knew I'm like, all right, man, they're going to be usually utilizing like that the tech that we saw on Discovery, which is going to definitely no matter how good the show is, that's going to take me out of it because it's not, it doesn't fit, right? It doesn't fit with the time right. time. They don't do it. Like they're using tricorders and they all they're using. They use the original tricorders. I love that the big bulky ones. No, it's not. They, they oh they do they do look a little bit more like modern in the sense where it's like. Like someone Very made them, similar. like they, someone made them better. Like someone made better yeah, versions, yeah. Yeah. you know, but, but they, but they got, they took the original and they made a, 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 a more artistic, better version of that original. Yes. It's not a completely different thing and it's great. And it has screens and we can never, we never saw the screens and all that on TOS because obviously right. they couldn't do that. But you couldn't. Yeah. But we can see it now and it, this, the new way they do that actually makes it, it makes it make more sense. Right, it adds to the, it. Really adds to the lore of Star Trek. Yes, much it better. does. It does. It looks really good, really good. 
even the big bulky tricorder with all the little mini screens. Yeah, it's almost I like it. the reason it's so bulky is because there's so many sensors and there's that, all right. those, all those little individual sensors are individual. And later on, the tricorder is smaller because the sensors are a lot smaller, which makes yeah, sense. When you get to TN- yeah, totally. When you get to TNG, it's, it fits in a hand. Did you notice that uh, the shuttle was named Stamets? I did. Why? He's well, technically, he's dead. Okay, so it's like an homage. So maybe it's a posthumous naming. Posthumous. Because that's the first thing I thought. I'm like, well, I guess technically he's dead, so maybe they would name it posthumously. Okay, like an you know they want an homage to the to this guy. I guess Stamets was a big deal, right? I guess he was, although his tech supposedly never existed. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. The Enterprise looks great. It does. It looks really nice. It looks so good, guys. Love it. Love <laughs> the graphics. Guys, and this is this this is the problem I think I had with that archer ship. Is uh-huh. in the cell, there was one in the cell just sticking out of the saucer section instead of the saucer section into an engine with the nacelles sticking out of the engine. It was like like they missed a component in the archer. That's right. what that's what was bothering me. Um, but with this, it looks great. I love how there is clearly um this is this is the Enterprise from the sixties. They took it and they 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 made a better version of it. It's they not did. it's not a different ship, guys. It still has like the red like you know, the reason why the original Enterprise had those red glowing things at the end, the end of the cells, was because for the time, you know, that was a that little LED was a futuristic thing for the model. Now right. it would look out of place. They somehow got the, they got this on there without making it look out of place. Actually, make it look like it's part of the ship. It's just it everything is way more. Even the array in the front, which before looked like a like, you know, a '60s model. It yep. looks like it serves a purpose. Like they, this is the best updated version of Enterprise I have ever seen. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. No, absolutely. It's an absolute homage to the, to the original in every detail. They just it's just so much more detailed and so much more lifelike and so much more realistic. This is the best. And I've seen so many versions. You know, this is the best yeah. I've seen. It's it's it really did a good job. Yeah. The lights in the front, even like just gorgeous, man. You know those those guys, the guys from the shipyards, whatever their names are. Um, trekyards. Yeah, a trekyards. I'm pretty sure like they saw this and like just passed out from uh, all the blood rushing to the nether regions. Yeah, no, for real. Oh, so in this moment here, uh, Spock actually tells um, Pike. He says that uh, Lieutenant Kirk will have to be billeted uh, after the mission. Yes. Yes. So right here, can I be honest with you, Shane? Go ahead. I was worried. Were you well, worried? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I wasn't worried because we know we know what really happens. Well, we know that he comes in at season two. Right. But in my mind, I was like, oh, what if, what if that was all misdirection, like we've yeah, seen when, in the past? No, no. Well, hmm, what if that this is really like maybe they misdirected us in order to surprise us. Well, they based on where Kirk is in current timeline, it wouldn't have worked. I know he's not a lieutenant right now, which is why I was worried, Shane. Right? No, you know what they were doing here? They were trolling us, bro. They were trolling us hard. They were trolling us. They were getting everybody going. What? They did that shit. They did that on purpose. Right. 
that they did that on purpose. They trolled us because later on, we won't talk about it yet. Later on, they're going to show us what Kirk it is. Right. Which, it, by the way, it totally fits. And we'll see it. We'll see it. It totally fits. What, what they actually did. I had to go look it up. I was like, oh, oh, this actually fit. This works. And right. it works it perfectly. Work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so it was great. You're right. I was like, oh, they better not bring Picard into this in the first episode. This is not going to be good. No matter how good everything else is, just like if he shows up on the bridge at the end of the show, it's mm-hmm. going to be a problem. It's going it's to be problem. It's going to be, be a huge problem that yeah, everyone complains problem. about. Right. I, I mean, I was ready to complain about it. Oh, the bridge looks so good. It looks so it good. I know it we've seen good. it before, but now seeing it like and and not, not not two seconds of a trailer, but like the whole thing, it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. The the sweeping lines. This is the this guys. This is a sexy bridge. Let me tell you why. It, <laughs> like so, TNG had the whole like like office building look. Right, it looked like an office building. Right. TOS looked like a like a like a warship, like a, almost like a submarine like ship. Right. Uh huh. Discovery was had so much bling and zero substance. Now, um, and and the original Enterprise looked like. Uh, the NX-01 from Star Trek Enterprise looked definitely like it could be a version of the Enterprise bridge before TOS. Mm. Now, they took that TOS bridge, and obviously it needs to be updated. It needs to be updated. Can't use the original set, right? I get it. Right. But they added all those big, beautiful screens and buttons and all the stuff that you see, right? They, they, It's here. It's here. And it's visual, and they even multiplied it. They took that, and they made it even better. It's mm. not, this is not a departure. This is a truly an evolution and an elevation of elevation, the original yeah. bridge. Even with the LEDs around the, the um, guardrails, it's just, it works. It works. And it's, it doesn't feel like they, they just made another bridge. It feels like if they're, they're if the original bridge was updated, that's what it feels like. I love yeah, it. 100%. At what it was point? Really great. At what point are we going to see the red door in the back, though? Because I want to see that red door. Uh, I'm I'm assuming it should be there. They, they they're leaving no stone unturned here. So because that was in, in season three is when we got the red door of two eyes, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was season two or three. Anyways, um, looks great, beautiful. All right, we get to meet uh, his new no. Well, his current acting number one is Laon, right? Yeah, that was a. Uh... Boy, start out the the uh, the fisticuffs or the the punches right at that moment, right? Spock was not happy this happened, right. and we get a nice little nice little thing where he's like, "Oh, he was kind of confused," and "Oh, okay." And then Spock looks over. You get a second here where it happens, uh, but yeah. So this lieutenant is number one. Um, Ahura looks great, fantastic. Yep. Love the love the earpiece. It's perfect. Perfect, and the actress is perfect. I. I'm real. I'm simping hard for uh, horror right now. Um, some people, I saw people, some people on Reddit complaining about the, like the fact that they have metal badges. Look, guys, that's it's it's, it's 2022. We're not going to do cloth badges. So mm. I, I I understand that that could be something you complain about if you really want to complain about something that small. It's not just small, literally, but also like an obvious thing. They're not going to do. They're not going to have cloth badges. We. We already, there's no way it's going to happen. 
Um, we did see a return to some of the skirts, which we'll get to that. Oh, look at that. I love the earpiece, man. It's great. It yeah, it's fantastic. Version. Actress looks great. She was doing good. We haven't seen much of her yet, but she was doing good so far. Um, everything. So far, everything's great. Blah, 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 blah. All right, the engine room. I want to talk to us about this real quick. Again, I don't know who's making these set pieces, but it looks like somebody carefully updated. Not, not They didn't just recreate. They, right. they looked at the original and said, okay, we're going to make a better version of this. We're not going to leave where this is at. We're not going to leave the general area that this, you know, the look and feel of this. We're just going to make a better version of this. And they did. This is a good, really good version of the engine room. It, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It has all the colors with the grates. It looks like TOS, man. It's great. Yeah. No, somebody cared about this. Somebody really mean. cared about this. Yeah. Um, I want to know who I want to know who created like did the graphics for this new ship like it's somebody <laughs> just very good very good very good okay yeah but, but, but there's a but, nice little joke here that uh that uh Pike says to to Spock he says I'm all ears yeah. and it was it was subtle he's like hey, and, and it worked I, I liked it it you know Spock was a you know it was a moment blip on his you know gave him a funny look but. It worked. Yeah. Um, I do like the fact, too, that Pike is using all these, like, um, human um, uh, euphemisms. Is that the right word? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Euphemisms and um, and little quotes or whatever. And he's having to constantly explain what they are because like, he's dealing with a crew that's, like, not from that place. I thought and younger. Cool. Yeah, or yeah. younger, yeah. He also he also quotes it. He quotes um, um, uh, what's that book? Moby Dick, in this, which was cool. And he has to explain himself. All right, so yeah, all is good. Communication. Spock. I mentioned that he's seeing. You know, he's having visions of his future dis- disfigured self. Right. And that's what his struggle and strife is. Is he's actually not he's actually it's kind of interrupting his command a little bit and where he should be telling them to do things he's like caught up in this memory right now to be fair ethan peck and anson mount clearly have chemistry they do they work well together they work well together even if we've been pretty critical of spock can we just say this for a moment yeah we have been been pretty darn critical of spock but honestly he was good here there was I didn't feel weird about him like I did during Discovery season two. I felt so weird uh, during Discovery. It definitely feels if, better here. I wonder if it's because Michael's gone. Um, I wonder how much of it was Michael just being frustrated with the fact that she's his sister and forcing that on us. And then Ethan Peck unable to kind of just be Spock. He's got to be like Michael's in that in, in Discovery season two, he couldn't be Spock. He had to be Michael's brother. Yeah, Michael's brother. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's just Spock. Yeah. Yeah. So you take Michael out of the equation and now we're Yeah, you know what? You know what? You know what? That's a good point. Because I was like, even if I love uh mm-hmm. Strange New Worlds, I'm probably I'm gonna dislike Spock because of what I saw in Discovery. Right. But I gotta remember, if you asked me in Picard season one and what I thought about Allison Pills character character, I'd have been like, she's the worst ever. And then I saw season two, and my mind completely changed on that character. So the setting and the writing and what they're doing can totally change someone's, your opinion on that character. And just maybe just enjoy Strange New Worlds 
as a standalone, and hopefully it don't mention Discovery too often. Maybe yeah. we're just this first episode, you know? I'm hoping this is it. All right. All right. So, uh, regardless, everything's looking good. Bridge is great. Now, they're going to go, and they're going to find um, number number uh, Una, number one. Now, this is when you see you see the ship now. It's basically just yeah. a sausage section with a, with, a, with a section with a single nacelle. It's very weird looking. It's very weird. Anyways, the archer oh, is you. like, there's nobody on them on board. There's no one dead. There's no life signs, nothing. So they have to surmise that they're on the surface somewhere, and they gotta go to the surface. Now, in order not to break, at the at this time, it's not called the Prime Directive. It's called General Order One, which I thought was a great transition. By the I way, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, trick. He even said that'll never catch on. When you we know. Oh, later on he did say that. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, that was. I thought that was a great joke. And this is a situation here where Laon. We don't really understand this character yet, but she has this moment of, you know, you know, we need to put up our shields, right? And uh, Spock's arguing with her, right? And uh, that it's not protocol, and she like, you know, says we got to do it, and Pike does it. And of course, you know, they shot plasma torpedoes at him, which I find it interesting that, you know, 21st century tech can damage our vessels now at this time, which is what they said. It's 21st century tech. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Seemed pretty powerful for 21st century tech. Yeah. I, mm. To be honest, too, I also don't like like their explanation of how they got the warp drive. Oh, I kind of did. Like they got it from reverse engineering what they saw. No. No, well, no, 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 no. So, um, number one, it's not a warp drive. They created a warp bomb. Right, right. We get to that point, but yeah, how do they even get the warp technology in the first place? So apparently, whatever they saw that happened, uh, whatever they were doing to send Discovery into the future, mm -hmm. um, they were by. watching them do it, and apparently were able to glean something from that. They did not explain it really thoroughly, which. I'm not sure it was important to do because we don't need to know this society and every detail of how they do what they do. Uh, but I mean, they did such a good job with the show that I just trusted what they told me. That has a lot to do with Star Trek too. Sometimes if you're doing a good job telling a story and everything seems correct and feels good, I'm going to trust you in moments where you, you're asking me to just believe what you're telling me occasionally. And I think that was one of those moments where it would have taken away from the, the show to explain how they made a warp bomb. You know what right. I mean? That's true. Yeah. It would have made more sense though, had a ship from that same encounter maybe crash there. Perhaps, but then they would have just made a ship. No, maybe, maybe, maybe they can't make a ship, but they can make a bomb. It's easier to make a right. bomb than make a, sh it's easier to make a, make a, a bomb than a controlled explosion that creates an engine. Right. Right. Um, we got a super chat from Insane Hippie, Hippie Insane. He said, I love that uh, name. Making Burnham Spock's sister was the dumbest thing they did. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> amen, Insane Hippie. In amen. I totally, to this day, I'll still feel the same way. I hate that. Thank yeah. you for the, for the $5. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I actually like the idea of the warp bomb. Had they found a ship, they can't make an actual ship work, but they can, you know... It's easy to make something blow up, an explosion, than to make mm. an engine that controls the explosion. Because that's what an engine is, right? It's a controlled explosion. That would make more That would have made sense to me. But that's yeah. fine. You're right. I'm liking it enough to where I can totally mm. look past that. Yeah. Um, 
So she says throw shields up. He disagrees. They throw them up anyways. And uh, some plasma torpedoes. Now, they weren't that powerful considering that, like, they didn't even flinch. Like, they, like Pike I mean, is on the on the bridge just, like, looking at them hit the shields. Well, I mean, he is. But what I'm saying is it, it, the, maybe the graphics were just, like, really good. Yeah. Because it came in and it, didn't, it looked like... They weren't like shields, they were intense. deflectors too, right? Deflectors, right. And, uh, you know, and they didn't really describe, that's the other thing about the archer. How many people were on the archer? Didn't they say there was nobody on board the archer? He said, well, yeah, they said there's no one on board the archer, but apparently there's a, there's supposed to be three people. So there's only three people on the ship? That's a tiny ship, huh? Why yeah, is it a large funny. saucer section then? Why not just a shuttle? It's not a shuttle. No, it's a, it's a, it's a smaller ship though. Yeah. The, the design of the archer seems like a small crew. Yeah, the design of the archer is weird to me. I feel like you didn't need it, but it's fine. Whatever. Um, There's a nice joke here. What's that? Uh, where they talk about the two warring factions, and and uh, Spock mentions that Vulcans created first contact, and then and then uh, Pike says, "Oh, you're gonna remind us of that again." Uh-huh, that's cool. Right. So it's kind of nice. Nice throwback to Enterprise, almost. Yeah, and they did say that like, there was also a comment here from Pike about how Vulcans hold back humans or whatever. Very interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, so now when they, they scan the, the planet, they discover the warp. That's when they figure out that it's probably not a warp signature, but a warp bomb, right? Right. There was also an explanation here about how, I mean... For everyone else, the warp engine comes first, but who's to say you can't get a the you know? This is the first time, yeah. Is the, yeah, they, they also there was a mention to like the the atomic bomb. They're like, you know, like why couldn't you have the atomic bomb before you had a particle? I don't know. Yeah, it, it lost. Me I mean, there. it was it was very tech oriented. You know, it, it was nice that we were just at least having these discussions. Right, right. That's true. Now, Mbenga is awesome. Oh, Mbenga, yeah. And so, so is there's Chapel. a moment there. There's a moment there where, uh, when he sees Laon, he wipes his finger under his eye, and then she does the same back to him. Oh, really? And uh, and it's like a greeting, I guess. But I don't. I've never seen that before, and I wasn't able to find anything on it. So it'll be curious to see if that actually gets mentioned later. Like it's some sort of a, I don't know. Like they're both human, so. Mm, interesting. Maybe it must be a cultural thing or something. I don't know. That's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. I I didn't pick that up. Okay. So um, I like mm. how they explain the science here, and they sort of a. Uh, th- this is a cool way to introduce something that we've always. That doesn't break canon. Just sort of explains how it works. Like the whole, how do they make yes. the different disguises? That's a cool idea. Now, now this is how this is how you write for Star Trek. Okay, I'm this is this is a great example of everything we've talked about how you write for Star Trek. You say, okay, I'm going to take something from Star Trek that is important in every every episode of every series that we've ever had. They're always disguising to go within go among aliens. Mm-hmm. They take one element of something that's important to Star Trek and they 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 and they show us how it works. Right, that's good writing. Right. You know, and and they make it better. They actually make the canon, you know, you know, better for us instead of, you know, just drive on by and don't t- don't say anything. Right. I thought this was a great moment, and of course, Nurse Chapel. I really like the Nurse Chapel character. 
um, you know, she's here's interesting. She's on a civilian exchange from this from the Stanford Morehouse Epigenetic Project. Uh, so she's a civilian, hmm. which is something we didn't know. Is that why she's in um, white? I know. Well, I don't know. Is Mbenga in white? No, he's in blue. He's in blue. Must be because it says here that she she's on a civilian exchange. Hmm. So that must mean she's a civilian. And she says she's going to mess with their genome, which I thought was great. And she looked at Spock and said, and it's you, and you're first, you know, and they've got that future relationship that we, uh, or one-sided relationship anyways. Yeah. And apparently because of his human and Vulcan side, like the changes aren't going to last as long on him than it lasts on the, on them. Right. Which, which was okay. It was a good explanation. It created, uh, it created some, um, you know, so some suspense when they actually get down to the planet, which is something we need. This is also something in Trek that you should do that's good is use something that's realistic. If you want a plot device to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're watching Picard or Discovery, they would have done something obvious. And they, you know, in, in this case, they actually use something that was plausible right. to move the, the story along as opposed to something that didn't mean anything. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then she didn't want the sedative because, because I, guess I have she- a theory on that. My theory is, and as we learn about her character later on, I believe that she doesn't want the sedative because, uh, you know, likely she's, you know, she was a lone survivor, right? Right. Of the Gorn. Right. Cool. So, cool idea, by the way. Cool idea. I, I love, I cannot wait till we get to the Gorn episode that's going to be coming up here oh, in a few man. episodes. What are the graphics going to look like? Oh, I can't wait to see. I cannot wait. Everything um, looks so good. Like, you cannot mess up. The, like, I can, I can, I don't, I can't see how you're going to make the Gorn look right. But then also, I didn't expect this level of detail on the ship and everything they've done. So, right. Gorn look, yeah, I mean, it's, so. it's pretty impressive. Um, I wonder if Lon wants to feel the pain, like maybe as a penance uh, or to be reminded that she can die so that she can never be caught off guard and killed because they, it's something that they go into is like, you know, and it actually helps. Um, it actually helps uh, later on for um, Pike when she says, you know, if you, if you don't, if you don't realize you can die, then that's when you get killed. Ah. And so I wonder if she wants to feel pain to be reminded that she can die. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. So, uh, yeah. So this uh, CRISPR tech, basically, that's what it is. It's hmm. uh, temporary, temporarily writes, rewrites their genome and gives them those uh, secondary features, which is cool. Which was cool. It worked out really well. Yep. Yeah. And the makeup looks great. It looks so good. The makeup's so good. I love right here when... Uh, when uh, Mr. Kyle's like being beaming him down, and he wings and he's at like, him, he's like, "Don't lose my socks, Mr. Kyle." Yeah, very cool. I very love cool. all his cool lines, man. He's yeah. just so cool. Yeah, Pike Pike's is, cool. Pike is great. All right, and then we get to uh... Pike is really fantastic. He really, he really is. is so good, dude. He's so good. Anson Mount, he's like he was made for this role. Yeah. So this is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like riots. This is like what we were going, what the United States is going through, uh, in 2019 and 2020, right? Like, yeah. Like for like eight months, 2020, 2021. Yeah. What? What? 2020 and 2021. Oh, wasn't it happening in 2019? When, when happened was that? after it happened after 
Corona. Because remember, there was all this discussion about masks, not wearing masks, and people being upset. When, when, when were like the Antifa riots in like? Oh, those probably start. Uh, yeah, those started a while. Because that was like, because, because that the, the the riots and all that those weren't from masks. So there, the riot that they showed here that there was the January sixth thing, but the majority of these riots, like if they're trying to draw a comparison, it wasn't just January sixth. There was like months and months of riots, like. It reminded me of that. It reminded me of that sort of vibe. Yeah, that's fair. Like when they were burning down police stations in Portland, Oregon, and stuff like stuff like that. I think I mean? that was the point. Right. Um, make it looks great. Spock is like, why don't I have pants on? Because he's wearing shorts. Oh, and uh, Pike also says he made a joke here. He's like, why is it always in an alley? Right. Because right? it always I'm is like, an alley. Such great, you know. You know, because they do. They always get beamed into an alley. Well, right. so you can't be seen, buddy. Come on, you know. Yeah, um, they use the Vulcan nerve punch and they send those people. She's really sort of calling shots right here as the security. She's like, you know, let's do this, do that. And he's like, yeah, sure, why not? Well, it's funny because I, I wrote something in my notes. I'm like, and by the way, I do like this character. Right. But uh, but at this point, I'm like, man, this lawn is like a B-I-T-C-H, right? You know, I'm like, she's really like, something's going on here with her. You end up really liking her a lot. But um, yeah. up to this point, she's kind of a little bit of annoying. Yeah, she has uh she has some like real intense baggage. Right? Yeah, and we learn what that is, and then you're like, okay, I totally get it. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I would probably be the same way. And we learn about that. But but you gotta admit, she does, I mean, she does do some pretty cool stuff here. And Spock, what I love about this is that, you know, Spock's always got it together, you know, in everything we've ever seen with Star Trek. But in this thing, he's like one step behind her the whole way so far, mm-hmm. even in this point where he's got to like, she's like, Oh, my neck. Or can you, you know, check his neck or something like that. And, and Spock's like, Oh, oh Vulcan prick. You know, and these goes over and he's like one step behind her mentally. Yeah, you know, he did ask the question. How do we even know that was going to work on him? And she's like, well, it did, didn't it? Good yeah. Question, so, though. yeah, so it was funny. And that shows their line of thinking. Like she's willing to take a risk just in case. And he's not. Very Vulcan thing to do. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, by the way, her baggage is so intense that maybe she shouldn't she shouldn't be serving on board a ship. It's a really intense baggage. Um, yeah. it's it's really it's dis- it's it's disturbing. It's disturbing. Which we yeah. not that's why I cannot wait to get to the Gorn episode. Oh, it's gonna be great. Um, anyways, uh, blah blah blah. Okay, so they send those guys to the ship and one of them wakes up and like runs out runs out oh of that was so day. great <laughs> and he's like go get our uh our chicken or whatever he called it a rabbit well, no what's funny they called it actually this is very cool um because when he went to go run it, they said they have a delta scorpy scorpy seven situation which probably alludes to like another mission they were on Oh, I see. So, which hopefully we'll learn in the future. But this is the moment, this moment right here with this guy running around with his chicken with his head cut off. And you've got all these characters reacting very calmly like it's not that big of a deal. Right. And this is the moment during the show where I said, okay, this is something that Star Trek just doesn't do. And this is the first time they're doing it. This crew is so confident in what they're doing. Uh, they're, They're so positive about what's going on they don't freak out they don't panic they just 
you know, take care of it. They're cool cucumbers. Is the if this first was Discovery, time... this wouldn't be happening on Discovery. No, this is the first time we've seen this since Enterprise, honestly. So for like 22 years now, we haven't yeah. seen competent people. We've seen like a bunch of emotional people working out their own problems. While, and right. the secondary stories are being Starfleet personnel. And now we're seeing Starfleet personnel and the secondary stories are their personal problems. And it's great. Yeah, the secondary story is not the primary. And right. it's like, I'm just loving Nurse Chapel here, man. Running, She's running after this guy and nobody's panicking. They've got uh, the new character um, on the bridge and she's got the con and she Ortega. makes this great... She makes this great comment. She's like, it's always when I have the chair, when I'm in the chair, you know? And I thought that was great. It was light, you know? Right. No, it really worked. And you're right. Yeah, we're seeing Starfleet uh, members and their job, you know, and and their, the, the story is them being Starfleet. And their right. secondary stories are their personal lives. When in in Discovery and Alain Picard, and what we, what we really see with those is not. We see... The personal lives is their story, and their secondary uh, story is is them being in Starfleet. Like, that's the setting. The setting for their stories are oh, they're in Starfleet, but here's the story: my issues, my problems, whatever. Right. And right. and a galactic ending event <laughs> to get us back to Star Trek. We need a galactic ending event. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. And. Um, yeah, remember? I mean, even the ship had a personal problem. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Look at her just trucking after. Yeah. And then the way Uhura, like, uh, people get mad at me because I say Uhura. 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 Oh, Uhura. Some, someone asked me, they're like, um, they're like, what? They're like, why do you keep saying Uhura like, uh, like you're South African or something? I forgot what it was. I was like, because he is South African. <laughs> Well, I, I say Uhura because I'm I, I speak Spanish to some degree, All right? And it wants I want to roll my R's with her. I have no idea why, uh, but it is Uhura. It's a hard, God, a hard name, name to, to say. say. It is a tough one. Hard name to say. When you say it as much as you, we got to say it in a video, it gets tough. Uhura, Uhura. Um, yeah, they get bad security. Blah blah. blah. I'm trying to. I don't want to go and throw all the little two tiny little things, but this is great here. Uhura is talking to this guy like it's like. Just having a normal conversation with him. Like, this is like the guy that ran away. Oh, yeah. No, I think that was great. She got him. She she got him to calm down. Right. And this was what was cool. She shows up and it's such a great scene. They get into the, the to the elevator, to the lift. Right. And she's standing there and she's like looking over at him. She just gives him the side look over there. And he looks at her and it goes away. And then she mentions like whatever sport they have on their planet. And he's like, you know what that is? And all of a sudden he's disarmed right? and she's charming, you know, and then he steps out of the elevator and chapel gets him and there's such good teamwork. You know, it's right. like, it's like they know how to work together. Come on. You know, we, we haven't got this in Trek yet. No wonder they kept telling us you guys are going to like this. This is, this is a, a, you know, back to old Trek, you know, this, they told us they're right so far. You know, it, what, what, what really bothered me about that is about what you just said was, I don't feel like this is very hard. I feel like it's, like it's right. harder to try to change what Star Trek is. That's a good point. Yeah, just making Star Trek better and 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 bringing it into the future should be easier than making something completely different. That's what the, which is what they, they made, did with Discovery. Right. They made something completely different 
with a Star Trek name and wrapped in Star Trek, you know, uh, underwear, but yeah. not Star Trek. All right. Right. All right. Um, yeah. So everything's going good. Now they're back on the surface. And oh, then, yeah. What? Go ahead. No, this is a great scene because, well, it's very interesting because they're having this problem. They can't get in because Spock's eye thing isn't going to work when he when he gets, uh, you know, when, when they when they actually go in and they need to get through security. Spock doesn't have enough juice. Right. So they're trying to figure out they're going to send this down to him. And I love this moment because Mbenga says, uh, I want you to pinpoint the location and beam down the eye cell. And Chief Kyle's like, uh, that's not how transporters work. Right. And then uh, I think it's Ortegas that says, uh, I can't remember who it was, but I think it was Ortegas that says, we'll figure it out and make it happen. Or maybe it was Nurse Chapel that said, we'll figure it out and make it happen. <laughs> right? Right. And yeah. somehow they're able to do it. I've never seen that in Star Trek before. That's they beamed true. his the salve into his eye. I, I haven't seen that either. That seems super dangerous. It seems It seems a little bit over the top. But like I said, once again, I'm loving it. I like what they're doing. Right. And so therefore I trust you. Right. So, you know, and it yeah. works. Yeah. Good, good Star Trek characters and good Star Trek writing and using like the normal principles of Star Trek. It goes a long way. People go, oh, well, there were there were bad episodes of Voyager. Yet you like Voyager. Yes. There was bad episodes of DS9. You like DS9. Yes. There are bad episodes of TNG and TOS. You're like, oh, yes. But the show as a whole, I liked. So okay. when the bad stuff came up, I can be like, yeah, that wasn't great. Or that didn't have to make a lot of sense. But I'm having so much fun with this in general that I can overlook a lot of the weird stuff. Like, dude, I'm going to say it again. I love Voyager. It's one of my favorite series. The Kazon are the worst aliens to ever exist in star trek i hate the Kazon. i hate when uh i hate when uh janeway and uh yeah they make the babies those lizard babies and turn whatever yes the lizard babies yes when they when they evolve or Um, evolve but then they like because time is secular they like they devolve or whatever there's bad episodes but there's but it's good track overall right and the Kazon were the worst i remember watching the Kazon being like oh god these are the worst how are they they're they they have like thirteen IQ and yet they're driving starships. They can't figure out how to get water, but yeah, they can make a starship. It makes no sense. <laughs> but I loved it. I, Voyager as a whole was so good that the bad episodes and the bad plots and the weird and, and some of the bad aliens, I can overlook that. But when right. Star Trek is not Star Trek, and and you already going in, you already going into that with like, oh, this is not really good Star Trek at all, then all the little stuff is so glaring that you can't just accept right. anything. There's yeah, no acceptance. It, you you got to just nitpick everything now. You end up getting nitpicked down. Yeah. What did you think of the emergency medical transporter? Um, that's something that I do not recall. And you know, it would have been tough for them to do back in TOS. I mean, but it's, it's, it makes sense to have one in your, in your sick bay uh, for emergencies. Right. Yeah. So they had one. That's it. how they got it down. I didn't think about it at all because I think that, um, I assume that would be a normal part of like I feel like that's that's pretty like if I was making a ship mm-hmm. in that time with that technology I'd be like yeah we should probably throw a little mini uh, transporter on in sick bay right I know they didn't have that in TOS or they never said they did but well there's be, yeah there's yeah 
If I was designing a spaceship in that time with that technology, yeah, that would definitely be part of sickbay. And that's what I love. It's makes sense, right? That makes sense. We didn't see it. They didn't, we didn't have one in TOS, right. you know, and in every other iteration of Star Trek, they've just beamed people wherever they wanted to. But at this time, I know, I don't know, you know, you want to have the ability to beam things because you're in, you're in a med bay, you know, it's, it just makes so much sense. It was so clever. I like that. And you know what? The, 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 more importantly, there was never a point in TOS where they were like, we don't have a transporter here. <laughs> right, right. So it's like, it's not a contradiction. It's just like, let me just add to the lore because uh, it yes. makes sense that this would be the case. That there would be a transporter in this very, very important part of the ship. It makes right. sense. So I can, I can get behind that. Yeah. In fact, I like it. Not, not, it's not just I can accept it. I think it's good. It's it made a good it idea. Right. It makes it, made it, better. it better. Right. Um, yeah. Now they find Una. I hate the fact that her name is Una, by the way. I'm never going to let that go. It's, uh, it's, it's terrible. That's a terror. That's a terror. It's absolutely terrible. That was a terrible that they made her name. name Una. You it's should, like. Should have given her any name but the, but the word for no, one in Spanish, please. It's like one of the writers from Picard said, hey, I got, an, I got some advice for you guys. Don't listen to the Picard writers, guys. Yeah. Don't do it. Just because she or her title is number one doesn't mean her name has to be Una. That doesn't so have to be the word one in Spanish. I got 10 bucks says the person that came up with that is the same person that came up with 10 and forward being the name of the bar for a guy in. Yeah. You know what? Okay. So let me give him, let me give him, let me play devil's advocate. Okay. Let's say she was called number one in the, in the pilot episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe they said, well, what if her name really is number one? And it was just a clever nickname from the captain. Nicknames are usually shorter versions of the name. That's that's a good point. <laughs> not, good point. not 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 right. 14 more syllables. I'm done defending it. Sorry. Yeah, nice it. try though, man. That was my best try. Yeah, plus in TNG, Picard, like not no, because in the Navy, num- number one is a thing. There, in the there Army, was no number, number one. one yeah. Well, there was no number one. My first officer. Did you call him number one? Yes, I. Yeah, I so no, my first sergeant, my first sergeant, my, my our lieutenant would call our first sergeant number one all the time. In the navy, we didn't do that. Oh, okay. Well, in the army, maybe it was a, maybe it's a, a nickname because he was first sergeant. He would say, "Hey, one, come here, one." Well, it was it was Picard who started the number one stuff. Oh, so maybe my maybe my lieutenant was saying that. Well, it wasn't Picard. Sorry, it was Jeffrey. It was it was the cage. It was the original Pike started the number one, but Picard also called Riker number one. But I don't. I know that Spock was Kirk's first officer, but I don't remember him referring to him as number one ever. So it's been a while since I watched. When I was in the military, I remember my lieutenant calling my first sergeant one. Well, first sergeant. I mean, that kind of makes sense, but that's. You know, the, the, your first sergeant also isn't second in command of the ship. You know what I mean? That's true. So the XO is usually executive officers, the next in charge. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Keep rocking. Still good. That's like, I, Not a big deal. Una's kind of a weird name. Still, Una's do, it was a bad decision, regardless. I, hey, what's I, weird I, is Una. Go ahead. I can look past it, though, because the show is, so far has been so good. The show's so good so far. We're not going to complain about it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, so Una and Laon know each other. Right. And she called Una chief. Right, because she was chief on the ship she was on before Enterprise, right? 
I mean, I'm guessing now she was an ensign on board, uh, on board the King Jr. Now this is very interesting. The King Jr. is the ship that we'll learn rescues uh, Laon. Um, is it Martin Luther King Jr.? Is that why it's the King Jr.? I don't know. Why would you call it King Jr., not Martin Luther? Not not, not the Martin Luther. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure what other... Every ship has a name for a reason. King Jr. is the first time I've ever heard of it. I'm assuming it's Martin Luther King Jr. Why is the, why is the Enterprise called the Enterprise? Well, Enterprise Enterprises have been around since, you know, for centuries. Oh, really? Yeah, the Enterprise is, you know... Was there actually, the like, first... was there actually like an old, uh, you know, England ship? HMS Enterprise, yes, sir. Oh, it was real? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought that was a holodeck thing. I didn't, I didn't know that. That's no, cool. dude, that's for real. No, that's, yeah. That's rad as hell. That is rad. Yeah, and there, I, I know that there's an Excelsior and a Reagan. Is there a Reagan? Do we have there a Reagan? is a Reagan, yeah. I was on the Reagan. Interesting. I served aboard the USS Ronald Reagan. Now, Stargazer, that's a new thing. Yeah, I mean, they're going to come up with names in, you know, for the, you know, mostly names of ships are named after either presidents or they're named after battles or they're named after people who've died. So mm. that's, that's pretty typical for the, for the Navy. Okay. Um, yeah. So this part is when, uh, yeah, this is good. So his, his, uh, his prosthetics are wearing off mm-hmm. and he gets, uh, he covers his face. I can't play too much of it, but he basically gets super angry. Oh yeah. He's like, he's in pain, dude. That was right. pretty wild. Cause Spock is able to withstand pain. So that was very interesting. Right. And they beat up all those people. Because he said, hold on. He said it was too painful, Captain. And he screamed. Right. Lawn didn't scream. Oh, good point. Uh, Spock's supposed to be able to tolerate pain. So this just shows a a, a Spock that has not matured. Right. Maybe it's one more sign towards, you know, he's not the Spock we know yet. He's not. Yeah, he's not that Spock yet. Yeah. So I love this moment. I told you about this. When he's like, we're going to beam you out, and me and Spock are going to stay. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, but sir, what about General Order 1? He's like, I don't care about that. Go to the ship. He said, well, he literally said, screw General Order 1. Right. And he's yeah. like, he just took charge, and they didn't doubt him. Hmm. There was no there was no changing of the plans. There was no backstabbing him and doing what they thought was better. Yeah, there, there was, was no first officer changing his mind. Right. Nothing like that. It was... This is an order go, and it was done. If this yep. was discovery, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> it would have been a discussion. It would have been, yeah, you know, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. Their, their feelings might get hurt. and you know. Pause the elevator. Let's have a nice little roundtable about it. And, <laughs> oh, you still want to do it? We're going to do something different, which is going to work out and show that you actually had the wrong idea. Because yes. I'm, yeah, God. Uh, you totally just nailed it right there. That is exactly what it is. I'm I'm so glad that the second the captain said get out of here, it just happened. They just did it. All right. It's great. Great. And it could have been the wrong decision, but it was his decision to make. That's the important part. Yes. And and you know, he's not the only captain to disobey that order. Kirk does it all the time. You know, it's part of kind of the whole cowboy, you know, Federation Starfleet thing at the beginning. So And it's interesting too, because you can tell Spock didn't fully agree with him, but Right. He was like, I don't know about this, man, but I'm here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty You're much. You're the boss. You're the boss. Um, yeah. And they level the, uh, when the elevator opens, I'm going to get to that point. And that's appropriate for Spock. You know, the, the Spock that we know and love would say, 
This might not uh, end well. Captain, that's not what we're supposed to do. Uh, General order number one says, you know, so it, it, it was a natural thing. Again, though, he didn't push back. He just said, he just expressed his thoughts, respectively, and then continued on with his orders. Well, he's also not number one. Right. He's not the XO. Right. So it's not his job to question the captain yet. Right. That's um, Una's job. Yeah, and then all these people, you know, pointing weapons at him. Good, 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 good. And they're and then, all... Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say they, they, they figure out at this point that, uh, or Una's the one who tells them that, that the, the, the action at Discovery to send into the future is what gave them warp capability. And I thought that was a nice moment. Actually, I was okay with that connection with Discovery um, because the show is a spinoff of Discovery technically. Right. Um, and so I was okay with that. But let's make that the last time it's mentioned. Yeah, let's never mention Discovery again. We don't need it mentioned. Uh, it's bad enough that Admiral April uh, had to get special consideration so that he could learn what happened at that event because remember, right. nobody's supposed to know. Right, so that means that if that past this episode, we shouldn't talk about Discovery, we shouldn't talk about Michael Burnham or Spock's right. ex-sister because if it's such a secret, I don't think Spock should be, you know, Constantly referencing his right. his sister to everyone around him. We should never hear it again because once we get to TOS, we never we never hear from her. This so. should be the last conversation about Discovery, unless there's another story at some point that somehow directly correlates to that specific point in time. Right. All right. Um, yeah. So they're in front of the prefect. I think it's a prefect. I don't know. I assume that's like the name of of a general. Yeah. I'm going to say prefect. I don't know. Person in charge. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, they're explaining that they're aliens, basically. And they're like, hey, listen, you know, you got to chill out with that bomb. You're going to destroy everything. And they're like, well, our job is to sort of work. Our, our plan is to kill them. That's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, that's what we are going to do. That's, and she was very calm about it. That's yes, why we no. made the bomb. It's a bomb. That's why we made it. Yeah. To kill them. And uh, so they're going to take them, take them away. And I love this moment when he's like emergency. Uh, Oh yeah, communicator or whatever. Because mm -hmm. by the way, that it makes total sense that you should be able to voice command your com your communicator if you need to. It right? does. Yes. I know we never seen that, but it makes complete sense. Yeah, I, mean, I can voice command my phone right now, and this is 2024, 2022. You know. I mean, I might have reacted differently if I was the security escorting him out than to let him just do that. But um. I love that she says, you know, it's the person with the big stick that wins. Right. And he says, and so he calls the Enterprise and he goes, well, guess who has the biggest stick here? Right. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. That you know, was, it's uh, like, that was he does. Yeah. He just, he could just start firing on him if he, I mean, he wouldn't do that. But, you know, just totally took her with her own argument. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was super like, uh. And then it forced the it factions just, to actually meet because now they've got this. Now everybody's aware that there's this air, there's aliens here. That just reminded me of like a patent thing when someone accused him of not having, not having the balls to do something and you take his takes he took his penis out and put it on the table. Like, <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Yeah, <laughs> just had that the same effect where it's like, let me just show you how this works. Right. Not that I'm gonna do anything about it, but let me show you our power. Right. Um, yeah, now they have to acknowledge the giant. So before, when they saw the other ship, they were able, they were keeping it secret, right? Yeah, it was still in orbit, so not everybody could see it. Yeah, so now they're seeing the Enterprise literally like in the sky, right? 
um, which is cool. I do love the fact that, like, I feel like they put the Star Trek emblem on just everything in this show. Why not, right? Like, for real, the hyper, the hypo sprays had a little Star Trek emblem. Mm. Like, everything in the show has a little Star Trek emblem, and it's sort of cool. Give me more Star Trek. Even That's if right. it's not necessary, I get it. I don't care. I don't care. Brand it. Brand you. Brand it. Brand Star it all. Because now they're going to be able to sell, like, the Star Trek hypo sprays. <laughs> okay, yeah. Think about that. They're going to they're gonna sell those toys again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and... Uh, blah, blah, oh, blah, nice blah, conversation blah. here. Yeah, there was. I can't play it, so I'm going to go into it. No, but uh, we can explain it. So she tells her story here. Right. The Gorn. Super intense. It's so crazy. You know, she, you know, she kind of explained this actually gives Pike an ability to heal. You know, she explains that her family was basically taken by the Gorn and they deposited them on one of their nursery planets. And she was the only one who survived. Dude, the Gorn used her family members as breeding sacks, which means they basically killed them and then laid their eggs inside of them. So that is so hardcore. That is so metal. That's like the most metal thing I've ever seen in Star Trek. The only thing as metal as that is the Borg. Yeah. Like, yeah. That is well, the, so gangster. Wow. I mean, the Gorn the Gorn terrified me when I was a kid. Okay. So that episode where in Arena where the Gorn and, and Kirk are fighting. Right. I'm just yeah. like, oh my God, please, please let Kirk get away. You know, like the Gorn almost gets him a few times. And like, I was like really stressing out for, for Kirk, right? I was a kid. Right. But do, did you but, know that the Gorn were space-faring species, though? Yes, because they were both taken from their ship. So they took one, you know, they took basically the captains oh, of each I ship. See. And for some reason, when I watched that episode when I was younger, I thought that it was just like a monster. No, it's, it will, yeah. So it's funny because basically, uh, you know, a space, you know, like a Q type entity or like an entity is able just to pluck them and put them on the planet and have them fight. Um, so but what's interesting is, is you realize that's like a terrifying character, but now knowing that like all these other things that it can be, you know, that how, you know, is just disgusting and even more scary and knowing we're going to have an, I think it's episode three or episode four coming up. We have a Gorn episode right in enterprise they had some gorn too but they didn't you know they touched on him but they didn't really get really deep into him right and um yeah the gorn are gonna be gnarly excuse me guys you know who's having you know hey, who's hold having on, look, ban ban that person in the chat please that's advertising remove oh, i did the wrong thing i can't Just remove report. It, right? there you go report oh report okay yeah so they can't come back. Um, There's a lot of them. Yeah. High channel. Now I can hide them. There you go. All right. So I reported them. I kicked them. And there they're hidden. Sorry about that. Okay. Because that, that can get our stream turned off. Go ahead. What were you saying? Okay. So, yeah. The, you, know who's, you know who's right now is living La Vida Loca? It's the guy who played the original Gorn who goes to every one of the Star Trek conventions. Like, he's got his all his stuff signed. He's like, the Gorn lives. The Gorn lives. Old dude, right? He always taking pictures with everybody. They better have, uh, well, I don't think the Gorn are going to be people in makeup. No, I don't. Well, I don't know. Because in Enterprise, the Gorn were like 3D characters. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do. So, But, but if, they are, if they are people in makeup and that poor guy doesn't get a, a cameo, 
<laughs> Not yet, right? After yeah. like 60 years of, of holding the Gorn up, you know, 50 years of Gorn this, Gorn that. They, they 100% would, would do that if that was the case. Or at least make him like, you know, if they are 3D, please make him one of the people that get eaten by a Gorn in a scene or something. Uh, something, right? That'd yeah. be only fitting, right? That'd be cool. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So he beams down. He's like, oh, hey, guys. I thought that was cool. <laughs> oh yeah he's like hey yeah, you know, sorry, he's, I'm like, late. he's like he's disarming you know he's like i'm not threatening you know kind of thing and then he goes on to basically show them what they're about to do to their planet oh i love when he just takes takes over their tv like it's no big deal he's like let me just right yeah very it's a, you know tony stark moment there it's kind of like you when you come to my house and all of a sudden I'm like how is he doing that <laughs> that's so. true um i also love that their signs are not in english thank god Right. Thank That's God there's good. some weird language. I'm sure I'm sure there's some hardcore Trekkies out there literally making an alphabet out of this new language right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um and yeah, he shows that like in point in you know, twenty first century, there was riots. There was this quick scene of like the January sixth thing. I'm assuming they're referring to like the six or seven months of riots that led to a civil war. And he does say there was a civil war and then eugenic war. And I guess he was just clumping them all into one one area. But he set them out of order, though, right? Yeah. Because the eugenic wars did come before Civil War. Yes, the eugenic, yeah. I think he was just lumping it all into the same time frame. So it would have been, it would have been from, you know, 1990 through, you know, 20, you know, 2030, 2050, right. well. Yeah, then he talks about World War Three, and yep. how it decimated the planet and blah, blah, blah. And he showed visualness of it, which is neat because we've never had any yeah. actual visual. Look at that art. carnage, dude! Oh my yeah. god, I'm, I gotta play us a little bit of this, right? Look I mean, that's this. the that's nuclear that's nuclear war, brother. Jeez, that's it. absolutely! Don't ever want one of those to go off. Hey, no, dear Soviet Union, uh, I'm sorry, Russia. It's not Soviet Union anymore. Dear Russia, Putin, take a look. Don't do that, okay? Everybody's, Let's just leave Ukraine like, alone. What about North Korea? I'm like North Korea. Uh, are still working on um, smartphones. Uh, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> they do have nuclear weapons, though. Mm. Um, they're like they're like stuck in the eighties, though. Like they're still in like the eighties. They still time. have new. They have a bomb, Ben. Okay, all right. Still scary. They could hit Japan. I feel like if if um if North Korea was actually a threat, like there'd be some like black ops CIA CIA guys that just. Flies overboard, just jumps down there, just murders Kim Jong-un and just walks away. You would think, but, you know, you don't want to go around assassinating people because you never know what's going to happen to you. The way wars are fought now are, are at least the way the United States fights wars now, like real wars, is I don't think they really fight them the way they used to. I think a lot of wars are now back alley deals, CIA nonsense, and yeah. just sort of covert stuff. And, like, they just sort of keep everyone else out of it now. Right. It's bad, you know why? Because it's bad for business. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Yeah, that's true. Sorry. Back to this. I do so, like. Yeah, the I, I like the makeup on the new characters too. I'd love them actually. Yeah, that was good. No, I really did. I liked it. You know, this was the first. This is the first time. No joke. This is the first time I got like Star Trek goosies since Enterprise. Like where I feel that, that moment of hope, where I feel like. It, the way I feel when I watch Star Trek, especially the first time I watch a series, is I just have this wonderful feeling. Can you hear? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I just have this wonderful feeling inside where I get these, you know, kind of the the, the happy shivers. Yeah. I got that with this, man. Goosebumps. I got it here. Goosebumps. 
I got it. I was, I felt the Star Trek in my soul. Yeah. You know, and it, just like I used to, and I'm so happy. I can't wait to see, I can't wait for next week already. Yep. And uh, we got a little bit of everyone. I like how they showed that their entire culture is now changed because of this. Like they're in right. school, they're learning about the ship. They're making little, um, they're actually showing like the, like what the difference between the Vulcans and them are. Right. Like their entire culture now is being changed because of this first contact. Yep. It's completely impacted. Right. Just like it probably was with Earth when the Vulcans came. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or like an Orville. Yeah, one, that one planet, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they make the little, they're making the, yeah. That's cool. Great. Awesome. The space station is lit. I love the space <laughs> station. So cool. And they even explain how, I guess, originally the, these little, um, pods or whatever they were like they were up there for some other purpose and the starfleet like built around them which is really yeah, cool. it was it was to save uh the seeds before nuclear war happened right yeah which so is awesome. that is similar to what a space station looked like in tos as well it is which yeah. is kind of cool yeah really cool you just pull the ship up and get off you know yeah very cool loved it loved everything about it yeah, I got nothing to say but good stuff. And, uh, oh, I love his badge. He has the Admiral. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. I want that badge. Yeah, man. And uh, you got anything else here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we got to talk about Lieutenant Kirk, who finally came to the bridge. Okay, let's get to that. Let me, let me fast forward to that. Because it that, said Lieutenant Kirk's on his way to the bridge, and I went, what the heck is going to happen right now? I was now? so worried. I was so worried until, uh, until there he is. Until porn stash came on, <laughs> I know, right? So and this they said is... it was George Samuel Clark Kirk, which is Kirk's older brother, who was in a scientist, basically. Yes. So Sam Kirk is 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 uh, James T. Kirk's brother, mm-hmm. and uh, he was actually the character was in the original series, but he only appeared as a dead body, right? And he was played by uh, by William Shatner with a mustache. Right, and but look how perfect this, I know. this guy is a ringer for that dead body, and he and he works for Spock, which is fantastic. Which is awesome. So here's what's really cool: we are going to get Kirk and his brother and Sam interaction. I think during season two, yeah. like their relationship was going to be somewhat explored. Yeah, that's awesome. So that is pretty cool. So yeah, so they they got us. And they, they did this on purpose, which yeah. is pretty clever. They're like, whoa, what's going on? And then Very we get, clever. we get, and it's, and it's part of canon. It's accurate. So yeah. that was great. It's really good. It's really, clever. I, I, good writing, guys. Good job. Hey, good writing. credit where credit's due. New, new Star Trek. Listen, I have not said this. I have not said this in a very long time. Well done. Yeah. In a very long time. I've said stuff like, Oh, good or bad, or that wasn't a bad episode, or good start, all that. I have. I don't think I've said in any of our podcasts at any moment about Star Trek until now. That was good. It was good yes. writing, good character development. It was fun. It was informative. It expanded on Star Trek in every way. This was an amazing episode of Star Trek and a, and a perfect start to Strange New Worlds. Yeah. Very good. We did. We were we did have high praise for Picard season one episode one, 
We did, we did, but we, yes. but we still said we were all we all are consciously optimistic. I'm sure it's fine. We yeah, were Picard shook us a little bit, right? Right, because Picard season one shook us. So this yes. is good. this is great because I mean, dude, I'm looking at, next week is gonna be great. I can't wait. I can't wait. Every week is gonna be an amazing episode of Star Trek. I hope. And we'll be breaking it down for you. I mean, I granted we've been talking now for three hours and fifty minutes for two shows. <laughs> Luckily, Picard is done, so now we'll just be talking about strange new worlds every week. So make sure you guys come back. And for you guys that have just stalwarts have been stayed here and watching the whole time, we love you and appreciate you so much. Uh, just so thankful for you guys. Yes. Okay. So, um, all right. Let me. Uh, what's up next? That was that's that's the end of uh, that's the end of that. We're gonna talk about. Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about Zachary Quinto right now? Or you just quickly, to... just quickly. Okay, because we are moving to the member section. Okay, so we're moving uh, to the but... member section. But before we do, we do want to touch on this. Zachary Quinto is unsure that Star Trek Four will shoot this year, and we both know why. We do, because they want they they don't want to do this without bones. <laughs> you know that right that's right carl urban they want to do it with him and he's gonna have uh he's shooting the boys so they aren't gonna be able to start shooting until next year you're right and you know what now i realize why that video our star trek 4 video is like cranking views right now is because yep. this news it, came out it's because this came out which meant oh guess what it's about carl urban now they don't say it here uh quinto is uh it basically says he hasn't been he's not guaranteed for star trek 4 yet so he, not only does he put out this stuff, it, it, not unsure it'll start this year, but he's not even officially signed to be part of the, part of the show yet, which be a, which would be a huge um, problem. Yeah. Uh, if, if you try to make a Star Trek four without Zachary Quinto, then you are asking for your money to be flushed down the toilet. I don't understand yeah. why you would even look, this is obviously his PR people being like, look, it's not shooting yet. Um, and we're not I'm even on board yet. This is a this is a, the same thing The Rock does, Henry Cavill does when they're talking about a sequel to one of their movies. It's because their PR people and their agents they put this out there so that the rags pick it up, and, and they use it as a negotiation tactic when it comes to getting their contract set up. Sure. This, this is the, and this is completely fine. This is a part of Hollywood. This I can show you so many articles on on the Wayback Machine. Where it shows our actors that haven't they haven't even been spoken to yet, or you know they're still trying to figure out their schedule. And realistically, it's they're they've they've already worked it out that they're going to do it, but they're they're just they they got to be in a position of power in order to get the most amount of money for their contract. Yeah, and and they really made a mistake when they gave a when they dropped the the date of the release for the movie before they even had the actors signed. Just craziness. Like J.J. Abrams was so felt so strongly about that it was going to happen. He dropped the date. I mean, I don't know. That was a mistake, I think. Make sure you got your people in hand, you know? Well, that was probably Paramount being like, look, um, uh, we are all in on uh, Star Trek, so um, go make that happen, boss. <laughs> you know? Well, I get it, but it's like you just announce. Why? I mean, I mean why announce it? Also, J.J. <laughs> is used to being given a blank check. He really is. Yeah, but you actors got jobs, you know? Yeah, money moves mountains, dude. It's going to be really hard. If they don't start filming before the end of the year, it's going to be really hard for them to make a December 22nd 
2023 release. So we'll have to see what happens. That is kind of the news that's going on. So we're going to stay up on this. And of course, anytime something pops, uh, we're going to get get you there because uh, Star Trek four movie is um, you know something we want to see. We want to see the original cast back together again. So, and if for some reason you haven't seen our uh, our video on this exact topic, then um, do yourself a favor and us, and uh, go to our main channel. Right, right there it is. I'll show you the link. Go to this main channel. It's right here. Problems for Star Trek, Trek 4. No, not <laughs> Star Problems for Star Trek 4, Carl Urban Bones Studio Priorities. Questionable. It's right there. Uh, where is it at? Right there. Nope, right there. Right. Click click on that. And uh, it is a 11 minutes explaining exactly how it works and what's happening. Absolutely. And Shane does an right, amazing let's... job in that video, by the way. What's that? You do a good job. Oh, thanks, man. Well, uh, it's a well-written, well-written 10 minutes, dude. I can only, but it is only as good as it is visual, my brother. So, yeah. thank you. I might make you look good, but. You do. Let's go over here to the chat. Jeremy Schneider says, I'd rather have season four of The Boys than a Star Trek four movie. <laughs> I want to have both. Can we have both? I mean, The Boys is a really good TV show. Yeah. Let's go back up here a bit because we missed a few comments from uh, the last one. Uh, let's see here. Captain, I'm about to go where no man has gone before. Spock to Pike. <laughs> nice one. That was about Spock going, uh, doing his, his uh, Vulcan horizontal mambo. That's, if he would have said that, if he would have said that, I would have been like, I don't care of of any opinion I had of you prior to this moment. You're a boss. You're a god, and I'm okay with yeah. what you're doing. I would have been like, "Am I watching the Orville?" <laughs> um, really, to, like, like the casting and the prank. Jeez. Yeah, no, that was good. Archmage Frey says, "I was half expecting Spock to be hallucinating Michael Berman half the time." <laughs> I really enjoyed this, though. That's great. Uh, yeah. Oh, and he thought he said, "I thought I was going to hate Laon, but she was great." We agree. Yeah. So, great. what did you guys think of this? Like, not just in the chat, but in the chat. And if you guys watch this after the fact, um, let it hit the comment section. Let us know what you thought of Strange New Worlds. He's like, "Did you like it?" Well, what like, yeah, I know number, sure. number scores suck, but like, tell us really, how did you feel about it? If you and if you haven't watched it and you're watching this, like, for the love of God, go watch it. Oh my God. I'm pretty sure the first episode is free. You don't even got to sign up for Paramount. It's it's such good Trek. So we are we have come to the conclusion this is great. This is amazing. We're very happy with it. Let us know what you think of this of Strange New Worlds, please. Yeah. Uh, Archmage says the only one I'm iffy on is Ortegas, but she had little to do. Yeah, we didn't get to know that character real well. She had that one nice comment in the chair uh, that was like, uh, "This always happens when I'm in the chair." Yeah. So that was kind of funny. What's so funny, nothing, nothing. We don't know her yet, though, really. What's funny is I said the same thing to Shane off air before the show. I was like, Ortega was the only one I wasn't, you know, I don't know if she's going to be like, um, uh, like the new Trek kind of character or old Trek, but we didn't see enough for us to know. So, so far, so good. Right. Uh, let's see. And he says, even, even with that little, they all still have more development than any secondary crew from Disco. 100% true. It's true, yeah. I still don't know any of the people's names in Disco. Do you know any of them? A single bridge crew member. 
Wait, let me think. Oh my god, I don't remember. Dang. I don't. I've remember. seen all the all the seasons. I've seen all the seasons too. I don't remember a single name of uh, the bridge crew. Robot faced girl. What's uh, Katie? Oh my god! <laughs> I don't remember. That's that. Well, that tells you everything you need to know. The characters oh, are not wow. That's crazy. They're just not memorable, man. And and now one episode: Laon, Ortega, Nabenga, Chapel. And no, granted, Chapel is pretty is a common name. Well, some of them are legacy characters, so you're gonna remember them. But you know, they they definitely stick out a little better for us. All right. So it says, "Sorry, I'm back. Had to do some captain stuff." Oh, I see. Uh, let's see. The bridge looks 25% too large, Trekker. 25% too large. Oh, uh, that's funny. I mean, it did look a little bigger than the other bridge. But they I mean, had to make yeah. it bigger. They had to. They did. They did. Uh, let's see. We're going to skip that comment because, yes, there are good people. Uh, technology, she was named Una in a novel from a time ago. They just took it and made it canon. That's interesting because... You know, whoever wrote that novel, shame on them. That's all <laughs> shame on you. Bad writing for your novel. I haven't even read the story, but if you named her Una, bad on you. Right. And let's see. Uh, let's see. All right. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, don't forget to uh, subscribe on the way to the comment section. Let us know what you guys thought about Strange New Worlds. And it is time, my friends, for us it to is move time. to the members section. We love you so much. We're glad you're here. But we are going to be moving to the members section. I'm going to put the link right now in the chat just in case. Oh, and if you're still listening right as you go at the end of this thing here, if you're not coming over to the members section with us, then make sure you do, did you already put the link down for Liquid IV? Probably not yet, huh? Make sure you guys, if you leave this video, go check out Liquid IV. Use the Popcast for 25% off a purchase. You're not going to regret it. It's the best sports drink we've ever had. Yeah, let me pop that back. Thank you. Here. Look at this cool animation, you guys. Look at that. I do dig it. Yeah, it looks hot. So sweet. Um, yes, but we are going to the member section. Again, you can find the link in the chat, in the description. And on the screen, popcast.co slash join, there's no reason not to, not to know where to go. So if you want to join us in the members section, we are going over there. We're going to finish, finish out the show in that section. Thank you so much for being here. If we're not going to see you in the members section, then I hope that we'll see you tomorrow and next week. Because next week we're going to be covering Strange New Worlds again. And uh, without the baggage of Picard. So even better. So... Uh... As we switch over here, they can still hear us, right? Uh, yeah, just they can hear us for a couple more seconds. Yeah. I just want to shout out the marshal who threw a comment here uh, at the very end of the show. First time chatter, long time lurker. So hi everyone, hi the marshal. Oh, let me let me turn the screen back on for you. Glad Go. you're here. Uh, it says while I am happy with what we got with Strange New Worlds, I'm not giving Paramount any respite. They have a lot of wrongs to right. Hopefully they do. Hundred percent true. They're definitely not off the hook. Strange New Worlds needs to kick butt all season long. And then the next project they do, you know, whatever the next new IP that they decide they want to go forward with, hopefully maybe even Section 31, um, it needs to also have the same growth and flavor for, for all the fans. Agreed. Come all right. On. We're going to the member section. 
See you guys later. See you guys later. See you in the member section, hope, hopefully, because the water's warm. Shane keeps peeing in the water. I keep telling him not it's to. It's because I got to go pee. That's what yeah. it is. Okay, we are in the it's member three section. Hours. You, you four go hours. Oh, my gosh, it's been four hours. You want to go pee real quick while I'm doing this? Sure. If you really got to go pee, make it snappy. Okay. I think I can make it a little longer. Okay. Yeah. Okay, what's up, my friends? Thank you for being here. Thank you, Jeremy, Kenneth, whoever else is here. Hiroshi? Thank you. Um, so we are going to be talking about uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, uh, Lon Nunyan Singh, and the fact that she's not like a regular con. And this is what Shane wrote down. Okay. <laughs> I write down. Holy bleep. The new Obi-Wan trailer is bleep bleep. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Referring to Obi Wan Kenobi, so that's I love the new Obi Wan trailer. That's what we're going to talk about right now. <laughs> I yeah. guess you're right. I can't believe you're right. I must have been really excited to write that down. So we're talking about Obi Wan, Lon Union Singh again, and Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah. Well, I thought the Lon Union Singh thing was good because I know we just talked about her a whole bunch, but um she actually did an interview afterwards and I thought it would shed some light because it's, it's basically on how she is like Khan and isn't like Khan. And we, we know she's related to Khan. So I'm like, wow, this is the first look at like what she's going, you know, how that relationship is going to be. So yeah. I want to talk. About okay. Um, yeah. Don't we have some insight we can share with the members too? About strange new worlds. Oh, about what's coming. Do you want to share that with them? Well, if we ever get off this live stream. Oh, wait, we're still on there? Wait. Okay. All right. Uh, sorry, wait. guys. If you if you guys are listening to the other stream, I'm sorry. I got to close this so that Shane can talk about it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. I can't I can't talk about it. Until, okay. Yeah. Bye, guys. See you in the member section. Bye, guys. Bye. Love you guys. Okay. Go ahead. We're off that stream. Okay. So we are. So let's let's. What's the last video? What did we put out recently? My gosh. There's so many videos. Um, We just did. <laughs> the what the heck world. did we just do? The Strange and World sneak peek, bro. We did the Strange New World sneak peek. Holy cow. Okay, so we did that one. This is for you, Shane. Oh, my. I deserve that one. I deserve it. My brain is all over the place. So now if I get enough time to do it, I'm terrified, actually, to do it. I need to write a script tonight still, and it's already after 6 o'clock. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, so that Brian has enough time to make it for Saturday. But we want to basically do a video that explains that, hey, if you haven't seen Star Trek Strange New Worlds, go watch it because guess what? Trek is back, baby. You know, Trek this is part, back, baby. Trek is back. It's with back. This, this is the way it should have been in 2017 when Discovery showed up. They should have rolled this show right out. This is the one they should have rolled out. Now, maybe they needed to learn some lessons first. It sure seems like it. But after when COVID hit, after the restrictions were lifted, uh, like last year. Yeah. All the YouTubers kept saying, like, America's back, baby. America is back. <laughs> I just had that same vibe right now. Yeah. I, I think the video is probably going to be something like uh, the Trek we needed. That's going to be probably the thumbnail, something like that that Brian's going to Trek we wanted. The Trek we wanted. Maybe, I'm referring to that other reveal that we didn't share. Would you like to share that with them? One more time. What? I'm referring to that before we start recording, I'm referring about the. Lon Nunyan and the number one reveal 
Oh, um, do they want to be spoiled? That's a question. Let's ask them real quick, guys. But do you want to no know what a secret? A secret, which is a spoiler that we purposely chose to keep out of the of last, last video time. because it it doesn't you don't it's not revealed until the fifth episode. Yeah. Yes. For fifth episode. All right. If you want to know that, let us know in the chat ASAP, and we will divulge that information. It is a spoiler, yeah, because however. for you guys there and for anybody who's listening, if they do let us divulge it, then. Um, yeah, then we'll warn you and then you can just turn it off for a second if you don't want to hear it or mute it or something. <laughs> something. I'm uh, fine with them learning with Discovery because I don't consider it the same universe. It's Picard. Uh, the, Picard hurts a bit more for me. Yeah, I get yeah, that. Archmage. I, I get that. Archmage. It's, Jeremy says, uh, I love spoilers. <laughs> okay, so we got one upvote from Jeremy. Okay, we, we don't want to ruin anything for you guys. So if you're okay with it, Kenneth, Hiroshi, Archmage, let us know if we can give you a spoiler about number one. It's and a big spoiler. Long. Will it break our, my engagement watching the prior? No, I don't think it will. No, well, I don't think so. But it, it is it is something that is... Uh, I, it's something I probably didn't want to know but now i know it but, it, but it's not going to renew, ruin your enjoyment for four more episodes it won't i mean because we don't know a lot about these characters but it is a revealing insight about one of the characters about number one that uh we don't know anything about her i guess i shouldn't really be that weird about it they said go for it so did hiroshi do it okay. do it shane do right. it okay so guys una i can't stop calling her that. i don't like that name number one number one is genetically enhanced. She's an augment. She's, she's, I don't know. They didn't, it's not an augment necessarily, but she is genetically enhanced. And so is Lon Nguyen Singh. And so is Lon. So they're both, they have this thing in common where they're both genetically enhanced. Oh shoot. I was supposed to say spoiler for everybody who watches it later. <laughs> Go back. <laughs> spoiler about that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have liked to learn that organically. Uh, so I just didn't want to share that with you guys unless, yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's going to mess with your enjoyment whatsoever. Okay. So there believe, you go. I don't believe that's the case. That's right. it. That's a members only freebie. <laughs> Roger was like, oh my, unsubscribe. Oh my. <laughs> you, need to, you need to play the oh my one now. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> I love this one too. These things are ruining my childhood. They're taking everything that matters. <laughs> You need to load like you need to load like seven or eight of those. So here's the problem. I my plan. I have a stream deck. My plan is to load hundreds of these things, but yeah. each each one of these inserts takes like ten minutes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> takes so much so long to make it so where it's an automated thing where I can just click. <laughs> I want a William Shatner one. You got to get me. Got to get have, a William Shatner. I have Shatner ones, bro. Yeah. I have seven and nine ones from Voyager when she was acting all weird about being sexy. Oh, nice. I have yeah. a lot of really good ones. I just, okay. Loading them, it just takes forever. Okay, so oh, Archmage says, oh, so is Una literally number one as in subject number one? That's a good call. That's a good call. Maybe she's, uh, well, I mean, she is the first officer, but that is that is that is a good way. Subject oh, number one. Oh, maybe her name comes from her number, number in the one. tube or something. And she just ironically is the first officer of the ship. Yeah, maybe. Nah, whatever. All right. <laughs> We're, I just, they need some explanation. If it's because that was her name in a book. I don't know. 
That's just so on the nose. I hate it. I hate it. Okay, so Come we on. are gonna we're gonna jump into uh, Obi-Wan, right? Yeah. Here we go. Hey everybody, we are talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi's new official trailer to Owen McGregor. Shane is so excited about this. He literally messaged me with a bunch of explosives said, You gotta watch this trailer, it's so amazing. So we are going to uh, watch this trailer on on slow so that we don't get whoa, get whoa, copyright whoa. struck because um, it's probably going to happen. Let's be real. And if you haven't seen the trailer yet, I'll throw this in the description of this video. Go watch that trailer and come back and uh, check out this breakdown. You ready, Shane? I'm ready. This is the Obi Wan official trailer too. Let me, and, uh, and what Brian said is important because I don't think you can get the full effect of it playing it in slow. So definitely pause it here, go watch it, and then come watch it with us. Yeah, and the, the reason we're playing it in slow, in case you guys are new to the YouTube, is because uh, everything gets struck by robots that want to take all your money. So they're <laughs> called copyright claims. Like If you play like longer than eight seconds of anything, they just come after you. They get you, man. It's like the copyright Gestapo. <clears throat> It's a really cool effect. I love that, by the way. The graphics look outstanding, Shane. They do look great, don't they? Yeah, dude. Coruscant, huh? Yeah, they really are. Just like we were talking about with Strange New Worlds, like the up, like the 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 updating of the look and graphics without actually removing what made them special is really a hard thing to do, and they're 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 doing it. Yeah, you notice the stormtroopers don't have like different armor. They're stormtroopers. Uh, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the Grand Inquisitor. They're stormtroopers. They're stormtroopers. Yeah, they're not tornado troopers. <laughs> they're not hurricane troopers or black guard special dark troopers. No, they're they're just stormtroopers. <laughs> stormtroopers, guys. It's, it's really important that what we're seeing right now are uh, stormtroopers. That Grand Inquisitor looks scary. Yeah, I love this look too. Oh, that's hot! Look at the look at the uh, it's so hot. The weapon back there. Ooh, that weapon was that like a wait? I'm sorry, was that a lightsaber? I can't. I mean, it looks like one from Disneyland. It does look like a <laughs> like a Disneyland lightsaber. <laughs> it's like it's all. What is this out. character? Is like a robot guy? It's the Grand Inquisitor. Oh, that's the same guy. Oh, yeah, it's really cool looking weapon. Oh, dude, by the way, just so you know, they're shutting down Galaxy's Edge or parts of it. Really? I haven't even been there yet. I know. I, I, I have at least to, I have to go it. before they shut it down now. When are they shutting it down? I, not, not all of it, but parts of it. Like all the lightsaber stuff and all like the oh, stormtroopers walking around. Like they, they're, I don't know. Oh, they're finally, it's 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 lost its allure. They're going to take the money out of it. I see. Okay. All right. Well, It'll just be like a regular land now. So now I got to like burn a credit card to get there before it's completely gone just to say I did it. Yeah. Like I did when, when they said they were shutting down the um, Star Trek experience in Vegas. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> that <laughs> got to go. That year, me and my buddy went there and, and experienced it before it was completely gone. Yeah. Um, so that's Luke, right? That's Luke. Yeah. That's Luke. And Obi-Wan's watching him. Oh, okay. It's his job. That's your job, Obi-Wan. That's your job, bro. Pr protect the Skywalker. Protect the Skywalker. He does look really good there, though, man. He does. It's weird that... Love him. 
the natural age of the actor is playing such a big part in this show. Like they're not having to age him up or age him down mm. or anything like that. Like the an appropriate amount of time has passed to make this believable. Isn't that great? It's, it's just I love that. It's perfect. It's so, it so rare that in Hollywood, when you want to revisit a franchise, you can actually, you know, do it in a natural manner. Like they are doing I mean, this. Works out. Yeah. In a way where the timing works out perfectly. It's great. And Ewan McGregor's a good actor. Really good. He actor. is. He's I love him. He's great. I can't play in this song, man. I'm sorry. It's all right. I mean, they'll get the effect. But he's, you know, he's talking here, and basically that's that's Luke's uncle. Oh. That's Owen. Uncle okay. Owen. And uh he's basically saying, Leave us alone. And oh. uh and and he's and Obi-Wan's saying he needs to be trained. Let me. I, I could do a perfect impression of Uncle Owen. Ready? Okay. <laughs> but wait, I can still see your skin and your, and your. All right, I got something terrible. on fire. That's terrible. Bad Star Wars joke. Uh, uh May twenty seventh. May twenty seventh. May twenty seventh. Dum dum dum. Oh my God, we're gonna be so busy in like a month gonna be crazy <laughs> you thought this, today's live show was long just wait until it's orville obi-wan and starting strange new worlds we're gonna have to like consolidate it you know i think strange new worlds was made well we had a finale and we had a premiere so it's like there's so much more to say that's true this looks really cool yeah graphics look incredible it's not like they're just like standard sci-fi graphics like these look like star wars graphics dude movie quality baby but not just not movie quality like quite frankly i didn't like a lot of the graphics in 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 eight and nine mm. it just felt like they sort of like yeah it didn't have it didn't have a star wars appeal this has star wars appeal to me like even like this equipment looks like a star wars thing that's true yeah maybe because the time is taking place i don't mm. know Good. This guy has horns. Like, oh, he's from the same species of Darth Maul. Looks like it, huh? Yeah, that's cool. I got ten bucks because we're gonna see Darth Maul in, in this show. Ah, uh, well, yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, we shouldn't be able to, but we're gonna. Ah, uh, cool droid. I don't think we're gonna see Maul because we no. got Vader. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Look at there's Kumail. Ah, uh, Kumail. And Gianni. This guy's really trying to bust out of the comedy role, and like, it didn't go well in the last movie. He's he was doing in. everything, man. Oh my! There's an oh my for you. Oh my! Oh, there it is. There it is. Come on. There it is. Keep it coming. This trailer is so sick. This trailer is really cool. I guess you are oh, not getting come the on. effect. There it is. You're not getting the effect here if you're watching it this way. Please go watch the actual trailer on another tab or something. <laughs> There's the chest plate. Oh, it's lit up. And I'm not even sure this is not going to get us copyright claimed. This might just get us copyright claimed. <laughs> I don't even care at this point. Yeah. Uh, where's, where's, uh, where's, uh, wait, wait, wait. I thought we saw, oh, do we, we don't see him. We don't see the full dark. No, they're, they're not showing the whole thing. Ah, it's too You bad. got pieces, dude, right there. That's all you need to see. That's man. true. That's all you need to see. You know, it's leave it to Star Wars to somehow make a, a, a green LED and a red LED 
epic <laughs> as all get out. Right? Uh, that's just throwback, dude. And Hayden Christensen's a better actor. I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get something special. I, it's six parts, six episodes. I am. It's bridging the gap in the story. I'm not even, guys. I'm not even a big Star Wars freak at all. I know I'm acting like one right now, but something happened when the Mandalorian came out with the book of Boba Fett, and now it's happening right now. For me personally, I have become even a bigger Star Wars fan now uh, than I've been in a long time. Yeah, well, it's probably since the Return of the Jedi ended. It's called brainwashing, bro. That's it. It's fine. We mean brainwashing. Okay. Okay. They're getting back to the story that I care about. That's what it is. Ah, I mean, yeah, it looks looks really good. It looks really good. So, um, let us know what you guys thought of the trailer. If you guys watched it uh, here again, please go just watch it. You know, you know, and then come back and comment on this video and let us know. Are you excited? Are you excited about Obi Wan coming up? And uh, don't forget, we are going to be covering Obi Wan extensively because. Shane is such a simp for Samuel McGregor. Say one more time. I'm simping. Shane is a simp for Ewan McGregor. I don't. Yeah, I am. Hundred percent. I'm just gonna put it down right now. Yeah, put it down, bro. Sean. Bring it. Don't don't feel ashamed of who you are. Okay. I, I'm not girlfriend. I'll break <laughs> it mm. Mm. All right. Let us know. Hit the comment section, boys and girls. See you tomorrow. Okay. Chat time. Chat time. Uh, time. Jeremy said that saber was used in Star Wars Rebels by the Inquisitors. Oh, that's cool. Nice. I didn't watch Star Wars Rebels. Did you watch that? I have not seen it. Mm. Like I said, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I've just become like this gnarly fan. I, I really was disappointed by, by 8 and 9. Um, and then uh, I found some love for the prequels that maybe we didn't have before. And now as a result of that, I'm dying to see what happens after episode 3. I am. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I like episode three of Star of Star Wars. I'm gonna be the person to say it. I like episode three of Star Wars, Brian. I know people are afraid to say they like the prequels, but I like episode three. I like the way it ended. I like that they had the battle. I like that Darth Vader was jacked, and we got to see how that happened. And now he becomes Darth, and we get to see that. Episode three was the best of the prequels, but you had yes. to you had to watch episode one and two first <laughs> i'm okay with that if i get episode three i'm okay with one and two honestly episode one is we get hey we got yoda with a lightsaber tell me not i don't care how good or bad you think things are getting the first time you saw yoda flipping around with that lightsaber you lost your mind true or false no, no, it was it was pretty gangster i remember i remember actually watching that in a drive driving theater and like oh nice. you can hear the people in the cars going ah! exactly because it was cool people were honking the horns and stuff um, you know what's interesting though? It is almost like Endgame is probably the greatest uh, ending of a franchise ever, right? Um, mm -hmm. Avengers Endgame. But you had to get through a couple Marvel stinkers to get to to really enjoy Endgame. You know, like Thor: okay. Dark World or whatever was garbage. That was movie. a tough one. That was a tough one. Um, Iron Man three was not a good movie. Um, the whole Mandalorian thing was. Uh, was it called Mandalorian? I think it was actually called the Man. No, it was called uh... which one? Iron Man three. Iron Man three. The, the bad guy, where it wasn't the bad guy, or I just called Iron Man three. So I don't know. No, that, whatever. That was a bad. That was not a good movie. Um, Infinity War was fine, but it left you like with blue balls. So like without you had to go through a lot of MCU that was just okay and some not great to get to one of the greatest 
movies of all time. So I understand. I did like episode three, but the it's so hard to get the taste of episode one on my out of my mouth, and it was very difficult for me to understand to like to buy the whole age transition from like the six year old to like the twenty two year old. Like I know it's not twenty two, but yeah, instantly it was very difficult. And I, they did that because they, they want kids. They wanted to sell toys. I get it. It just was hard for me. And Jar Jar Binks is one of the worst characters of it's all of movie history. I, I feel like if you just get rid of that character, but you can't, um, it's totally it's totally okay. Yeah. Archmage says the Mandarin. Right. The Mandarin in Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. where it was supposed to be like this epic, awesome bad guy and ended up being just a stupid actor. It was really bad. It was a bad play. Mm-hmm. And the reason was they they wrote the movie, they advertised the movie as Iron Man versus the Mandarin, and then before finishing the movie, after they had already put in a trailer out teasing the Mandarin, they decided that the Mandarin was too outlandish to be in the movie, and so they changed it midway. That's why wow. Iron Man three is the way it is, because they were they were gonna do Iron Man versus the Mandarin in the rings, and they they advertised that, and then realized that it was too crazy and so they they came up with that stupid twist oh that's interesting um the prequels should have started like halfway into clone wars yeah i agree with that actually that's true i mean they did need to tell the they did need to tell the the um the the anakin skywalker story i think the mistake that they made was uh giving making anakin so young yeah when they found him um if he had been an older boy I think it would have been it would have made more sense. I remember the whole time thinking, "Damn, Natalie, Natalie Portman's really into that six year old." Right, that's that was that's the problem. Yeah, totally, it was unbelievable. And you're like, "Well, he's going to end up marrying her." Eh, it's a little weird. Yeah, you know. I mean, I guess you know, as people get older, that that is kind of reality. Like sometimes when you marry an older, uh, if if you're a guy who marries an older woman, I mean, I guess that's what it would really be like. But it just was kind of put offish. And they, right. I think Lucas wanted the whole kid thing. He's always really wanted to push the kid element of Star Wars, which I get it. You want young people to like it, but you know the, the kid in the in the in the ship, you know, accidentally going through and blowing up all the, you know, in in <laughs> flying into spaceships and blowing everything up, and mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, eh, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So start him out older in the middle of the Clone War. I like that. Although I yeah. do like the whole execute Air Order sixty six. That was sort of cool. All right. Moving on, man. Moving on. Moving on. We are talking about La'an Nguyen Singh, a.k.a. the actress Christine Chong, on how she is and isn't like Khan, the famous Khan, in Star Trek's new Strange New Worlds. Shane, talk to me, Goose. Yeah, I think, um, you know, after watching the first episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Um, I think, you know, there was some trepidation about this character because she's related to, to the the con character. Like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm worried about this character. What does this mean? How does it impact Star Trek canon? Um, And what we learned was the character was actually pretty good, really interesting. And there's less concern now after we've seen the episode, but the question we do have is how exactly does she relate to con and what does that mean for the show? And while we don't know exactly how that's going to pan out, she does do this interview here with trekmovie.com um, where she actually is able to talk about a few things. She can't say a lot, 
but she does say that they're similar in 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 the abilities for like combat. She's tactical. She's fierce. She's a fighter, just like Khan was. You know, um, you know, Ricardo Maltabaum did this really awesome Khan in the original series, uh, um, Spacey, and um, and she has that same ability because you know she's uh, probably as is going to come out by genetically altered. Um, but she's not like him in her purpose, she explains. Uh, so, you know, he was out to, you know, he wanted to rule the, rule the galaxy, rule, rule everything. But she's different. She's actually there uh, to protect her family. And the Enterprise crew has, is now becoming her family. And her goal, because she lost her family, uh, um, her goal now is to protect her new uh, Star Trek family or Enterprise family. Right. And the way she's able to connect this show is very interesting because she is um, she's half Chinese, I think, in real life. Um, and so she's descended from a Chinese father and La'an is descended from Khan. And she was bullied as a kid based on being different. And so I think she's pulling a lot of that into this character and she sees herself as a different character than everybody else and which she is, especially if she's an augment. Um, that she's not spoiling whether or not she's got genetic capabilities, but I think we're pretty sure she does. Yeah, which is rad, by the way. Why else would you name the character off, off of the most famous augment of all time if she didn't have some of those qualities, right? Hundred percent. And it, it, she's a descendant, like a grand, like a great, 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 great granddaughter, then, right? Yeah. So she would have to, yeah, somewhere in the bloodline, she's somehow descended from him, and it's been you know, um, you know, a couple hundred years, almost a couple hundred years, 160 years or whatever, since Khan was put away. So, you know, what does that say for Khan? You know, he had offspring. This there's a whole story there and we are going to meet her brother. Uh, there is, uh, there is another soon coming. Uh, so she, she hasn't lost all of her family members. There's at least a brother left that we're going to see in upcoming episodes. Makes complete sense by the way that like, the original con would have uh, had a lot of kids because like, we know he's a player, right? <laughs> he's got that big chest, dude, yeah. you know, there, yeah, but... yeah. He, he, you know, he, he, he unbuttons all the buttons. So he's pulling his full chest and sticks it out. And he, you know, he's, he's the guys clearly, clearly a player. That's all I'm saying. Well, it's obvious that the actress, uh, Christina Chong isn't necessarily like her character because when they asked her what her favorite episode was so far, she said episode eight, and she said, oh, wow. And when they asked why episode eight, and she says, because my little Rooney Booney is in it. I guess her dog. She's got a toy Cavapoo. Uh, and uh, she was able to get her dog into the episode. So when you see a dog in that episode, I guess that's her dog. Yeah. <laughs> is the dog, dog genetically altered? Imagine if you scroll down, you can see it. Right. Imagine the dog is like uh, oh, he's a good looking like bionic dog. Bionic dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Look, god that looks like your dog shane almost well it's a poo so it's a you know it's a uh half something half poodle hmm. what is it cava i don't know maybe three times three times looks like have a suit have actually i think it's a combination of our dogs but i don't know what the c is oh like so i have a have a have a suit and you have a what poodle yeah it says poodle so he says cava poo so i'm assuming that there's three dogs here i gotta look that yeah. up yeah Cavapoo. All right. 
I know everybody's like, we don't really care about this. Yeah, stuff. we don't really care. Anyways, it's cool. Um, oh, Cavalier King Charles Spaniel and a poodle. Oh, cool. Very cool. And now you know the rest of the story. And now you know. And now you know. I'm, I got to get that as a stinger, too, where it's like, dun, dun, dun. And now you know with, the, like, the rainbow from, like, the 80s. That would be good, yeah. The more you know. The more you know. know. That's right. The more you know. Um, yeah. So, so far, uh, in the first episode, her character was featured, actually, uh, quite predominantly. And it was great. She she really bore the the stress and the pain of what she told us. About, yep. Of her childhood and what she went through. And it was super gnarly, super metal. And um, it's working out really great. And the fact that Jonathan Frakes is back directing, oh, even better. Sign Always me good. up. Sign me up. So He knows Star Trek. Yep. So far, so good. I'm loving it. I'm loving her. I'm loving her. Uhura. She's awesome. Gorgeous. Loving Pike. Oh, one of Pike's babies. What a great character. <laughs> I'm liking some Ethan Peck Spock even. Whoa. I'm even liking Ethan Peck. I'm loving Ethan Peck's uh, fiance. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang. Archmage says in the comics, Paul Harvey reference. Come on. Archmage knows what I'm talking about. What? When I said Paul Harvey. Yeah, Paul Harvey used to do a, a news thing, right? It was really cool. I hate to take you off here a little bit, but that's why okay. I said it. He used to tell this story. He'd be like, there was a boy standing against the wall. And in 1964, he got up on stage and he sang a song. And that boy was... Elvis Presley. And now you know the rest of the story. Paul Harvey's rest of the story is a service of ABC News. That was worth Okay. So we clearly yeah. need, need to get you to uh, do that in one of our videos. <laughs> you need to be that character for one of our videos. <laughs> I love Paul Harvey. Yeah. We got it. We got it. We got to get that. It's just, that was good. Shane's exactly. actually, what you guys don't know, Shane's actually a pretty damn good impressionist. But he can only impersonate amazing radio personalities for some reason. That's weird because that's probably what I do. And I can impersonate um, uh, drug addict comedians really well. <laughs> if you're a nine-year-old that's, smoker like and a goofy weird. guy, I'm, I'm your guy. <laughs> I, did, I used to do a mean Gilbert Gottfried until one time I was doing a Gilbert Gottfried. And uh, I hurt my throat. And for like a week after that, like the, I felt like there was something stuck in my throat. Oh my gosh! And since then, never even gonna get. I'm even gonna try. Even when, even when Gilbert Gottfried died, R.I.P. I really wanted to do it, and I was like, No, I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to risk the, that feeling ever again. It felt like I had something stuck in the back of my throat for like a week, almost like part of my gata, whatever that little thing that hangs was like stuck on the side or whatever i'm never gonna do it again oh yeah i had i had a good bobcat goldthwaite oh i did a good bobcat too yeah that was that was that was a good one yeah okay see the scream i guess yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna do it no, stop stop stop, <laughs> stop um let me let me give my, my obama well, listen uh, uh if you like this uh, episode uh please uh go go to the comment section and uh and uh, uh, l- let us know wh- what you think about the new uh, Strange New Worlds. And, uh, on the way to the comment section, uh, hit the subscribe and uh, like button. Uh, okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, God bless America. That was pretty good. Thanks. Nice. You just gotta, you just gotta like say, uh, a lot. <laughs> that was, that, you had the tone down, though. You kind of had, had the tone right. That's how you do a <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay, guys, we will see you tomorrow. All right. Comments! Comments!
Oh, no, nothing new. There's nothing here? Oh, I said they said her colony ship crashed in Gorn's space. She, she yes. could be a direct daughter or sister of Khan, and she was in suspension. Ooh. Oh, dang. Ooh, hey, That's there, actually interesting. There was multiple seed ships, right? <clears throat> I got to go back and watch. I don't remember. I think there, there must were. have been. I think there were. There must have been, yeah. That'd be there must cool. have been. That would be sweet. Okay. That's a good, that's a good point. <clears throat> uh, let's, let's, uh, let's the Wrath of La'on. I love that. The Wrath of La'on. We need an episode. The Wrath of La'on. Let's, uh, <clears throat> IGN's like, um, you can't go further unless you disable your ad blocker. And I'm like, oh, cool. Let me disable my Java instead. Oh, look where we're at. We're back. These guys. <laughs> <clears throat> Here we go. <clears throat> we are talking ah. about Thor. I mean, let me start that over again. Cause just... Sorry, I totally like. <laughs> Get all that. <laughs> we are talking about Thor: Love and Thunder. Director says Christian Bale is probably MCU's MCU's best villain yet. Where have I heard that before? But because Ooh. it's coming from Taiki Waititi, right? It's a different story. When other directors are talking about how great their movie is, I'm like, eh. But when Taiki Waititi says something like that, you listen. Because the guy is a genius. He's got cred. He's got, He's got street cred. Straight cred. Shane's talk to me, dude. What's going on? I, You know, when I saw I don't normally typically want to cover these kind of stories. I mean, I will if it's like really good news. And this is good news. Because if you're still watching MCU movies, uh, this is one you want to watch. Thor Love and Thunder which is being directed by uh, Taiki Waititi, Taika Waititi, uh, fantastic director. He did a uh, previous Thor movie, uh, the one where they went to uh, Hulk World or whatever. Ragnarok. No, they went to, Thor yeah, Ragnarok. That, Ragnarok. Right. He's done a bunch of stuff. But the fact that he's basically saying that Christian Bale is probably the MCU's best villain yet. Okay, you guys remember there was a Thanos. Yeah, and Thanos was a damn good villain. He was a good villain. And I and I can just stop there. I mean, there's there are other villains, but let's just take Loki. Thanos. I mean, Loki, I guess he's a villain. He was yeah. a villain at least. Yeah, yeah he kind of was. Uh, so apparently Christian Bale is playing uh, Gore the God Butcher in the upcoming Thor movie. And uh, Taiki said, in my humble opinion, we have probably the best villain that Marvel ever had in Christian Bale. Um, the upcoming Thor sequel depicts the legendary Norse God's search for inner peace. Felt like he was on that path last time, wasn't he? Thor? Uh, yeah. Didn't they have to take him out of his drunken, uh, his drunken respite? Well, that wasn't peace. That was more like hiding from his, his That's loss. true. That's true. Um, unfortunately, his spiritual gap year is short-lived as the villainous Gore the God Butcher, Christian Bale, turns up looking for vengeance. But is Thor a match for the infamous cosmic villain after the events of Avengers Endgame? So we're going to be dealing with some mental trauma of Endgame, you think? Um, well, yeah. Uh, so even in the in the trailer, um, it shows him like saying, like, you know, I'm no longer going to fight. I'm going to use my hands to build and for peace or whatever. Mm. And the music that's playing, um, you know, Taika Waititi uses... 
a lot of the music he uses in his trailers are reminiscent of the movie kind of movie it's going to be. Like yeah. in Ragnarok, they used uh, music that really sort of told the story of the movie. And now they're using, um, uh, uh, what's this? Oh my God, I'm, I'm blanking on the, on the name of that. Damn it. Blank on the name of the song. Anyways, they're, they're, the song they're using in the trailer is very reminiscent about a man who's talking to this woman and he's trying to get her to love him. Um, but there's a lot of theories out there where it's almost like Thor is trying to forgive himself for the, for the, for the things he's caused instead of referring specifically to a woman. And and that's kind of what YTT says here. He says, Thor is trying to figure out his purpose, trying to figure out exactly who he is and why he's a hero or whether he should be a hero. And he basically says he, he's basically going through a midlife crisis. It's cool. Yeah. And uh, he's saying it's going to be a lot of fun with a weird little group of heroes, uh, a new team for, for Thor with Korg, Valkyrie and the mighty Thor, the mighty Thor. Uh, I'm sure we're going to see. Uh, so we'll, we'll see Taiki actually voicing one of the characters again. Yeah. He plays an updated version of the rock guy. That that's awesome. Uh, and, my my uh, question is, why would you even bother getting Christian Bale when you're going to cover him up with that much makeup? I mean, it's still Christian. We don't need his face. He's a great actor. He's one of the great actors. Yeah, but a lot of this is CGI anyways. Like, you could have just gotten him the voice then, right? And maybe he did in a lot of situations. Because, like, when you look at Thanos, like, Thanos looks like like Josh Brolin, though, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I think it sometimes... Looks like we're going to... Sometimes they get actors just for just for the name of the actor and never as like a perfect example. Uh, Russell Crowe as Zeus. Cool. Um, But if you remember, Colin Farrell as the penguin in the Batman was a total. I mean, fine villain. Fine job. Yeah. But you did not need to get Colin Farrell to put on six hours of makeup to play that character when there's characters that probably would have done a better job that already look like the character in the first place. But you wanted Colin Farrell, uh, you know, on your bill, on your on your bill. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, That makes sense. So wait. So wasn't Zeus played by. Uh, wasn't Zeus played by Anthony. Uh, holy cow. No, no, no. That you're you're thinking about uh, Thor's papa, Odin. Oh, Odin. Oh, you very good call. So this is Zeus, huh? Yeah, right. this is Zeus. And the first time we've ever seen Zeus in MCU, and he's being played by Russell Crowe, and he better cool. have that stupid lightning bolt. If he doesn't have a cool lightning bolt, I'm gonna be pissed. Well, you can tell. It's, uh, isn't that fire coming from his hand right there? No, that was just a picture. I don't think that was related to the movie. That's just like him lighting the match or something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, yet to be determined, Christian Bale's uh, role. This I mean, is if what, he's going to be that great, I'm automatically going to. Character looks like this is an actual shot. If I wasn't going to go see the movie for whatever reason, I will now see it just because of what Taiki said. No, then guess what? I, I will get to the theater and I will watch it yeah. just because I now need to see Christian Bale as perhaps the best villain in the MCU. Then guess what, Shane? Yes. This this interview did its job. It did its job, right? It, the Absolutely, is, it worked. Point of this convinced. interview was to get to get fence seaters to get excited. You're excited, cool. It happened. I'm done. I'm in. When I I'm saw the in. first trailer, and um, <clears throat> there was that one joke where, <laughs> 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 
where uh, Star-Lord is talking to his crew about how much he loves them. And he's looking at his crew, but Thor keeps getting putting his vision, getting putting his face in his vision like this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing so hard. He was trying to avoid eye contact. <laughs> right. Let me tell you something. Thor in uh, the first Thor movie um, was not good. No. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. He wasn't good. The character, it was fine. And, you know, Chris Hemsworth looked like Thor. But Chris Hemsworth had not yet really figured the character out. He was a little too serious. A little too cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. Thor the Dark World. They they really featured Natalie Portman a lot. Because I think that the studio was like, uh, Chris Hemsworth is now Thor. But we need something. We need, uh, like, we need some skill for him to play off of. Because this is not really... You know, he's not really bringing the heat. And then he finds himself and he starts in Avengers. He becomes the Thor we love. And he just goes deeper and deeper into this character. I don't even know if Chris Hemsworth is a good actor or he's just gotten so used to playing (laughs) Thor. that He is now the best Thor we'll ever get. That's that's fair. That's actually a really fair comment. Because he is so good at him. I can't think of him in anything else that I really like him in. Right. He was in, uh, you know, what's funny. He was in cabin in the woods mm-hmm. as like the, the boyfriend that was trying to get him across. He dies like super unceremonious. He tries to like jump. He tries to yeah. like jump the, the gorge and he just like smashed the no force field or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when he was filming that movie, uh, coincidentally by the, by, uh, uh, our boy, the guy that is canceled now, that did Avengers and Buffy Vampires. Like, what's his name? Oh, uh, Joss, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. He was, uh, he was filming that movie with Joss Whedon. And, um, <clears throat> originally they were going to go with his brother, not Chris Hemsworth, but the other Hemsworth as Thor. Oh, Liam. Uh, yeah, Liam. I don't know. It's Captain America. And then they were like, maybe as Thor. And because of his, while he was doing Captain's Woods, he got the call to come, uh, to, uh, to come meet with them about Thor. And so he was going to have a bigger role on Captain of the Woods, but he had to leave early. So they killed him. Oh, interesting uh, well, it, it, it turned out being a good move right yeah again though like sometimes actors are born to play a character and it, and it clearly takes time for them to get there and that's why sometimes you see a movie or a tv show and you're like oh you know this has really a really good promise but like the chemistry's not there or the, the characters aren't quite as fleshed out or whatever right. and a, a lot of the times especially in this new streaming era if it doesn't hit they just get rid of it real quick but this is a perfect example of a character that is now not just the most entertaining, but he's, he's found his muse with Taiki Waititi Waititi and him together are, are just genius. They've gotten this perfect chemistry going. They make really good Thor movies, an amazing Thor. And it wouldn't have happened if Disney didn't just bite the bullet and get through those first two movies. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, you're right. Coincidentally, when he, when he figured out how to play this character, Natalie Portman was gone. (laughs) Yeah, she's going to be back for this movie, though. Right, but they're like, well, we don't need to pay, like, two big stars if we got one doing the doing the right yeah, job. Yeah, absolutely not necessary. And she she takes a big bill. Right. So, so yeah, so Thor The Dark World comes out. Let's see. It should be in here. Let's see. What? How do you have an article with the date that is not coming out? How dare you? How dare wow. you? 
All right, all right, all right. Come on, IGN. May it says set to hit theaters May 6, 2022. Dog, what? That can't be the case. No, 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 no. No, that I'm sorry. That that can't be the case. That July 8th, brother. Yeah. So this article on IGN is wrong. <laughs> July 8th, it's it's coming out, which so your 4th of July weekend will should include Thor, Love, and Thunder afterwards. IGN.com. <laughs> IGN.com. Um, Whoops. And remember, this is the website that uh, a little behind, a little uh, uh, inside baseball here. Because uh, Shane and I are, you know, have a little competition with right now. And we'll get into it later. Um, IGN.com uh, has it listed as May 6, 2022, which is tomorrow. So Interesting. Really? All right. Interesting. Interesting. Hey, even the even the mighty must fall sometimes. <laughs> Listen, are you excited to see Thor Love and Thunder? Uh, what about that super buff Natalie Portman, huh? She is straight swole in those pictures, although it's probably just a suit. Oh. Hit that comment section and let us know. And on the way to that comment section, let us know what you think about Thor and Love and Thunder. Are you excited? To watch it, are you done with MCU? Give us the whole breakdown. What are you feeling, man? Because we we actually choose a lot of our content based on what our audience is interested is interested in. So if you don't tell us what that is, we won't know what to give you. Mm. And on the way to that section, let us know. Please hit that subscribe button if you're not a subscriber, and the like button if you haven't already done so. We love you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Comments, chat. <clears throat> don't forget disney didn't own marvel when he was cast or when he made those when he made the first movie what i think disney owned marvel hmm or when he made those i don't know i believe that disney's had them from iron man no yeah yeah disney had them since iron man yeah disney no disney they made hulk movies before disney had hulk and that's they, true yeah and they used some of the characters from those Hulk movies in the MCU. So technically, the first MCU movie, technically, is The Incredible Hulk. In fact, fun fact, <clears throat> the guy who plays the Hulk now was the original actor that the director and writer wanted to play the Hulk. But the studio was like, we need a bigger name. And so they went with Edward Norton. And it ended who up is, being... Who should not be the Hulk. <laughs> Well, yeah, it actually it actually ended up being a massive problem because Edward Norton is such a massive perfectionist and sort of like mm -hmm. he just he does things his way that he wanted to make the Incredible Hulk like this think piece where he like is about a character dealing with like this inner demon literally and figuratively and and like about relationships and the director in the studio was like yeah we want explosions dude so can we can we do that please and they had this major. Um, difference of motivations and vision that really made the Hulk seem like two different movies. The first half of the movie is Edward Norton, and the second half is when they're like, okay, you know, and they, they put him in check and, and made their movie. When you watch that movie, you can clearly see where there's a massive divide in the movie. And they, they, yeah. they, they meet up, but the tone completely shifts halfway through. Interesting. <clears throat> Which is why uh, when Disney offered it to Edward Norton, um, they went back uh, to that director, and the director was like, get someone else. Mm. And when they said, who do you suggest? He suggested, um, I forgot the guy's name, the guy who's currently playing the Hulk. 
Whatever. Oh, um, <clears throat> I just drew a blank too. Whatever his name is. Um, but uh, oh, but Eric Mage says, well, maybe they owned it, but Paramount distributed all the first Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, and Captain America. That wouldn't surprise me if there was a deal for distribution. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mark Ruffalo. So yeah, they well, Mark wanted Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. He wanted Mark Ruffalo for um, the Incredible Hulk, but um, the studio ended up going Edward Norton. So when they when when Disney was gonna hire Edward Norton and they were dealing with like they were going back and forth on contracts and it was being difficult. They went to that director and asked him what he thought. And he said, don't use Edward Norton. Use this guy. And he gave him, he said, use Mark Ruffalo. He's perfect. And that's why Mark Ruffalo got the job. Interesting. Very because, cool. Because the, the part where the Hulk is the Hulk doesn't matter as much as the part when the Hulk is Bruce Banner. That's Which may have worked because Bruce Banner was pretty serious and Edward Norton could have pulled it off, but he just wasn't, I don't know. Edward Norton, he's just, he's too over the top. He's too much of a, too much of an actor. Too serious. Uh, too there, was serious. That, there was that moment too uh, in one of the, um, I don't know if it was the Oscars, the Grammy, some award show where they were announcing like um, uh, an award for like a movie. And like someone said it was like the very first comic book movie to get that, award, get that, uh, get that award. And he was like, cause you guys ignored my movie like that. Oh yes. I remember <laughs> He was that. so yeah. pissed. Yeah, yeah. Let's get the guy who was in, uh, you know, um, Fight Club and the Rounders. Let's let's make him uh, the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's also a comic book movie, so you have to have a little levity, even if you're a serious actor. Like, it took him a while to figure that out, though. That's true. There was a lot of serious comic book movies before they figured the recipe. Hey, man, I, I'll i I will go to my grave with this opinion, but Blade is. Blade is realistically the first of the MCU movies that understood how to make comic book movies. Because yeah. it had levity, it had horror, it had, there were serious, there was some badassery, all that stuff went into play. And it worked. That, which is why they made three movies, by the way. People just forget that, I guess. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm done. That's it. I'm exhausted. <laughs> we, hey, if you guys stuck around, for Five what hours? is now four hours and 52 minutes. Jeez. God bless you. God yeah. bless you. I think ours has been here the whole time. My dude, Kenneth the Rogue, Jamie Snyder, my boy. Cheers to you. Cheers to you, beautiful Cheers. people. Thank you. Um, we Let's will do be this back. again next week. Yeah, we'll be back next Thursday. So uh, thank you and uh, stick around. Uh, we also have some stuff coming on Saturday. So, you know, stay tuned. See you guys later. Archmage, Blade is great. I'm one of the three people who like the OG Daredevil, though. I liked it up until Electro. FYI. That's that's when I realized that Ben Affleck could be a superhero, but it didn't work out. All right. Amen. Love you guys.